Detroit. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Coach Shaven Thursday, November 9th, 2023. This program starts now. Football is happening tonight. Week 10 of the NFL season kicks off in a barn burner. The Carolina Panthers, who have one win on the season, will take on the Chicago Bears, who stink at football on primetime on Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet, Al Michaels, and Kaylee Hartung on the call. The Bears are currently at minus three, minus three and a half, which is amazing. Congrats to Chicago being favored. Good winning. In a game, the Carolina Panthers are obviously trying to figure it out with a rookie quarterback and a brand new head coach down there in Frank Reich who has to meet with the owner after every single game and basically explain why his team stinks. It seems as if he is a bit miserable, but tonight could change it all. A nice primetime game with anywhere from 11, 000, or 11 million to maybe 4 million, depending upon how this game goes, yeah. on Amazon. You can really put it all together. Maybe Bryce Young showcases to the world that, yes, all the Steph Curry talk before the season started – is accurate. He's able to make plays against a Chicago Bears defense that has sold some pieces and has been gottable throughout the season. And how about the agent Bajent, who's oh, starting over Justin Fields? That whole situation in Chicago is fascinating. Yep. You know, because head coach Nate Eberflus, who was a phenomenal defense coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts and then the Dallas Cowboys before then, becomes the head coach of the Bears. They draft Justin Fields. Is he a guy? Is he not a guy? Last year had some spark plays, but the roster sucked. Yep. Let's stick with him. Let's try Trade out of the number one overall pick, which we earned. Yep. As we right. sucked uh-huh. more than everybody else. Big time. They trade out of there to the Carolina Panthers, obviously, and now they like each have each other's pick. So there's first round implications on the line tonight as well. It's a banana story for two franchises that are nowhere near where they want to be at this exact moment. Coach Eberflus actually uh, chit-chatted a little bit about Justin Fields, who has a dislocated thumb. Remember a couple weeks ago had a little mm-hmm. bit of a thumb injury. He's listed as doubtful. Listen to Coach Eberflus have to talk around what's going on with Justin Fields potentially. Like you said, he's not medically cleared to go um, right now, and uh, he's getting better, though. I mean, he's, he's uh, okay. accuracy's improving, he's throwing it better, and you know, he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. If, if he's doubt, if he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. we got to give him one more day. Sure. Give him one more oh, day. But smart. He's, uh, smart. He's working hard. And uh, it's getting better every day, so we'll see where it goes. He's not playing. <laughs> yeah, he's not playing. What the medical staff seem? What are they telling you? What's that? What's what, the clearance? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really just uh, the clearance is uh, so, just, you know, obviously he's got to be cleared to play with the medical staff, you know, and so it's really about him feeling good about it and the medical staff saying that he can go in there and function. And uh, he's just not there at this time. Is it an issue of grip strength, or it's everything? It's yeah. it's all it's it's all improving. You know the grip strength, the, the accuracy, that you know the the ability to function as a quarterback. It's just get more accurate. It's Medical. Right they got an accuracy test. He's got passed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble oh. understanding. He's he's not clean, but he's doubtful. Is he out or doubtful? Well, he, now he's listed as doubtful. Okay, but you're saying that he's out. He's not going to play. We'll see where it goes. Uh, the chances are doubtful, fifty-one percent that he's in or out, and uh, it's going to be. We'll see where it is. Oh, we so forty-nine percent uh, yeah. would again, be the doubtful. We'll declare him Probable. out when he's out. Uh, right now, we're still listening to him as doubtful. But he, will he go through any sort of pregame work tomorrow? He may. He may. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's Matt Eberflus living his best life up there. You know. 
Be the head coach, they say. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun, they say. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, it should be an absolute blast with not only their media, great questions, too. Eric yeah. is flustered as all of, all oh, of yeah. us because he's basically saying the medical people have to clear him. Mm -hmm. Well, if the medical people had to clear him, he'd be still listed as out, which everybody in the history of football understands that. Doubtful is a decision like, ah, he might be there, he might not be there, we shall see. Then he starts talking about accuracy issues in the same answer. It's like, wait a minute. So well, I understand it's his thumb, so he's got to get more healthy to get more accurate. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. And then we see this video from practice of Justin Fields throwing the ball. He has the same color jersey as everybody else, okay? So it's not like he's a red jersey guy. Let's stay away from him. Slick, looks very comfortable there. Yeah. Then look, throw me the ball. I'm okay catching it. Only uses his uh, left hand, though. Okay. So that is something okay. to think about mm. with the thumb. He's slinging and he's that, slinging though. it, though. And he is wearing the same thing as Trace McSorley there, same jersey. So it's not like, hey, a little bit of alarm here. Let's say this guy's still injured or not. So whenever you think about what's going on in Chicago, and you think about e Eberflus, what's the future look like for him? Mm -hmm. Oh. What's the future look like for Justin Fields? Mm. What's the future look like for the agent, Tyler Bajan? Mm -hmm. Well, the talks the table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Ty, obviously, you're in the NFC North. The mm -hmm. Chicago Bears have not been somebody you feared for a very long time, but it feels like they're in a perpetual cycle of just what the hell's going on there. Their fans don't deserve it. We see Zito. Man. Victory steaks. I know. Think about it. It. This guy's only ate four steaks in the last two years. Oh, basically know. a vegetarian right now. Bingo, this guy's a vegan because it's, it's, yeah. he, it saved his life. We haven't heard any gout talk, have we, at all? No, nope, not Because the Chicago Bears haven't earned a steak for Zito to eat one time. Then we meet a bunch of other Chicago Bears fans whenever we're hanging out with Zito for his wedding stuff. And it's like they're all, they love the Bears. Live and die with them. Uh, and they're just about to do it again. They're about to do it again. And they gave their first, or they have the first round pick of the Carolina Panthers, so they could potentially hit again. But I assume the Bears fans are getting to the point where the Jets fans get, and it's just like, something's going to go wrong. It's going to be terrible. The Bears are a good franchise. I don't know how we got into this point, Ty. It's just crazy that when you look, like, they haven't had, like, an actual franchise quarterback my entire life. Like, they they haven't had one. Oh, Cuddy was dying. Whoa. Yeah. It's and, true, though. And he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't oh. that good. You know, he could throw the football it's for sure. And when you look at who they've had since him, it's like the Bears fans would be killing to have Jay Cutler back. But, like, since Jim McMahon... They, the NFL would be killing to have Jay Cutler back. Absolutely, Amen. absolutely. But it just, like, Chicago being one of the biggest cities, like, it's not hard to get free agents there. Like, guys would want to go play in Chicago. For whatever reason, every coach they've gotten in the... I mean, you know, they hire Mark Tressman... It's, and it's the same thing. Over it's Bruce like, Arians. Over Bruce Arians. And then they, they cut bait on these guys so quick because it goes so bad. It's not like they've been getting guys in there who, you know, win seven games and, and miss the playoffs. But it's like, hey, we, this guy's kind of starting to get his culture in place. Like, they're getting guys who they win three games one year, and then they win three or, like, two games the next year. It's like, all right, this doesn't work. Blow the whole thing up. And they've been doing that almost for – what seems like the last 10 years. Like, it's insane. So Zito uh, drops him right here. He's a Bears fan, Bear down from the group. He said, I think it's 18 quarterbacks since 2001 or something. Damn. Like that. That's crazy. And uh, you go through the list. Jim Miller, Shane Matthews, Jim Miller, Chris Chandler, Harry Burris, Cordell Stewart. I didn't know Slash was playing oh, over yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Chicago Bears. I didn't know he was ever. Chris Chandler, Rex Grossman, Craig Krenzel, Chad Hutchinson, Jonathan Quinn, Rex Grossman, Kyle Wharton, Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman. Hey. Maybe a little bit more respect for the Rex Grossman era. So I did take him to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Brian Greasy, Kyle Wharton, Kyle Wharton, Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler. Now we're talking. Here we go. Jay yeah. Cutler, Jay Cutler. 
Todd Collins, Jay Cutler, Caleb Haney, Josh McCown. Oh. Dude, that guy's been around forever. Jay Cutler, Jason Campbell, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, Jay Cutler, Jimmy Clausen, Jay Cutler, Jimmy Clausen, Matt Barkley, Trubisky. Remember Trubisky was supposed to be. Went to the playoffs. What he loved what? I forget. We're not allowed to say. Yeah, kissing titties. There it was. Yep. There it was. That, 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 I think that is the big one, too. Is like if you're a if you're a Bears fan, like they'll circle that for the next 50 years because that's the Mahomes draft. And it's like they they could have had him. And I think a lot of Yeah, people, I'm sure Mahomes would be Mahomes if he was in the Bears organization. <laughs> he, he he might be. Yeah, I'm sure Andy Reid well, doesn't cer- help that out. Certainly helps, but, Mah- but Mahomes is a lot we better. Talk, we than had Nagy. Trubisky is. What are you talking about? Yeah, I understand. I, That's from I, tree. I agree with that statement completely. Okay, completely agree with that. Great players can certainly do things, but boy, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together as a tag team for Great sure. Situation. So if it was Nagy and Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe they're able to do what they're doing now with the Andy Reid oversight of it all. But it just feels like the Bears are an organization where it's going to go bad. Yes. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, Like, that sucks for Chicago Bears fans. You don't deserve it. But maybe tonight, prime time, favored by three, three and a half. Across the sports books. Speaking of sports books, one half of the hammer, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. What's the bet here tonight? You know, over under 38 and a half. Mm -hmm. You start doing some math. Are they each going to get 20? Don't think so. Bears favored by three and a half. Yeah, That's a fascinating a one. Yep. How do you think this game's going to go, and how do you think people are betting this thing, Tone? There is, uh, there's not a lot to, um, you know, sometimes when there's bad games between like a, a one and seventeen versus two and seventeen, at least you'll have things to look forward to tonight. Yeah. There's not much. Like I like watching the Bagman play because he will get loose. He's a little frisky. He's got some moxie, but like Bagman, Bagman, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he? Comes for you, bag man. Bag man. Or like people would be excited to watch the number one overall pick in Bryce Young, but you, you can't be excited because everything around him stinks. So what do you even take away from that? The total's 38, so you're not going to see a lot of scoring probably. There's not a lot to watch tonight. Um, the- Tone, we're selling a game. Good Tone, Lord. Tone. Tone. My bad. Tone, really we can't doing that. Yeah. Great remember, game. this could be a big night for the Bears. But you, uh-huh. can still, you can still win money on this game, okay? Yes, you can. Uh, I actually like the Bears tonight because um, they can run the ball and they can stop the run, and so that at least they do things well. Carolina doesn't do anything well. Well, let's look at the tail of the tape. We actually uh, had this thing made for you. Talk about what are the matchups against the spread? They're both pretty bad. Okay, okay. nobody wants to bet on either of these teams because mm-hmm. nobody wants to have to care about watching these teams if you're not necessarily a diehard fan of both of these teams. And we apologize to both fan bases for talking the way we're talking about your teams, but you lived it, so you should understand where we're coming from. Points per game, not great. Okay, 20.9, though, for the Bears. That'll make you think they're going to be a team that can only score 17.5. Opponents' points per game, 27 they're giving up. 28 the Panthers are giving up. Turnover margin, minus 4. That's good for 23rd for the Carolina Panthers. Minus 9. 32nd in the NFL. The Chicago Bears, they give the ball to the other team. They don't get the ball that much. Passing yards allowed, 256.9, maybe Bryce Young says, how you doing? The NFL, the Steph Curry comes in there. And then for the Panthers, 178.3 yards. Okay. I mean, Bagman, (laughs) Bagman's a different animal, though. We'll see what the Panthers' defense does against him. Then rushing yards allowed, only 80 for the Chicago Bears versus 131, which is the stat that you were talking about, I believe. They are fourth in uh, rushing yards allowed, and they are fourth in rushing yards per game on offense. So at least they do some things good there. Yeah, their pass defense is, uh, what, 28th. So if... But the Panthers' passing offense is also 28th. So, kind of, you know, good Jeez. matchup there. 
Um, but yeah, I think if the Panthers do have a chance tonight, it's, it's on Bryce Young's arm. What, Connor? What, what's all the G's and the signs? It, it's me? just. Uh, what, you look at that ring video? Is no, that what you're looking I'm not. Is that what you're making these sounds for? No, no. Go ahead, Boxy. Is that what you're making these sounds about? As a New England Patriot fan, go, this guy's checked out. He's from Babsall and Mike. He found this. We don't think this is his house, but maybe. Ring camera of the greatest oh my coach God. of all time. Greatest GM of all time. Take a nice deep breath. One morning. Yeah. And he's going out. This guy's just going on vacation. This guy's on vacation. You let him live. That is his house yeah. in Nantucket. Okay. I, that, that, yeah, I is that not. Nantucket? Uh, not sure. Can't, can't really confirm on the Nantucket. I will say the houses have the beach feel. However, if you look on they the do. right side, the way the street is, Nantucket streets are kind of very old. A lot of cobblestones. There's not many areas in Nantucket that look like this. Was it Southeast? Coach, I want to let you know, we apologize that this, this video hit the internet just yesterday, but we don't think this is from today, yesterday, this week. No. Now, it could have been earlier this week, though, because you, you start doing your investigative work here. You can't see his breath. No, you can't. No. Okay, right now in uh, New England, it is... Not nice weather. It is cold, so yes. probably breath seeing. Probably mm -hmm. seeing the breath there. Also, it's light out. If this is Bill getting up, I don't think during football season he's just getting up when the light's already up. No. Probably not. Is it possible that this is him waking up in some sort of German hostel? Oh, Maybe. this is him in Germany, yeah. potentially. I didn't even think about the ring mic because they're already... Are you guys already over there? I don't know. I don't think we are. What if you guys delayed going over there because he had to handle business and whatever this is? Could be. There's a chance, yeah. I mean, this could be McDaniel's house. What if Bill Belichick actually just finally said, you know, I want to live my life. You know what? Oh, Hell with it. Yeah. He's been living. Colts can wait. We Colts know can wait. <laughs> Team stinks. Yeah. You heard the ownership say we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is uh what what's going on? Why is these videos have never been released before? Remember, oh. there was something that happened with Julian Edelman and the whole city was like, hey, we ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. That ain't what Patriots fans are doing. There was a selfie taken with Julian Edelman and all of New England and Boston was like, uh-uh, that ain't how this whole thing goes. Bill Belichick's been protected by New England forever pretty much. Yeah. And now we got ring cameras being released about him. We got people questioning whether or not he's going to get fired mm -hmm. after this German game this weekend, after week 10 of the NFL season. It's a much different time up there. In New England. Is that what you're going bah, 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 all about no. while we're trying to talk about a Thursday night football yeah. game? No, I'm going bah, 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 because if the Patriots were playing, at least we'd give up 25 points it wouldn't just be some terrible game where we're not even scoring 40 but yeah sue the guy so what old guys have sex breaking news whoa that's okay what's happening? if that's what that was guess what people if your parents are old when you were growing up they were having sex together so. and that's what people do so sorry that bill belichick maybe had to go you know drain the main vein just one time because of the fact that it's been a pretty stressful season yeah that, that happens, and sometimes that's what you need to do. Uh, personally, if I had $1 billion, I would bet it on the Patriots if this video is from this week. Now, I don't think it was. I assume that is more of a uh, summer, maybe a uh, Rhode Island, kind of a Newport almost, based on the buildings that we were seeing. But no, I'm not go groaning because of the Patriots. The Patriots suck, okay? They suck. And for the record... I'm excited for tonight's game because this is a win-win for New England, baby. We got two teams in the top five for draft picks. One of them's getting a win. Hell yeah. So whether it's the Panthers and they're two and seven and they move up, you know, one notch and the Patriots move down one, or it's the Bears and they're three and six. Guess what happens? New England inching closer to that top three spot where we want to be. I don't give a damn about what Bill Belichick is doing. Okay. What I care about is losing every game. 
until 2024. So, we so you hope he's out there. Maybe, maybe that is this week. You you should hope he's traveling to Rhode Island middle of football uh, season. I hope he left that shirt, or excuse me, I hope he left that house with no shirt because he's going into a different house to you know maybe help out <laughs> someone else's needs as well. I, I don't think Bill is just some. Um, just some schlub going, you know, house to house. But I think when he needs to do that, he can. So he probably went. Whoever let this video out, though, I want to let you know. That's the greatest coach of all time. That's yeah, respect. Right. Have him. a little respect. Please. Please. We need that. Damn it. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Him trying to slowly close that door. Yeah. Uh-huh. Most relatable thing I've seen from Bill. Maybe ever. I need I, the truth. What's that about What where he's yeah, leaving from yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. What he's doing? You want the truth? He's going to work out. He's getting under squat rack. Yeah. You guys trying to push that squat narrative. Uh, after seeing that video, there's no way Bill lifted anything on that great. rack. What he are you took talking a, about? You upper body. a barrel. How old is he? He's on his legs. Yeah. Whenever he's look facing one way. Back back look at his back, first of all. Traps, you're right, Gump. I, you're right, Gump. Pause it right Look at that wow. tricep uh, there. Oh, no, no. Bam, right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. That dude's a barrel. Oh, no. What? what? Look at the what? What did you say? He's a barrel. <laughs> oh, okay. What did you say that, Connor? What are you looking at, Connor? What are you talking about? Uh, you might have you said something J.J. Watt said yesterday oh. there. No. <laughs> no, no. No. I didn't hear that. Look at this guy. Are you kidding Look at the tries, yeah. dude. This dude's a Fucking <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Well, 71 seven, turning 72. <laughs> you don't want any of that. No, 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 no. no kidding no, me? No. You don't want any of it. Nick, that Bill Belichick right there. Yeah. However dazed and confused he is, right. whatever time this is, mm-hmm. we have no idea. Ragdoll you. Listen, I don't pick doubt, you up. Ragdoll I don't doubt you. the senior old man strength that he's got, but he's not stepping onto that squat rack every day what? with that bod. You don't that pound even, of flesh oh, right there. I don't like, even know the guy. What are you talking about? He, look at his belt. He's ready to go and drop that thing below. He looks like a bag below. of yeah. milk. No, but Nick. He's seventy, 70 years, years old. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look at his neck. Look at his neck. He's not fake chowing anybody. Okay, <laughs> he, he's in. He's locked in at all times. I assume that it, you, you probably can't he's right now, but fake the veins out of his neck are popping out. If people think he's just trying to gather himself here, yeah, on the internet, see, like, gather himself. Somebody's trying him over here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. This, you, boom, yep. Up on the other side. You got it, old man. Yeah, he was about to. Yeah. <laughs> what? That might be where he was going. Kick someone's ass for saying some bullshit like Nick back there. Oh, you're just some fat schlub coach now, aren't you, Bill? Oh, is that right? I just got done doing a deed, okay? And now I'm coming over to your house, and he I'm going to do it to you, my friend. Too. He could just with the boys. Yeah. Sure, yeah, like you Sean Payton I mean? doing the dope. with the boys out there, you know? Maybe Steve's inside. This is a fishing <laughs> trip. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fishing trip. He's, he's, he's just fishing. being a dad. Going to get some bait. Going outside to have a cig. Yeah, everybody's exactly. deal. Why is everybody on the internet on? You, more specifically. Yeah. yeah, did you hear what you said? Go back to the beginning of this thing and heard... What you definitely said he was doing. What did I they say? They could have been dadding here. Yeah. They were surfing. Look, that's his surf pants. You know, he yeah, he respects the uh, Airbnb rental. He's not smoking a cig inside the house. He's going outside to have one outside. What if he did just go to that stoop right over there and just start smoking a cig? Yeah, I don't know. Can we get the rest of yeah. this? That would be, yeah, that is what we actually need is the rest of this video. Because how do we know, too? Maybe there's door dra- DoorDash pulling up, you know, and Good he's just getting a Dunkin' he's ice getting food for his kids. Yeah, he's yeah. getting donuts for the grandchildren. I've heard there's actually Make-A-Wish children inside. Yep. Is that right? He is going to get food for See? right now. Why doesn't that get Gave the kids about? his shirt. Well, off his back. Yeah. 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 Good Gave guy. His shirt off his back. It was cold. He wanted tarps off, yeah. Bill, we love you, buddy. Love you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Keep going. And uh, I would like to reiterate the fact 
Bill would beat the shit out of Nick mm-hmm. at that oh, stage, yeah. no this doubt. stage, and forever yeah. stage. Just like Nick, I think you're. I think you beat up a lot of people. <laughs> but when we're talking coaches, Royal Rumble, I'm throwing this guy into every single one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't think oh, yeah. he'd figure it out? You don't think he'd figure out how to beat you up? He would. Yeah, low man wins, my friend, in a Royal Rumble. Everybody knows that. You got to be lower than that third rope, and Bill. Probably crab walking around the ring just because he knows he wouldn't get thrown out. Hey, congrats to Bill. Congrats, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Happy to live in. Yeah. yeah. We saw him at the Minnesota Super Bowl. He went to the uh, Timberwolves. Yeah, right? yep. <laughs> sweet he hat. Had sweet top hat yeah. on. Great he outfit. He was smiling. Mm-hmm. I was like so happy for him. I'm yep. like, good for you, man. You've just committed your entire being pretty much to being great at one thing, football. And it's like at some point he's got to live. Mm-hmm. It's great to see that he's living. It, it is great. We're that happy time. for you, Bill. Now, um, let's get back to this game good, tonight. Good oh, news. Do we uh, have? Go ahead. Reports are that Dick Good got both of those. Did I say it? Twice. Wow. <laughs> I was real loose. You're off mic the second the time. The second one you were up. So yeah, that, that second one. Oh, geez. Sorry about it, Richard. <laughs> that was, I mean, I got, I mean, how could you not? He yeah. saw it when he saw it. You got Bill Belichick on a ring camera. Yeah. I, I apologize. <laughs> That's on me. Dick Good knew. Because you did say, I said, I'm like, what is this guy talking about? I didn't hear the first one. The <laughs> yeah, second I'm so one was... flustered by, yeah, I got a new leaderboard now. Yeah, I was like, I just took We got to update that. That yeah. was going into today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I do not have one. I don't oh, have one. Man, I don't know. That's, I'm not the one to keep that, score. That is a false leaderboard. I, one time, said, fa, and that's it. And it didn't get bleep. Well, you do. You have great control. There's people saying stuff on other shows I've heard. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? Wow. What, what kind of words are we talking Whoa, about? I, I didn't know we were allowed to say those. F-bombs? Charles Woodson is on in about nine minutes. <laughs> he has an NFL Icons episode on MGM+, Plus, yep. which we learned is formerly, the artist formerly known as... Uh, TV Plus. TV Plus is formerly... Roku? Epics. Epics. Of course. Of course. Boys, yeah. <laughs> that was a yeah. big dog. We should have known that one. Known. For us. Okay. Known. We downloaded it because the uh, Bill Carr. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Charles Woodson has one coming out Saturday, ten o'clock. Assume it's going to be very good. You're obviously talking about a Heisman winner, Super Bowl champion, uh, defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second. I mean. Guy was good. AJ Hawk called him the smartest football players ever played football. Yeah, yep. Can't wait to chat with him in about eight minutes. Also, does a lot of good work. This is something like $77 million children's hospital. Yeah. Wow. Wow. In the yeah. teaser we saw of the Icons episode, incredible. NFL Films does an incredible job with that. Nick Saban will be joining us in the second hour, fresh off a massive win against the LSU, which was basically for the SEC West. What Alabama has left. Auburn at the end of the year at Auburn, I guess, is a massive conversation. Kentucky this weekend. If they were able to get past LSU and with how they've been playing, Alabama back in the convo SEC title game. Mm-hmm. And if they're able to get a win there, full convo mm-hmm. about what the college football playoff looks like with Georgia. Ole Miss this weekend. Mm-hmm. Game day's going to be there. We're going to be there. Uh, Kirby Smart's going to be joining us live. Oh, yes! Let's go. Uh, Coach Kirby Smart will be joining us live tomorrow. Uh, I believe that'll be at roughly 12, 15 Eastern mm-hmm. time. We'll be live down there. Can't wait to get down there. Oh, so pumped. Because the Georgia edges? people have said the worst things about me this college game day season. Sure. Oh. For, for sure. Some Georgia fans. Mm. But also, I think we have some Georgia fans yeah. as well. So it's a nice little conflict. Hopefully I can get down there and let the people know that, hey, I've been on dogs since the beginning. That's right. I've been on since I seen billionaires on their hands and knees barking. I've been like, all right, I respect this team. I've had them at one for every single ranking. Mm -hmm. That gets lost in the entire. This guy took David Pollock's spot. Yeah, this guy's the worst. Come on, I I agree. 
comparing me to David Pollock is a uh, that's a tough thing. He's so big. Oh handsome, yeah, huge, fast, strong, smart. Right. They're calling him like the greatest bulldog of all time, Georgia bulldog of all time. <laughs> whenever we were down there, I love David Pollock. Man, so this year has certainly been tough. When everybody's like, "Yeah, give us David Pollock back instead of this big dumb dipshit," it's like, yo. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> but I don't think I'm here for replacing David Pollock. I think that is uh, another conversation to be had. Mm -hmm. But Kirby Smart has always been good to this program. Mm -hmm. I appreciate him joining us. I think there's going to be Nolan Smith is going to be joining right. us okay. tomorrow as well. And I think there's another surprise guest that's okay. potentially Ooh. popping off there. Very excited. Whoa. Let's go. Very excited about it all. And then in the third hour today, we'll have uh, Jeff Munkin, uh, coach of Army. Nice. Obviously, got Veterans Day coming up, fresh off a massive win yeah. over the Air Force. And uh, I think it's a good chat just about, like, not only, I mean, his cousin, I believe, is the yeah. uh, yeah. offense coordinator for the Ravens right now. It's crushing mm -hmm. it and being in a football family. But, like, these military teams that we're seeing, Air Force is, uh, was in the top 25. They were yep. undefeated, one of the last yep. undefeated teams. Army just signed to go join AAC, uh, the American Athletic Conference. They're getting into it. It's like the military football teams are getting back into uh, – a little bit different spot. What they used to be way back, I think. Then there was an era of like not being able to compete. They're getting good. Yeah. I think we'll talk to Munkin about that third hour. Should be a great day. Coach Chuck Pagano will be joining us in the third hour. He continues to be hot on Thursday night, right? Yeah, I, oh yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I think you hit last week. Yeah, Stiller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had a Stiller. Yeah, I, me too, right? Yeah. I did. Definitely. Yeah, I was with him. We both won and then I lost every other bet. I believe so. so I just, yeah. We just need to ride with him whenever he gets here on the third hour. Let's talk about some things happening around the NFL world. So there was a lot of chatter uh, yesterday on the internet because Robert Sala makes a stop on a Michael K show, mm -hmm. uh, which is sports radio in New York, and obviously sports radio in New York, you know, granddaddy Ta -ta. of them all. Yep. Granddaddy of them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of talent over there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that aren't talented, though. Sure. That have bigger numbers because there is a lot of humans in that area. That's right. But there's a lot of talent over there. Michael K., we are massive fans of the program. There's been a lot of great things that have come out of there. Coach Bob Sala joins him every single week. And there was one clip, I think, that got taken a little bit out of context whenever he basically said he pleads the fifth whenever they were asked, they asked him, how come he didn't put Trevor Simeon in mm -hmm. over Zach Wilson with all Zach Wilson's failures? Obviously, anytime something like that is said, it's like, oh, Sala's burying Zach Wilson, da 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 da, doing this whole thing. But I think what is getting taken out of context on the internet, which, the internet is very good at. I've fallen victim to this a couple of times. We all have with certain statements is mm -hmm. he had basically talked about the entire thing for like three minutes beforehand. Then he got a follow-up question pretty much about Trevor Simeon taking, and then he pled the fifth kind of reiterating what he had said. Now this is a three minute clip. It's a long one, but I think it needs to be heard to fully understand that Bob Sala wasn't throwing Zach Wilson under the bus. Bob Sala just understands why they're questioning what they're questioning, and he was just trying to get to the next one. Here's Robert Sala talking about the condition of the quarterbacks for the New York Jets. I ask you this with total respect. You come on the show, you don't have to, so I hope you don't take this in a bad vein. I, I personally don't think Zach can play at this level for a team that has a defense like this. And you just said a couple of questions ago, our offense has been troubling for three years. Well, I mean, that's the one constant. Why are you guys so dead set on sticking with Zach Wilson when he has not been able to do it? What are you seeing that a neophyte like me is not seeing, Coach? I don't get it. No, That's a fair question. Um, a very fair question. But, you know, I... It's easy. It's easy. You know, the the three the three people who get drilled and losses as the quarterback, the play caller, and the head coach. That's natural. 
territory. Um, it's our job to go back and look at the tape and, and to figure out the actual reasons why. The L-22, that, that says everything. And that's why I think you see some analysts turn on the tape and, and like, well, geez, the kid really didn't play that bad. You know, and it's uh, and you turn on the tape and are there things that Zach needed to do better yesterday? A hundred percent. He knows it. We know it. Every, everyone knows it. But are there areas of the field where we could have been better for him as a play caller? Sure. Are there areas on the field where we could have been better as position coaches, putting our players in position? Yes. Uh, could the players have been better from an execution standpoint, catching the ball, um, blocking, running the right routes, um, wow. being more efficient in the run game? Absolutely. So it's if, if this was... And, and sometimes it's very obvious when you turn on the all 22 that the quarterback is just incapable but that it's not the case here you know and uh, um, you know it's there are, there are a hundred there are so many things that everybody needs to get better at including the quarterback um, and I think that's you know it's it's what you know I don't know hopefully I'm answering your question right. but it's it's just it's that it's not always as easy as like I said, the, the the three heads that get rocked the most in the losses, starting with me, um, and the play caller and the quarterback, it's just that's all natural. But things have changed over three years, Robert. You've had different offensive coordinators before uh, the change to Hackett this year, and you've had different weapons around him, and the, the one constant is Zach, and the one constant is last year he couldn't start over over Mike White. So, I, uh, first of all, this, this shouldn't be litigated. Now, I never understood with a, a 39-year-old quarterback, why a guy who couldn't start last year was the first line of defense if he went down. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why Why not give him a try? And here's no, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, a fair question. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just... Uh, I've, I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously, but mm-hmm. but it's a va- they're valid questions. But and I know, and I know from the, from a passionate fan, from from fans who are passionate, all having the same questions, I respect it greatly, um, you know. But it's I, I've got to look at it from a global standpoint and uh, and just see where we are and uh, and look at the all twenty two the best I can and and make the decisions best as possible. So. So, obviously, he didn't necessarily sing the praises of Zach Wilson, but a few times in there he did. And I think he went to bat for his quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate that Michael K. show was like, why, why aren't we trying anything else? And I think what he was trying to say from a global standpoint is like, I think we know what Trevor Simeon's max is. Yeah. We don't know what Zach's is. Now, three years into this thing, I think people were about sick of hearing about what yeah. his potential his potential is, what his capability is. But I do appreciate the fact that the internet kind of said, he said he played the fifth in this entire thing which is good and then I assume the Jets had to answer questions about it but he stuck up for him a little bit in there and he said yeah he missed a couple throws everybody could have done things differently he said guys running the wrong routes yeah mm-hmm. what missed throw potentially was a wrong route that we could have never guessed that we throw on Zach Wilson as opposed to everybody else I appreciate Bob Sala kind of going to bat but also understanding the self-awareness of the whole situation yeah and they had a bunch of drops too but it, like it, it's tough because they're just they're really in like a no-win situation because you mentioned with like Simeon like they know what he can do. Like, I don't think if you put Simeon in, all of a sudden this team's going to start scoring 35 points a week. Like, it, it could happen, I suppose, but probably not. But, like, if they bench Zach Wilson at this point, over. and they've already been, yeah, like, his career in New York is absolutely over. And they are still in that window where it's like, hey, we just kind of, we just can't have him be the worst guy on the field. He just needs to do whatever he can to, and I don't, I don't necessarily think he was against, 
the Chargers, it just, you know, they, they lost a couple fumbles early and, and things kind of started to steamroll. But if they are playing to get Rodgers back potentially at the end of the year with, you know, the playoffs still on the line, maybe, I just, I don't know if going to Trevor Simeon over Zach Wilson is like the band aid that's kind of going to get them to that point. I mean, may, I think fans are saying, why not? You know, yeah, why sure. not just give it a try? We had Streveler last year. We yeah. Had yeah. Zach, uh, we Mike. had Mike White. We had Flacco, I think, at points in the last yep. couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. It's like, can we just try something different? And I think when Whenever he says global view, he's bringing up the point that you're bringing up. Like, if you pull Zach Wilson right now, mm. it's over forever. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jets fans probably at that point. Like, yeah, we're sure, okay sure. with it Done being with over it. forever. But are the Jets organization, maybe not Salah, who drafted him, what, two? Two. Yeah. Yep. Number two overall in this entire thing. And he was supposed to learn from Aaron. Then Aaron was supposed to pass the torch. So then the draft pick was still good. It's just, I don't know how they figure it out. But I do know if that Achilles comes back to health by the end of this season, and they're still in it. What an absurd story that'll be talked about. But if they end up not being able to remain in it enough, and Zach Wilson is the reason why. So not only do you steal the Aaron Rodgers comment, you steal the year, and you waste another trying to figure out with Zach Wilson, it's only going to get louder. I hope they figure it out. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is obviously a man who's one of the greatest football players to ever play football. Dude from Ohio, but went to Michigan. Whoa. Which was a decision he said was made a long time before he had to make his actual <laughs> commitment. Ladies and gentlemen, the new topic, our feature of NFL icons and MGM Plus, Saturday night at 10 p.m. Former Defense Player of the Year, All-Pro, you get it, GOAT, Charles Woodson. Yeah! What's up, guys? Hey, man, good to be on the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I look over your shoulder, I see the tuck rule, literally very yeah. prominent, and I saw the Tom Brady piece in the NFL icons. That was a bunch of bullshit, Charles, wasn't it? Just a bunch of bullshit out there. Hey, a bullshit times ten. That's why I got this right. Hey, I'm in my I'm in my son's room right now, so this is just a constant reminder to him, man, that his, that his daddy got screwed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it doesn't matter what happens in life, man. You just got to keep on going. Hey, still won a Super Bowl, which is good. Still have a ring at the end of the day, so they will always call you a world champion, as they should with how you played. I want to kind of dive into this because you're obviously legend at the Raiders and a legend at the Packers. And we asked AJ Hawk, who was uh, got very fortunate to play alongside you is how he described it we said why was charles woodson so good he said you were the smartest football player he's ever played on a field with was it always like that when you grew up in fremont ohio did it develop at michigan when did you become the guy you think where your teammates say that football iq is better than any human i've ever shared the field with man i would love to say that it's always been that way but i think uh you know, just as a, as a young athlete, man, I was I was just very athletic, man. I had some God-given stuff, man, that was given to me. And so I could either, you know, outrun everybody, outquick everybody. Um, and then just over time, man, you know how it is, man, this experience. You know, you go through all of the experiences of the game. You gain the knowledge of it. You learn how to uh, study an opponent. You learn how to um, break down the opponent's, you know, offense. You understand who's out there in terms of personnel. You start g- gaining all this knowledge of situational football, and then you apply it to the field. And so I was able to uh, to do that. I was able to, uh, what I call, have great play recall. You know what I mean? So if I saw something, you know, I could apply it to the next play or from the first half to the second half or just bring it from the film room to the field. I was always able to do that, man. So I think just over time, man, and, and, and the experience of the game and being out there and playing so much football, 
you become better and, and come better at recognizing what's happening to you. Yeah, the ability to recall it, I think, is what would separate you being the smartest player somebody's ever played with and just being another player, you know, being able to realize what's probably going to happen and act upon it before everybody else showcases you got a big ass brain. OK, you got a big ass brain. What was yeah. your major? What was your major in Michigan? Football. <laughs> that's that's why my brain is so big when it comes to the game man that's what i majored in man i majored in it uh you know undergrad post postgrad uh my, my my master's my doctorate football baby well dr charles i'm pumped that you uh are having that's an right. nfl icons on saturday night <laughs> at 10 p.m have you been paying attention to this michigan stuff it's crazy charles it's crazy yeah it's kind of hard not to you know um you know i'm Three years at the University of Michigan. I was a fan before I went there. I, I played there, of course. I'm a fan now. And, uh, you know, it's to me, I, I look at the situation and, and I just really have to say, first of all, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Um, two, I got to congratulate Jim Harbaugh for building this team into a position where it seems like people are envious of what he has going on in this program. If you think about it, man, five, six years ago, then nobody cared about what Michigan was doing. Um, you know, Harbaugh was a couple of years in. Uh, you know, we were winning some games, but we, cur we couldn't beat Ohio State. And now here we are. We've been able to beat those guys two times in a year, uh, two times in a row. And so now uh, everybody's looking at Michigan and saying, okay, you know, these guys can't be that good. What are they doing wrong? Yeah, that's the way I look at it, man. And so uh, just congratulations to Michigan for building the program up, uh, getting the type of recruits in there. Uh, that, like I said, people are looking at and saying, wow, you know, where did this come from? And saying they must be cheaters if they're this good. So I'm proud today to be a Michigan Wolverine and have everybody looking at us as a team to beat. I love it. I love it so much. Desmond Howard, same exact type, you know, as it was all kind of developing over the last few weeks. And at the beginning, it was all like so muddled. And it is still, I think, until we see some actual evidence, I don't think any of us are going to fully comprehend what's going on. But all the stuff that's been alleged and alluded to is like so absurd. Desmond, through the whole thing, was like, what are we talking about? Yeah. What are we talking about? What, what are we talking about? What, 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 the, the thing is, everything that I hear on, on every outlet is that everybody steals. But it seems like when it comes to Michigan, they're saying, oh, Michigan is stealing, stealing. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, it's uh, you, because you of that team over your shoulder, I think. I think it's because one of those teams over your shoulder there with uh, Spygate, how that thing became yeah. <laughs> like, well, they were filming and recording, yep. which is different than what everybody else was doing. So there's a little bit of like a precedent yeah. in the football world of what is good and what is not yeah. good. But then it's like, did Harbaugh have any idea that it was happening? Was this guy like, there's just so many question marks about it all. It really is. And this team's good this year. Yeah. This, the team is no, the, the, great this year. The, the, the team is a great thing. But, you know, in, in terms of me saying, you know, that everyone is coming on saying that, you know, every team steals. Um, you get these big 10 coaches together. They have a Zoom call and, and the focus is Michigan and what they've done wrong. It's almost as if everyone's got together and said, hey, the Michigan Wolverines, they were in the bank. They held the guns. They had the ski mask. Hey, we were just the drivers. We were outside, you know, so we didn't we didn't terrorize anybody. We didn't put the gun to anybody's head. We were just the getaway car. No, 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 man. Everybody's going to jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it don't matter what part you played in it. If you're stealing, you're stealing. And so that means if we're going to have some type of sanctions put on, you know, Harbaugh, then there's got to be some sanctions on other uh, coaches as well. And does, does Harbaugh get more because he was more a part of the plot? 
maybe so. But everybody, uh, you know, everybody's hands are, are dirty in this situation. That was one part of the 10-page letter response that Michigan sent back. That was basically like, if we want to open this can of worms, how did, how did it, what did it basically say there, Pete? Uh, yeah, basically they said, hey, listen, the conference needs to be very, very careful with setting precedent here because if they open this can of worms, uh, there's going to be a lot of schools that are going to be you know, coming under the crosshairs here. Yeah, it's crazy because Pete Thamel's been reporting what he's been hearing and then the AP gets news and then the rest of the Big Ten that we asked some other college coaches were like, what are your thoughts on it? They're like, well, the, the, the signals are like, let's, uh, but we need headphones. We need speakers in the helmet. And it's like the NCAA is like, you got it. We'll do that playoffs going forward. So hopefully this will be something that we never have to talk about ever again, but allegedly a ruling's coming. Let's go back to the NFL. It feels like defenses are having a better year this year than they had in the past. I think scoring's down. I think offenses are looking less efficient than they had in the past with the transition of the new rules, pretty much, that kind of put defense at a hindrance on every single play. Did you see the evolution of football as something that made defense much harder? And why do you think defenses are maybe playing better now than they had ever in years past? Well, I think, uh, you know, in terms of the defense playing a little bit better, it's because now, you know, they're, they're seeing, you know, what offenses are doing You know, now for the past few years. Uh, what offenses are doing is they're getting their playmakers on the field. You know, there was a time when you didn't have as many, you know, wide receivers on the field at one time as many times as you do now during the game. I mean, teams are coming out now as three wide receivers, four wide receivers. You know, back when, you know, I first came in the, in the league, you know, we played, you know, it was 21 personnel. And then on third down, maybe you put 11 person personnel in there. So now we're just kind of getting used to seeing it. And those guys are, are getting a better look at the concepts, you know, that you get out of having so many, you know, wide receivers on the field. Uh, but the game has definitely, you know, transitioned over time. You know, uh, looking at the receivers, man, and looking at all of the yards that, that that they put up. Of course, we've had great receivers over the years, but I think when you watch receivers and in, in the way in which they go across the middle of the field, you know, it's like the confidence that they run across that field, man, and knowing that that linebacker under five yards can't just take his head off before the ball comes, man. They just run across there so freely. And I think that's the way the game has headed. You know, this it's an offensive league. They want to see points on the board. They want to see guys throw the ball up and down the field. And so they they like to tie their hands behind, you know, the defensive backs. backs. Like I, I watched um, Stephen Gilmore get a, a pass interference the other night against Philly. And he's he's in front of the receiver, you know, this little hand to hand combat and, and, they, and the, the referees threw the flag. And it's like, dude, he had great position on the wide receiver. He, he he's, His footwork was impeccable and he still gets the flag. You know, you get past five yards and all, all of a sudden they say the defensive back can't touch the receiver. But that receiver can push off of you. He can tug your jersey and do all of these certain things. But as soon as you touch that guy, it's not you know, fair, Charles. Come out, so. It's not no, fair. It, it, it's definitely, definitely not fair. Yeah. And so, you know, that's 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 the that's the problem, you know, for us guys. And then, of course, the, the the quarterbacks. Come on, man. You know, these guys eventually, the quarterbacks, I think, will have two flags on, and you know, you have to get one of those flags off. You can't touch them, can't tackle them, can't throw them down to the ground. You know, so that that part of the game, man, to me, is ridiculous. I think roughing the passer definitely needs to be a reviewable play, buddy. I mean. We can we can start reviewing the reviews too. Like there, there's uh -huh. levels to this thing. Like make it reviewable, and then I, also I, let's figure I, out the review I, system too. You know, 
Hey, so hey, sometimes, man, you should just review it and then just go to somebody in the stands and say, hey, what are you see? Just, <laughs> just, give me, give me another, just give me another pair of eyes on this thing, man, because I, I think you're right, because sometimes we see these reviews and we can clearly see yes. what, what, what the call should be. And then the referee comes back on the field and, and says the opposite. And we're like, what? What, what, what are you what are you looking at? How? You know, the, the review is there to get the call right. Charles, the world is so divided, seemingly, especially on the Internet with everything, yeah. literally yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. And then there will be something yeah. that brings the entire world. Together. Oh, that's definitely not like everybody on the Internet. Right. And then a ref will come in and say, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, how are you seeing it so differently? And then they give us a glimpse into the review room. And it's just like three dipshits staring at like a computer. It's like, how, why is my setup at my house? better than what the NFL is using to review this entire thing. We need to review the reviews, but whenever you're talking yeah. about the quarterback pass interference and Stephon Gilmore, did he get fined for that pass interference? They're fining everybody right now, Charles. I don't know if you've seen this. We're talking like thirty, fifty, hundred thousand dollar fines Thank you. for standard football plays. Charles, standard football yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think he would get uh fined for the pass interference, but I think anytime it's a hands to the face or face mask or something like that. Uh, you you do get that letter, and I, and I think man, the league man, they they need to make the fines relative to what a guy gets paid. Like you can't, everybody can't just get fined forty eight thousand dollars, man. That's that is ridiculous. So, uh, depending on you know what a player makes, man, you got to scale it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't just come on, man. A guy making the league minimum, you can't be fining them, you know, forty eight fifty thousand dollars. That's crazy. Hey, you're paying us thirteen grand this week yeah. to play. Yeah. You get to be here, though. Sure. You yeah. get to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tone exactly. has a question for you, yeah, Charles. I, yeah, Charles. Um, yeah. I was looking at. I saw uh, earlier this week. Uh, you had your defensive MVP uh, that you were giving out. And I believe it was three edge guys with the winner going to Max Crosby. And, and I think s- since you and then Troy won it. Only Steph Gilmore has been the only other guy to not be a D-lineman or edge guy to win the defensive MVP. Do you think it's just an edge D-line award now, or do you just have to be incredibly special to win defensive MVP if you're in the secondary these days? Yeah, it's kind of hard to do. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of myself uh, stepping. You know, Dion was a guy who won it. Um, I think Bob Sanders won it mm-hmm. uh, with Indianapolis, I believe. You know, so, you know, there's been a few of us, but – you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like um, uh, it's kind of like the quarterback position, like the quarterback. You know, in terms of offensive um, MVP or uh, MVP, it's all about those numbers. You know, um, and, and so on the defensive side, you know, the sack guys, you know, they get 18, 19, 20 sacks. You know, that's a that's a huge number. So that's what people uh, look at. And you know, those those guys are definitely disruptive. You know, our game is built on, you know, being able to get to the quarterback. So there's a lot of attention put on those edge rush guys and those guys that can get into the backfield and disrupt. So they get that attention. Those guys, you know, back there, sometimes we don't get to put up those numbers. You know, if you're one of the best, a lot of times, you know, you're not getting a lot of action. They don't talk about you a a whole lot. So it's harder to win it. But Every now and then, we put up one of those years, man, where the defensive backs, we look pretty good doing what we do, baby. Hey, Trevon Diggs, uh, just a couple years ago, he had like 11 picks yep. going into like week 15. Yeah. It was like, wait a minute, is this guy, yeah. and, you know, it goes the other way. But, hey, with the way offenses are right now, like with all this shit, D-line, <laughs> you know what I mean? D-line can just blow that up. Yeah. Yeah. You get a good D, like Chris Jones, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, the list goes on and on. You get one of those big guys in the middle, they can ruin an entire offense. Like every single week, week yeah. after week. Because DBs, you guys got to rely upon ball getting out too to get there, you know? 
Yeah, you're, you're relying on opportunities. And there's so many, you know, different places a quarterback can put the ball, you know, and they're looking at matchups. You know, they're throwing the ball at the best matchup and, and trying to, you know, uh, for their offense, move the chains, you know, get first downs and that sort of thing. But when you think about guys like Aaron Donald, who you mentioned, who to me I think should have been an MVP of the entire league and, and not just defensive player of the year, to do what he did from the interior line, you know, for for so many years, the dominance in which he played at, like I can I can see why he wins it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that it's evident that he was the best player on the field every time, regardless of being defense, quarterback, or whatever it is, he was the best guy on the field. And I think he's a guy that they miss out on as being uh, uh, an NFL MVP and not just a defensive player of the year. So all the old school quarterbacks talk about how the game's getting easier mm-hmm. because there's only a read off of a player as opposed to an entire defense. Who are some of the quarter uh, the quarterbacks that are obviously remembered from your era? Peyton and Tom, and then I guess Ben Rolfesberger will be in there a little sure. bit. Phil Rivers obviously had a hell of a run Flacco. door. Joe Flacco won himself a $100 million contract whenever he's on his final year of his contract and wins his Super Bowl. But whenever you talk about those guys at the top, what made them different? And is there any stories from when you were playing one of those guys where it was a good mental joust taking place throughout all four quarters? Yeah, I think, you know, all of the guys you mentioned, you know, are, are great players. Um, Hall of Famers, you know, when you think about what made those guys special, um, you know, we talked earlier earlier about, you know, the way you see the game, you know, and that mental aspect. And I think with all of those guys, it was, you know, their ability to, you know, break that huddle, um, scan that defense and kind of know what was about to happen, what you were in as a defense, you know, where that pressure was coming from. Uh, again, understanding the matchups and, and, and always seemingly being able to make the right throw, you know, that's what made those guys uh, the best. And I think in terms of, you know, those chess matchups, you know, playing against, you know, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, when I was, uh, you know, a player who was moving around, playing outside, playing nickel and those different things and being able to, you know, line up in the slot and move around and watch Peyton and watch his eyes and see how he scanned the defense and me trying to stand, you know, in a way that he doesn't think I'm coming <laughs> Uh, whether, but I'm actually coming or, you know, vice versa. You know, those are, th- those are the great games that, that you're able to play with one of those guys. Cause you know, if you give them the tip, it's a wrap, you know, and there's it, it going to be no question about it. You get the tip, they get the tip. It's over. You know, it's going to be either touchdown. It's going to be a big play, uh, or they're going to get the ball to the running back and, 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 you know, run to the, uh, you know, give him the ball so he can run to the open space. So, those guys were tough, man. It was always great, you know, going up against them guys and, like you said, trying to play that little chess match with them. Peyton was looking for, hey, this guy's left foot is six inches. You see that? <laughs> it's even with his heel. Yeah. You see that? You see that? It's even yeah, with, yeah. on film. He's watching on film. Yeah. Give me another one. I need another third and seven with this guy sitting on it. Yup, his left foot. Yeah. When it's even with his heel. Am I going to be able to see that? Uh, yeah, I'll be able to see that. And then it's like, boom. Yep. That's all he needed. You said mm-hmm. just the two. It's like, Literally, he finds one thing, and it, now it's his job to let you know, not let you know that he knows that as well. It's crazy, the level of shit that's happening exactly. out there. No, exactly. I mean, we're, we're looking at quarterbacks. We're looking at, you know, how they stand. You know what I'm saying? If their feet are even, you know, it's a good chance they're going to hand, hand that ball off. If one foot is back, then they're trying to get out of there, get to their three-step, get to their five-step, or whatever it is. Um, or if they're under center and, and the feet are even, then they're probably going to throw the ball to the left. You know, so there's, you know, a lot of different things that you're that you're checking out, um, you know, that, that that you're trying to get a key on. And, you know, when you get into a game, 
and you start seeing these certain things and, and they start happening the way you see it, that's when you that's when you get your jump. So yeah, the game ain't it ain't just about putting the pads on, putting the helmet out and, and running around and, and, and making tackles or, you know, trying to get off blocks. No, no, no. We we you know the guys who uh you know from my my position who have over 50 interceptions we ain't just out there just playing football man <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're out there trying to get an edge and, and we're watching every little thing where that split is at you know who, who's in the game is it is it a stack oh. you know is it yeah you know are you, do you have you know guys lined up or, or lined up on each side of the formation you know are they both on the numbers you know it's it's a lot of stuff you're looking at man where it's like hey you know, if I see this and you throw it, I'm out of there. Bro. I'm gone. And I am I'm gone. I am I'm taking gone. it to the paint as well. And all that's yeah. a lot. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> I don't want the ball. I'm going to leave it here. This is as long as I need it. I get an inch into the end zone. But all those, uh, you're talking about these guys, you know, from my perspective with 50 picks and stuff, it's like all gold jackets too. Yeah. So it's like yep. the, the brains, I don't think ever get talked about enough. Not only brains though, got to be a damn dog out there. Speaking of, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Charles, you're probably the perfect person to ask this, but there's been a lot of talk over the you know past few weeks, especially with the Raiders, about you know what it means to be a Raider. I think Max Crosby mm -hmm. said on his podcast, The Rush, uh, you know, like I felt like I was born to be a Raider because they are kind of the outlaws of the NFL, if you will. But from your perspective, what does it really mean to be a Raider? And does it involve drinking tequila with uh, Mark Davis in his suite? Or whiskey. What? Hey, yeah, a little, little Woodson bourbon whiskey, a little cigar. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that, that's what it means, man. And. I, I, man, when when you watch those guys after the game and you know the joy that they had after after you know winning um, the game at home, you know in front of their home crowd, and then you know after the game, the, the cigars and and all of that stuff, man, that was just kind of to me, it, it was a little bit of an old school feeling. And I think Max mentioned it, you know, when he you know was able to talk to George Atkinson and some of the guys who are around you know, that organization who played back in those days. Um, I had those same conversations with George and, and Willie Brown um, and, and, and Cliff Cliff Branch, you know, and, and all those those old school guys that, and, and I see Howie every week, you know, you know, and, and a lot of times we're in despair, you know, <laughs> on, oh, yeah. our, uh, on our days at work when we're looking at the Raiders. But it was just a tough, hard-nosed kind of um, outlaw feeling that you get when you're a Raiders and Willie Brown used to always tell us, man, when I first met Willie Brown, he said, Hey, there's 31 teams in the NFL. And then there are the Raiders. And that's the way we went into it thinking each and every year. And I think Max uh, definitely feels that way. Um, he feels like he sort of, you know, fits that mode, you know, as a Raider, as, as a guy that not other people want, uh, many people didn't want, you know, he's got tattoos. And like I said, you saw him smoking the cigar in the locker room like that's that's Raiders, man. But what the Raiders were, they were winners as well. And so, you know, we want to get back to, you know, being those tough Raiders, but also winning, you know, getting to Super Bowls. You know, this is a Super Bowl winning organization and we got to get back to that. Not just the attitude, but the winning to go along with it. Yeah, it feels like they're 1-0. Hey, 1-0 yep. yep. since uh, Antonio. 1-0. That's all we can ask. Hey, hey only, coach, only coach that has stud earrings, too. So uh, <laughs> count me in with Antonio <laughs> Pierce. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Saturday night. 
10 p.m. MGM Plus. We can't wait for the world to see more about your story. And shout out to you doing so much work with that children's hospital. The lady on the thing that I saw yeah. said like $73 million he's helped raise for that. You're helping the world, Charles. Hell yeah. You're helping the world. Man, appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. CS Mott Children's Hospital, University of Michigan. We have the Charles Woodson Fund. Uh, we've raised, like you said, councils, countless amounts of money for that hospital to get it built, to maintain it. And to be able to treat young young families, really, not just the children, but families as a whole, because everybody goes through it together. So I appreciate the shout out on that. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you doing it. Also, the whiskey. Bye. Hey, let's keep it going. You're the man. Hey, 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 hey. The official bourbon of the Las Vegas Raiders, baby. What's the name? Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, so so it's a bourbon. What's that mean? What's a, it means? It's- oh, it's bourbon. That that means it's made here. It's made here. Uh, to be a bourbon, it's just got to be made here in the states. But it does come from Kentucky. It has to be a hundred percent new oak. Oh. Um, it has to be fifty one percent corn, baby. That's oh. what makes it. wow! <laughs> hey, we appreciate the hell out of you. You're the man, ladies and gentlemen, Charles Woods. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And joining us live from an attic in Ohio is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup winner, and a man who has not only defeated COVID 14 times, but he's also currently the reigning defending president of Ohio during this election season. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Paul. (laughs) AJ, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. A little upset that someone would uh, release that footage of Coach Bill Belichick, but, you know, we're going to try to get it. <laughs> Thank you. We are not happy. What are we doing, man? Come on, just let the guy live a little bit. Yes. This guy has given his entire being, okay, to that area to play football. So we are not happy about it either. Let's talk about Charles Woodson, though. We'll revisit Bill Belichick in that ring video where he looks... Hey, jock. Jock. Properly Absolutely jack. Really? Yeah. Looks like he can bench 225, probably 29 times. Oh, right. Agreed. Thank can. you. I, that's not what Nick thought in the back. A little bit of a hating ass hoe back there. True. But let's oh, talk. Charles Woodson. Hey, I enjoyed chit-chatting about him. Now, obviously, he's very tied in with Michigan. He loves Michigan. He said, congrats to Michigan for this entire thing to even happen. You got to be on top. But you <laughs> said he was like smartest football player you ever played with. And then we started listening to him break some stuff down. What an impressive, uh, impressive dude. 18 years in the secondary in the NFL. AJ. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. And I, I know I've mentioned on here before, there was there was times where he had like crazy this toe injury and he wouldn't even be able to practice. He would just lay on the training table and watch watch his iPad all day long and then come out there and get like two picks and return one for a touchdown. Like that was kind of his career and he did it for 18 years. So yeah, absolute ball hawk. Best ball skills I've ever seen from a DB for sure. Knows that uh, football was his major at college, he said. <laughs> Didn't even get to a didn't even get to a major, you know. Didn't even get to a major. Nope. Just majored in football. Thanks for asking. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. It ended up working out. Super Bowl champion and now a legend who has an NFL icons debuting Saturday, 10 p.m. on MGM+. Plus. That's yeah. Right. Joining us now yeah. is a man whose team 
is a wagon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't look now playing their best football. Yep. Don't look now being uh, kind of underachievers, they're saying. What? Don't look now. They're out of the conversation. Don't look now. Greatest coach of all time has a lot to pull from to continue to galvanize the boys who have a setup left that might see them again in the college football playoff. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban. Yeah. Coach. How are we doing today, guys? Not as good as you, huh? 14-point win at home over LSU. Quarterback rushes for 100 touchdowns. Let's go, coach. (laughs) It's great to be an Alabama football fan. Yeah, it is. But, um, you know, one of the things you got to avoid is, you know, the mental trap that what happened last Saturday and the Saturday before that, where does that put you from a mindset standpoint for this game? I call it a mental trap uh, in terms of relief syndrome, which kind of affects your um, ability to stay focused, to pay attention to detail, do the things you need to do to get ready to play the next game. Because release syndrome does not work very well in competitive sports. Because it doesn't matter who's more physical. It matters who's more physical in the game. It doesn't matter who's more disciplined. It matters who's more disciplined in the game. So to prepare right for that, to do that, to be better in the game, uh, all comes to how you prepare and practice. So you got to have the mi- right mindset, and that's what we're working on here as we speak. So um, you say I'm happy, but I'm also very focused on what we got to get done. Yeah, you call it rat poison, I think, is what you've called it in the past, and relief syndrome is a great way to describe it. And we've been feeding them enough rat poison to your team all year yep. that I think maybe they've gotten enough callus to block <laughs> it out. Let's talk about Milrow. I mentioned it there. He'd been using his arm a lot. We've been going deep. We got weapons. How you doing? Keep it moving. Then all of a sudden against LSU, we see him on the ground. We see that electric and explosive run game out of him that we saw earlier. Obviously, that was game plan going in. And now are we just picking and choosing what our best best offense is every single week we have that much confidence in Milrow being to execute through the sky and on the ground is that where we're at this season well I, I think that what, what we're trying to do with Jalen and where he's really improved is you know having a singular focus on the next play and you know what I consistently talk about him is you know focus on the next play next play might be the one that makes a difference in the game so don't worry about what happened on the last play and you know, we want to take what the defense gives. So, you know, in certain cases, you know, his running ability is going to be a factor for us, and we want to utilize that the best we can. And in other cases, you know, the skill guys that we have and the arm talent that he has is something that we can take advantage of. So it's kind of a combination of both, you know, moving forward. Yeah, it's looking good. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, you mentioned obviously you have to have a good week of prep. Is there any, like, is it ever weird where it's almost like golf where, say, someone goes to the range and they're just striping the ball and then they go out there and they play awful and then obviously the other way around too where they feel terrible in the range and then they go out and play great? Does that ever happen in football sometimes? I know I've been out at warm-ups at times when coaches are losing their mind and saying there's no energy and we ended up doing Oklahoma drill in warm-ups to try to get us going. <laughs> is there any, like, carryover and do you feel that at all? Well, I, I, I have experienced, you know, some of that in the past, you know, where, you know, things aren't going too well. But most of the time, something happens to turn that around. You know, you maybe get behind in the game uh, that you shouldn't be getting behind in. And everybody sort of recenters and refocuses and they they manage hard. You know, when things get hard and difficult, they, they have a way to overcome it. Uh, but I still would prefer, you know, guys having the right mindset. Uh, because it's easier to go play 
when you've done things, you adjusted quickly, you reacted quickly, and then it's a lot easier when the game comes to make the right choices and decisions, make the right adjustments. You know, don't don't make mental errors that you know sort of help the other team. So, because these teams are challenging now, everybody that we play is challenging. They had great offensive, you know, schemes. They got great defensive schemes. So execution becomes so critical. Uh, and being able to have success. Okay, so you talk about the teams that are talented, and you guys are Bama, you know? So anytime Bama comes, you're going to get the team's best shot. It's a big deal. This is a noon game in Kentucky. They have a tough team, hard-nosed team. What are you telling the team? Do you do anything differently whenever it's noon game, away game versus home game primetime? How do you handle the week, and how do you handle being the target? You know, I, I, everybody at the top of the mountain is obviously the one that everybody's looking at, but every noon game in Kentucky, it's a Super Bowl for Kentucky. How do you manage those expectations for your team? Well, I think one of the things that I try to emphasize to our guys right from the beginning so that they understand the circumstance that they're going to be in when they play games, whoever we play against, you said it right. You know, um, when you climb the mountain successfully um, and you get to the top, which is very challenging and a lot of fun, but when you do it a couple times, you can sort of become the mountain. So, um, then everybody's looking at you as the team that we want to beat. That's the team they have circled, you know, on their schedule that we want to play our best. And uh, this is could could be something that can be really a, a positive mark on our program, on our team, be successful for the season. So our guys need to understand that. So we have to have the kind of people that want to play to a standard. In other words, I, I'm not worried about all these external factors. I'm, I'm, my standard is I want to be the best player I can be. I want to go out every day I improve to be the best player I can be. And then I want to put it on tape when I play in the games. So I'm creating value for myself and my future, as well as creating value for my team. So uh, that's kind of how we try to approach it. I mean, whether we play in the parking lot, on the field, in Kentucky, at home, I mean, I think that mindset has to be the same, whether you're playing at 12 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 2 in the afternoon, I mean, you just got to be able to adapt to all those circumstances and situations and be ready to go whenever the, the whistle blows. I think your team would be good in the parking lot. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Milrow feels like a guy who would dominate on <laughs> you. I think, I think if you guys had to, like if we get to a point where it's only parking lot football, I think this team you have would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great. You talk about how other teams, it's a program builder. You beat Bama. That's in a highlight reel oh, yeah, for recruits, for everything going forward. Congrats on that being the case, though. Yeah. That's earned. That type of stuff's earned, obviously. Ty has a question for you, Coach. Coach, when you look at this team, now I know every year you've mentioned it, you know, every team is so much different, so it's kind of hard to compare, you know, team to team and all that kind of stuff. But when you look at your current team and how well you guys have played over the last several weeks, does this remind you of any other team you've had in terms of like, okay, we are really peaking at the right time here as kind of everything that we still want to achieve is out ahead in front of us? Or again, is that something where you can't even think about that and it doesn't apply because this team is so much different than any other team you've had? Well, they're all different. All teams are different, you know, and you want to try to feature the players that you have on offense and defense. You've got to be adjust, able to adjust your system to whatever you're going to see. But um, I, I think the talent on every team is a little different. But if you're talking about competitive character, I think our I think it was 2015. Um, we had quarterback issues early on. Jay Coker became the quarterback. We had a really, you know, tough physical 
team that uh, had to overcome a lot of adversity, had great perseverance, and they played that way. Uh, and they managed, I always say, how do you manage hard? You know, we had a really good team last year, but, you know, in a couple games that we lost, we didn't manage hard at the end of the game very well. We made some mistakes that helped the other team and had to live with the consequences. This team so far has been able to manage hard really, really well and make some of the best plays in critical situations in the game, which when you have great competitive character, that's what you have an ability to do. And I think that's really, really important if you're going to be successful. Hey, you like this team, feels like. Every time, not that you don't like all your teams, but the birthday video, how they've developed, you talk about managing hard. I feel like that's a big part of your program and everything. Like You really enjoy this group of dudes you got right now, it feels like. I do, because, um, you know, we don't have what, a lot of energy vampires, you know, I don't know if you know what that means. Oh but, yeah. Oh yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. you know I, don't, I don't think anybody on this show would ever be accused of being an energy vampire. When Whoa, play. Not, we did it. Hell yeah. That's good. We got a scholarship to Bama too. So. Bingo. <laughs> That's good news. You don't have to spend all your time with a few guys who are never doing what they're supposed to do. You know, guys are bought in. They're trying to do what they're supposed to do. They, they respect their teammates. they, uh, enjoy each other, and they play well together. So that's always fun when you have a team like that. Yeah, that's us, guys. Yeah. Hey, team Woo. on me, team on three. One, two, three. Team. team. We did it. That's awesome. Connor has a question for you, Coach. Yeah, Coach, obviously, you know, it was mentioned last week, and you you and A.J. both reiterated, you know, nothing really matters to that last college football playoff ranking. But after you do get a massive win again against LSU are you thinking on Sunday or on you know Tuesday just a little party like hey we just beat a damn good LSU team maybe we will move up a couple spots and also to kind of piggyback off that are you kind of a Texas fan now because a lot of the times that one loss gets better if they continue to do really well versus the team kind of falling off a little well I don't really think a lot about that kind of stuff um because if we don't do what we're supposed to do, if we don't take care of business in terms of the next three games that we play, uh, if we're fortunate enough to get in the SEC championship game, uh, try to take care of business in that game, none of it really matters. Um, so to um, focus on each day, each hour that you have to, and have gratitude for the, the fact that you have an opportunity to do it and be in this situation, and that's how our players should look at it as well, uh, I think that's what we try to stay focused on. You know, I, I actually, I don't know if I told you guys this, but you know, on Friday I, drove, I, I put a circle on the board and then I put a smaller circle inside that circle and then I put a rectangle inside the second circle and I said, and I colored it in red and I said, this is what matters, what happens on the field. All this gray area between these two circles that's all the external noise and external things that you can focus on and think about that's not going to help you play better. It's not going to help us get where we want to get. Um, so let's focus on what we do on the field. So if I'm telling the players that, I'm telling you the same thing. <laughs> how's, your, uh, how's your draw? Are you pretty good? Free Freehand that circle, pretty good? You feel like you're a pretty good little artist out there? I'm much of an artist, I can promise you. Miss Terry's pretty good at all that. <laughs> Hey, Reese Davis said Miss Terry deserves a statue there at the University of Alabama whenever you're done with this entire thing. That was uh, something he was pushing this weekend. They love, hey, Bama fans love Miss Terry. The amount of messages I've got since you've joined the program, it's like, I wonder what Miss Terry thinks. I wonder what Miss Terry thinks. She's a legend. I can't wait to meet her someday, Coach. 
I had to straighten her out this week with relief syndrome too. You know, I, I wake up on home <laughs> and she looks at me and says, man, it's going to be hard playing at Auburn. I said, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? We got to play Kentucky this week. And we got Chattanooga the next week. I will worry about that when we get to that. I said, what do you think about that? I said, you got relief syndrome like everybody else. It's pervasive. <laughs> the fans have it. Everybody has it. We can't have it. You got to get focus on what's in front of us right now. <laughs> was that a breakfast? What, what yeah. was that? Was that a breakfast? I just said to my chair, watch, I've watched my film, film on the computer. You're part of the problem, mister. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You two are a beautiful love story. High school sweethearts all the way through. Now both you're probably going to have a statue. That's phenomenal. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, you, I, I want to talk about like evolving as, as a program and an, an offense and a team. I know you, I don't know how many years ago you've mentioned it. There's some, some great footage of you talking about like you have to evolve. You can't just sit there and say, no, this is the way we do things because we've always done it that way. And I think as a player, that's one of the toughest things to hear from a coach. Like, coach, why are we doing it this way? Well, stop asking questions. That's what, we're supposed, that's what we've always done. And I know you've talked about like evolving as a team, which is awesome because you could easily sit back and say, no, this is what I do. Like, can you talk a little bit about evolving and what you always have to kind of try to see, hey, I need to do what's best for my team? I think that's really, really true. I, I think that um, if you're going to have the respect of, of your team, of your players, you have to be doing things as a coach that's helping them play better. So whatever the situation and circumstance is, and maybe it's different than something that you've seen before, you have to change and adapt and adjust you know, to that. And then you put them in the best position where they have a chance to be successful. That creates a respect factor, player to coach, coach to player, uh, and uh, then the players don't want to let you down. So uh, I don't think you can just say, this is the way we've always done it, so this is what we're going to do. Um, I, I think that when you say that, you're not talking about technical aspects of the game. You know, there's some things that you always want to build psychologically on your team, whether it's being physical, playing with discipline, staying focused. Um, those kinds of things, I think, are like, you know, foundation of competitive spirit that uh, and I don't think they change much but technically the game changes quite a bit and it has dramatically in the last 10 years how do you feel about Tommy Reese this far into the season you guys been around each other now a long time we've seen your offense do a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff we've seen it do a lot of different stuff and become very good I think what he's done is is a great job of taking the players that we have and implementing what they can do best and I think we've had to make adaptations to be able to do that. I mean, we can't do what we did last year all the time, but the things that we're doing now can be just as effective or more effective and create more problems for the defense. And I think he's done a really good job of that. A big win over LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massive. That was awesome. We were following along. It was on CBS. We almost got sued. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> a whole thing happened. We're on ESPN2. We're cutting to your guys' game a little bit too soon. In CBS's eyes, but it was electrifying. College football mm. is batting a thousand right now. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, coach. After the game, the uh, cameras caught an interaction between you and uh, Aaron Anderson, who uh, transferred from Bama to LSU, and it seemed like the relationship between you two was awesome. And I and I think that caught some people by surprise, just because he he was a transfer. How often is it that a, a you, you have a good relationship with someone who transfers? out of the program because I think people think that it's always they're transferring because the relationship wasn't good or they were upset about playing time and stuff like that. How often is it that you you keep in touch with players that have transferred out of your program and have a good relationship? 
Yeah, well, I, I think it's a, a, a way of life now that um, almost all the players have somebody externally sort of affecting how they think. And I think you have to accept that as a coach. Uh, you try to do the best you can to tell guys how they can create value, you know, for their future. And um, I think, you know, Aaron would have been playing a lot of football for us this year. He's an outstanding player. He's a fine young man. We were happy to get him in recruiting. We hated to see him go. But, you know, these things aren't personal to me. Uh, and um, I want to support the player. I want to see him do well. I want to see all players be more successful in life because of the experience they had in college football. So um, having resentment, you know, toward guys that, do it. I, I, I just, I, I don't do that. Um, and you know, the guy's from Louisiana, so I, I, I get it, but, um, it's just not personal to me. Well, you know, it's personal to us. The fact that you take time out of your life to chat with a bunch of doofuses <laughs> every single Thursday, personally, that's awesome. I want to let you know that coach. Hey, I love it. I, I love you guys. You guys are football guys. I've said this before, so it makes it fun for me. Um, and, I enjoy it, so I thank you for having me. Hey, Coach, not only are you the greatest college football coach of all time, like bar none, this dude's an entrepreneur. Hey, right. hey, oh, yeah. hey, hey, congrats on the big, huh? I don't know how much you're a part of that during season, but your business just bought, like, I think $700 million worth of Mercedes-Benz dealerships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go, dude. Wow. Just a guy from West Virginia, a West Virginia man, the greatest college football coach of all time, also building a car, uh, car dealership empire. Let's go, coach. Yeah. Let's go. No, I have a great uh, partner, Joe Agressi, who is in the car business. So um, I, I, it's everything is in good hands uh, all the time. Uh, we got a great team of people. Uh, a lot of the things that we try to do in our business is the same kind of things that we do to have success, you know, in football. But I'm not involved in that. I haven't been in – I think I've been in our sports maybe one time this year. Um, so I don't dabble in it much, um, and I have a lot of confidence in the people who uh, do a great job in the business for us. Well, congratulations on picking the right guy yeah. to run mm -hmm. a business. A lot of people try to dabble in businesses and be hands-off, and that money usually goes right into a burning pit of fire. <laughs> I don't think that is happening for you with Joe Gressy. Go ahead. Coach, just so you know, there's 12 of us here that could would drive a Mercedes or Ferrari. Just if, so we right. to, if we had to. If we had to. Uh -huh. If we had to. You know, it's on you, though. Obviously, take your time. We can take care of it if you need it. <laughs> okay. See, he doesn't have to be in the showroom. Nope. You heard exactly. that sale right there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Nick Saban. Congrats, yeah, Coach. Coach. Miss Terry. Miss Terry's thinking about Auburn. Yeah. You Part think, of the problem. You think they're sitting at breakfast and she's like, I can't wait for dinner tonight. And he's like, Terry, we have breakfast, Terry. we have lunch. I mean, what <laughs> after we, we just talking about lunch today? <laughs> what are we doing thinking about dinner? Uh, have we, do we even have a plan for for what we're going to do for lunch? We're doing deli sandwich. <laughs> I love it. She said Auburn's going to be tough. That's what Reese Davis said, too. Yeah. Because uh, Reese Davis is, yeah. that's right where Stoops in Kentucky wants to be. And they, by the way, they're going to try to, mm -hmm. which is a style of football, I guess, that you can ground it out and take away the other team's offense if you're able to move. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Alabama's defense, but ain't given Saturday in college football. That's right. Or Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Right. I think even Friday nights. Oh, yeah. Yep, Sunday. Oh, yeah, college Everyone football, ba basically any uh, – are they playing Sundays? No, no, sorry, Sunday and Monday. Early. Bowl season. They that get first it. week. Yeah, never. Fo NFL will travel on a Saturday. Yes, yes, they will. Yes. 
But I do, like, as soon as I mention, I'm like, Reese, they beat LSU. It's like, SEC title game. Congratulations. Now we're gearing up for basically college football playoff play-in game, yeah. pretty much, is what we're looking for. He goes, Auburn at Auburn. There's some black magic down there that happens against yeah. Alabama. And I'm True. like, okay, all right, I'll remember that. And then Miss Terry saying, remember, down in Auburn, it ain't an easy thing. <laughs> Miss Terry, we are in Kentucky this week. He's Louise. That is, that's phenomenal. That's when you know. Like Miss Terry and Nick, they've been high school sweethearts, dude. Isn't that sweet? That's Long time. That's all. That's awesome. out of a movie, AJ. She's like I've heard that. Yeah, she's a huge part of every team that he's coaching. Like she is. Yeah, she's like the rock always. It's, it feels like, and I love how these. I love how the fan base kind of takes it on and absolutely loves her, and they they love everything she does because it looks like she has a great relationship with all the coaches and players too. Like it's it's cool to see. Reese said, "Build her a statue. Build Miss Terry a statue." They will. Good. They should. They will. All right, let's roll through some things that we haven't got a chance to cover. For instance, <laughs> the middies. Holy yes, hell. here we go. Holy hell. Woo! So we're going to do this on Tuesday maybe, but we said, <laughs> why don't we do it on Tuesday? Yeah, midweek. It's not the middle of the week of the midseason week of the full NFL season. So then we said we'll do it Wednesday, which is the middle of the week of the midseason right. of the NFL season. But we had to finish the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. Right. So now it's on Thursday Smart. perfectly. It is time for an award that I think players will certainly yearn for going forward. It is something that, although they describe like maybe marijuana, congrats, Ohio. Congrats, Good work, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, I made it. Congrats, Ohio. Shout out, Ohio. Yeah. Huge. A lot of tax money. A lot of tax money going to come help in. Help, yep. That's for sure. Yep. Also, shout out. A lot of other good stuff, too. Yep. Yeah. Shout out our friends that live in Ohio. Uh-huh. And maybe make trips to Indiana. You know. All the time. <laughs> shout out. Shout out Ooh. them. In a red truck. You know, that's big back. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Put a lot of stuff. That's right. Couple <laughs> duffel bags worth. Yep. Yep. Trash bags. Be, let's do it. I'll be a drug trafficker for you across state lines. That's oh, what we're saying thank, right you. Now. You. thank you. Thank you. Be is, yes. is that what you're setting up here live on TV? No, okay, we clipped cool. it. Yeah, listen, we'll mute that. Richard Good, mute that whole yeah, thing. Get rid of it. <laughs> Say the F word, AJ. Quick. But here in Indiana, it is only like an hour and a half left to Illinois. I think hour and a half north to Michigan and an hour east to yeah. Ohio. So Indiana, you know. If you would just like to maybe join in, come on, what do we do? We are surrounded yeah. right now, <laughs> yeah. and everywhere is maybe more conservative than us has it okayed around the entire thing. We just got cold beer on Sundays like four years ago. True. So Big it's going to be difficult, I think, to potentially get marijuana to pass. But nonetheless, don't want to be described as mid in that. Uh, no, no, don't no. ever want to be. Nobody's trying to win the midi whenever it comes Mm-mm. to marijuana. There is a company called oh, yeah. Par that we learned about <laughs> where they're shooting Par. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're we, but nobody wants mid. This is a mid award that you want. Mm-hmm. You want to win a midi. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the first ever PMS midis. Yeah! Woo! Let's go with Defensive Rookie of the Year. These three men have certainly taken the adult league by storm. Mm-hmm. They were good enough to make the graphic. Were they good enough to win it? Nope. Congrats to Witherspoon, Branch, and Will Anderson for having phenomenal starts to their NFL careers. But the winner of the first ever midi, the defensive rookie of the year, through nine and a half weeks in one day is... Boom! The Rhino! Jalen Carter of the Philadelphia Eagles! Congrats, Jalen! You did it! Woo! I don't know what all you uh, you really have on the mantle at home, Jalen. A couple national championships and everything sure, like yeah. that. Mm. and You're going to have some defensive MVPs. You are the first ever MIDI award winner. And I'll tell you what, AJ, this is just the first award of many for this particular fella. 
Oh, yeah. How many sacks do you think he ends the season with? I'll say nine. It's not just sacks either. It's also pressures. Right. Disruption. Disruption. He disrupts the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Everything. And the way adults that have been in the NFL for 10 years are talking about him is like, this dude doesn't even know yet, really what he's doing <laughs> and he's just better than everybody so congrats to all four young men on this graphic but more specifically congrats to the georgia bulldog jalen carter i went first ever meeting wow well done. congrats hey you can take an nft photo of this if you want to hang it on the fridge jalen that's right right now <laughs> all right one-on-one though that's right nobody else take it lucky now it is time for the second ever midseason PMS MIDI offensive rookie of the year. Is it Puka Nakua? Ooh. Is it Jameer Gibbs? What? Maybe. Hell yeah. Bijan Robinson's got the people talking. Yes, he does. Because how he's been able to play. There's been some Skycam footage. These three men were good enough to be finalists, but they were not the winner. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the offensive rookie of the year MIDI, just nine and a half weeks into the season, is. CJ Stroud. Yeah. Oh. Woo. This is one of the easiest ones of all time. Yeah. Yep. This dude's unconscious. Light yes. Up. It yep. makes no sense how he is this good at the football. He's dapping up LeBron James, obviously. Mm -hmm. Just a couple Ohio Staters Course. doing their yep. thing. 14 tuds, one interception, 2,270 pass yards. And what he has been able to do so quickly is absurd whenever you think about the state of the Houston Texans before he started playing for him. Now, the first pick, or I'm sorry, the second pick and the third pick, Will Anderson yeah. on defense side, also up for a midi. Yeah, hey, that's a big good. deal. So Casario is hitting on these draft picks early. But what CJ has done through these nine games, not only is it offensive rookie of the year worthy, it should be maybe on another mini graphic, Whoa. but we're just going to give this award here, AJ. Okay. Oh, okay. I think the one interception is the most impressive of all this. Obviously, everything CJ has done this year has been great, but yeah, only turning the ball over one time through the air is crazy. Yeah, but remember that 2 7000 test that he was dumb. Yeah, yeah he's still oh, real yeah. dumb. They said, don't that put test still happening? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we will see. They told him, they told us, don't put him on the MIDI. No. Because his brain is below MIDI. Yeah. Sure. That's what they were saying going into the third. They were bad. saying, and no one's talking about it. The pick he threw, I believe the Texans forced a fumble and got the ball back on the interception as well. So, like, is it really even a pick? I mean, they, did, on purpose, they didn't actually lose smart. the ball. So, Congrats on second ever MIDI being distributed, CJ Straub. Take a photo, hang it in a locker. Mm -hmm. You don't just hand these out. Ever. You got to earn these, AJ. You got to earn the MIDI. <laughs> Screenshot your NFT, CJ. How about it? Yeah, right now. That's different than the last one. Last yeah, one was yeah. thumbs yep, up. Make right. sure we have a different yeah, face yeah. over there, AJ. Uh, <laughs> now it's time to get past the rookies and go into the vets of the game. Okay. Elder statesman. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the third media defensive player of the year. Whoa. Thus far into it. Miles Garrett, friend of the program all of a sudden. Okay, he certainly made the graphic because he has been a terror. Yes, he has. He's causing delay of games with double teams floating back and forth right. on the line of scrimmage. Saying, we got to block this guy. We got to block this guy. Well, we can't snap the ball. We don't have to block him. You're right. Maybe delay a game all the way out of here before we can just punt it back there. TJ, what? he's on the way to breaking the single season sack record now. He only got one this past week. Yikes. And we thought maybe he'd get more. Sure. But we assume he's going to continue to wreck games. He's on a mini graphic. He's playing great football. And then Michael Parsons, this dude is an actual lion. Yes. Yeah. He says he's barking and roaring at people. That's right. Celebrating. Seems like Dallas Cowboys are all the way back. These three guys are incredible. So good. They were nominated for a mini. Didn't win it, though. Who's defense player of the year, mini? 
Boom! Max Crosby to Condor! Wow! wow. Look at how many tackles he has. Look at how many Micah has. Absurd. Look how many TJ has. Look how many Miles has. And then look how many tackles Max Absurd. Crosby has. 56 tackles, obviously nine and a half sacks, one forced fumble. Everything he's got popping off is impressive. He plays every single snap. Now, I'm not saying Miles wouldn't. Miles is in good enough shape to do that. TJ won, he would. Uh, I think Mike is not happy. We actually asked him about the rotation on defensive line. This dude plays every single snap. So that might be why his stats are where they are. But who cares? 56 tackles. This guy's a game record game winner. Congrats to Max Crosby with two X's. A.J. Hawk winning the defensive player of the year. Mitty, 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 Mitty. I mean, I, the more I watch Max, Max, the more impressed I am with him. Also, we don't even have on there pressures and QB hits. You, you add that into the equation. That's, that's that. I mean, this dude is affecting well, every single play, it seems like. The issue with the pressures is that is really a judgment call. Yes, uh-huh. it is. You look yeah, at one, very you, subjective. You yeah. look at one stack company, you're like, this guy has 172 pressures. And you look at the other <laughs> place, and they're like, 41. He has 41. <laughs> okay. It's like, all right, well, who's, who's given – Credit to who then have to really take it into account. Congrats to all four men being nominated for the defensive player of the mid-year mm-hmm. with a midi here, but only one can take it. Now let's go to offensive player of the oh, mid-year. NFT, oh. NFT, NFT. Oh yeah, oh, sorry, Max, 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 Max. Go back to the Max. You give away the offense. Screenshot, Max. <laughs> That's a close one, yeah. Boom. I want that one. One on one, nobody yeah, else has Dibs, I'm no. a, I'm a buy. I respect that. I'm biased. I respect that we all get very quiet when they're screenshotting, just in case you know some sound slips through other. Well, because some NFTs have sound, right? A little That's sound right. A lot of seriously. Yep. That's only one on one. Congratulations, yeah, Max. Let's okay. go to the offensive players of the Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Jeez. AJ Brown. Holy hell. Stud. Chase. Whoa. 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 These guys are players. You put a ball in their hand, good things happen. Yep. They've proven that. Yep. Not good enough to be a mini winner. No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe end of year, boys, but not the middle of the uh, season because the mini award winner for offense player of the year goes to... Boom! Tyreek Hill throws the deuces now. The Miami Dolphins haven't been able to beat anybody that's good. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Haven't been able to beat anybody with a winning record. That is certainly a narrative. But whenever the deuces are flying and he's jumping up into the crowd, it's some of the most electrifying, awesome football to watch. And he has clearly been a full organization changer for the Miami Dolphins whenever he got signed to a massive contract. Congrats to Tyreek Hill. How about a midi, Gumpy? Huh? Yeah. How about a midi right. for the oh. Dolphins? Here we go, Cheetah. Here we go, Cheetah. Are you guys going to get it back or what's going on? No, everything's fine. I mean, we're top of the AFC East. Let's relax. Yeah, yeah happy. What people are saying happy. about Tua right now. Yeah, yeah people are saying Not it. good. Saying he chokes in the big games. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, he didn't choke. Ty, when he put why it, are you saying that? Came Dwayne? back against Baltimore last year. Didn't choke then. Yeah. I mean, he's well, done it before. Championship. That's pre jujitsu too. I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying it. I've said that ever since Tua got the sweet ass tribal arm sleeve, that he is a completely different Bingo. guy. But a lot of people are saying that. Okay, we're just reporting the news. That's right. Exactly. And what all we the, can report is that Cheetah has won a midi. What were you going to say, Gump? Just all the bad teams that we've been beating have beat good teams, too. That is also a narrative no one's talking about. It is true. Okay. Patriots beat the Bills. You can only beat who's in front of you. And we're top of the AFC East. True. Damn right. Third favorite to win the AFC East at the start of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And? Now we're at the top. And? Still at the top nope. with and a midi for Cheetah. Boom! Got a mini in the locker room. Yeah. Screenshot Tyreek for NFT. Ah. One of one, please. That's the award. That's Good all we got. Effect. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Coach of the Year, shall we? Ooh, okay. okay. These yeah. three coaches certainly have done incredible. 
MCDC, wow. Tamika, what he's been able to do with the Houston Texans, holy hell. Kevin O'Connell, just within the last week or so, he got a quarterback four days before the game, had to explain the plays to the quarterback on there, beat a very good football team. Oh, yeah. Kevin O'Connell is obviously phenomenal on this particular program, as is D'Amico, and we've had MCDC on in years past. We're big fans of all these guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We would love for them to coach our team anytime. Yes. Now, I have Shane Steichen, and he was almost up here just because he is uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Artie. But none of these guys were able to win Coach of the Mid-Year because the winner of the Coach of the Mid-Year, the winner of the Mini is... Obviously, they're 8-1. Duh. Okay? They're at the top of the NFC, and he is phenomenal. Now, Coach, I didn't know if you knew that you were up for a midi, but you have won a midi. You're on a bye week. How's the Chick-fil-A? How's the world's sexiest man, Jason Mm -hmm. Kelsey? And how's the midi feel going into your office? Well, the midi feels unbelievable because, like you mentioned, if I could dunk the midi in Chick-fil-A sauce with my daughter, I would absolutely do that. I love Jason. He's people's sexiest man. Uh, I Patrick Dempsey is not the sexiest man, okay? He's not sexier than me. He's definitely not sexier than Jason. Uh, I should have won Coach of the Year last year. I kind of said that to you guys last year and before the season. It's bullshit. I didn't win. I don't know if people uh, just love to hate me, maybe, because you know I was dogging people and doing that face right in front of the camera whenever we were beating the hell out of somebody in the playoffs. But, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly accept the midi, and maybe you know, come end of the year I will finally get that Coach of the Year that I have so rightfully deserved for the last couple of years. AJ, how about how humble Coach Sirianni mm-hmm. is in accepting a midi? I thought this might be the one that really makes him get real arrogant because you win a midi, you're the first ever coach to win a midi. That could do something for a guy like Sirianni. Resume. Yeah, I was surprised to hear Coach today, you know, being humble and, and kind of putting it back on his players and, and, and really, I don't know, I feel like he needs to start feeling himself a little bit and really publicly start letting us know exactly what he feels like inside. Well, yeah, I mean, I could have said that we lost our OC and DC. Both those guys got jobs, and a lot of guys are saying that our current OC basically is like a five-year-old playing mad, and that's what people on the internet are saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's why he's our OC. But, uh, yeah, you could you could say that I'm maybe I don't know, got my hands in a few more things, maybe doing a little bit more around the facility this year. But, again, it's not about me. It's you about, taping ankles, Coach? Uh, if I need to. If I need to, I will. I mean, I you know, do I love to do that on game days? Not exactly, but you know, if I notice our trainer maybe isn't doesn't have the right technique, right form, yeah, I will absolutely go in and say that's my ankle now. Okay, I'm doing this one, Coach. Uh, I don't know if you saw. There's a video going around in coaching circles, uh, around the internet circles, of Bill Belichick walking out of a house shirtless. We don't know what he was doing in that house. Just didn't we do know he's jacked. Though. Taking the yeah, trash out. I don't know no, if that. you if you had any inside information uh, if coaches are talking about this or not. No, I mean we would not disrespect Coach Belichick like that. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do in his off time. I and mean, what are you can sue the guy because he's maybe crushing box on a weekend. I mean, <laughs> Thank that's, you. That, that's Thank neither you. here nor there. That's not really any of them. <laughs> Any of my business, per se. He was on a a dad and son's trip. It's about time. Well, and again, you know, I I see a couple of these, you know, kind of cars down here. Who who says Bill's not going over there, popping the hood up and, you know, changing out a spark plug for Steve or something like that so he can get back into town. Do you have a farmer's tater that? I got a text from uh, Paul Paps that said, that video's from the summer. 
Look at the green trees in the background. Investigative journalism at an all-time high. Yeah. He's from Vermont, I believe. He's uh -huh. up in the New England area. But anyways, if that's from this past summer, you know, I'm happy to hear Bill's doing his thing. And I'm happy him and the kids are having a nice Airbnb. Yeah. That's right. And we definitely know what was going on during the summer, so it probably was the case. But uh, one of his close friends, oh, no. uh, Matt Patricia, you know, he's coaching for the Eagles. And I don't know if you heard, Coach, but uh, Jalen Carter. Another eagle also won a midi. Pretty big deal. You guys have two in one season. Has Patricia wow. contributed to Jalen Carter and the midi success? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Coach Patricia, very good at kind of setting the uh, you know like the buffet schedule for what we're going to eat. He's he's very good about you know picking certain certain meals. He always brings me my coffee early in the morning, wow. which I absolutely love. <laughs> coach Patricia, he he's a hell of a football coach. AJ, what the hell's going on? He's an even better assistant. I mean, I thought he got locked out of the uh, facility a couple times because he forgot his keys. And yeah, wallet. he you know, he loses his what? wallet, loses his key fob once a bit, but that's just Matt. You know, we understand that's going to be you know, we usually, <laughs> I leave a little doorstop next to the door he usually comes in so that he can slide in when he needs to. Perfect. Thank you, Coach. A rock with a key in it. Congrats. Matt. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. The hide the keys. I got a couple hide the keys. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Hey, congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And now for coach, for you to take home, we got to do a uh, NFT. Mm. Coach, screenshot oh, yeah, this, coach. <laughs> all these have been That's different. One, yes, they have. Yeah. All these have been different. <laughs> one on one, all of them. Mm -hmm. And now it all That's comes down to this. Wow. Just like Laney Wilson, one entertainer of the year Hell last yeah. night. Congrats, she Doc. said, I love you, Doc. Love you, Duck. Love you, Duck. Great Miss fit, duck. duck. Make sure everyone registers to vote. Yeah, you. She, she said for nine years she's been grinding out. She did 186 shows in the last year. She said that Holy is a lot. Hell, hell of a super southern accent. Mm -hmm. When I heard her, great draw. very great, very very southern accent. She told a whole story about when she was nine years old. That's whenever she got her first guitar, and that's the first time she took a trip to Nashville with her dad, and how it's been nine years that she's been working for this, and she got this, and it was like really emotional. And then she dropped a. Love, you, Love duck. you, Duck. And I was like, hell yeah, Duck. Unreal. Did you see how cool Duck looked last night at this entire thing? They were matching, right? I believe they had a kind of yeah. a matching situation. Hell uh -huh. yeah, Duck. Now, now listen, Duck. Just like Travis Kelsey, you're representing the entire NFL. That's right. Mm -hmm. You treat her right, Duck. That's right, Duck. Like Duck has been. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's going down to Argentina. Yes, Ooh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's going to her game. On, what? On a Friday before the game or? No. Bye week, Tony. Tony. Just make sure. Yeah. Hold on to Doug. She, she's going to his game? Not in Germany. She didn't travel. <laughs> what is your problem? She what? didn't travel internationally. <laughs> what? <laughs> talking to Tony. She put together a party to watch the game. Oh, but did she travel internationally? No. Is Travis traveling internationally? Yes. Who loves who more? Well, he's a gentleman, just like we're saying with Duck. Yes. Exactly. Football is representing wonderfully out there in pop culture. Mm -hmm. Getting shout-outs and Entertainer of the Year, CMA. Right. Obviously a part of a greatest tour in the history of businessing tours. $4.1 billion. That's right. <laughs> hey, football's doing it. Keep going, football. But just like Entertainer of the Year was the last award last night, and that's the one that really matters, this one right here is the one that really matters. Who is the MIDI award-winning MVP? Wow. Is it Patrick Mahomes? It's not. He was a finalist. He would deserve an award for everything that he does, though, I must say. Of course. Lamar Jackson, holy hell. Wait until you see some stats we have here later in the hour yeah. about how Lamar's playing right now. He's already won an MVP. He's playing better. Mm -hmm. Tua, listen. What happened in Germany, yeah. we need to not remember. That's right. Germany. Ball was slick. Things happen.
Okay, that's just the way it goes. Two will bounce back. He's seen adversity before. He's been playing incredible football. That's quarterback of the greatest show on turf, 2.0. Absolutely. Not good enough to win the midi, though. No. Ladies and gentlemen, the MVP. Midi Award winner is... Boom! It pays to be 8-1. Coach of the year and MVP. Jalen Hurts has won like 25 of 27 regular season games or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're 8-1 right now. Has he been playing the greatest football every single snap to start the season? No. Has he played like he has played? He played in the playoffs every single game to start this year? No. Has their offense looked the same? No. But are they 8-1? and one? Mm-hmm. And is he dom? Yes. Yep. Jalen Hurts wins our MIDI MVP, even though he might not necessarily have played the best football every single snap out of the four finalists. He is a leader, and since he has become the guy for the Philadelphia Eagles, all they've done is seemingly win. I love watching him continue to grow, especially after getting a massive contract. And congrats on winning a midi, Jalen. Hey, Jay, how about Jalen getting a hang of midi on the uh, on the kitchen on on the? Yeah, fridge? how about it? I, I'm I'm uh, curious to see how this plays out the rest of the year to see if he can hold on to this thing and actually get the MVP at the end of the season. Well, I don't know how the midis are going to do at the end of the year because it will two mm-hmm. midis, I guess we'll say. Yeah. yeah. yeah what do we yeah. call it? What do we call them then? If you win the midi the and foolies. you don't win the final, foolies. what happens? Uh, it's a foolies. It's foolies. Yep. Foolies. Yeah, because we start the dankies. The, dankies, yeah. The dankies. Oh, yeah. That would be a marijuana. Fire. Over Once again, congrats to Ohio doing everything. Anyways, Jalen, that's your NFT screenshot. You did it. Put it on the fridge. Congratulations to you. Boys, did we get anything wrong there, Connor, or what? No, I don't think we got anything wrong. Probably just some guys that are making a push right now, like Burrow. Like Bur- Burrow's making a pretty strong push Burrow's now. never going to be up for the middies, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think he's yeah. a midi guy. No, he's not. Mm-mm. And some guys aren't going to be like some horses in horse racing. Mm-hmm. They're terrible at the beginning, exactly. but then they go on to become closers, which is, I guess, what you would want for the Super Bowl and playoffs and everything. We're talking about the middies here yeah. more specifically sure. because that's what we're debuting today. A lot of people are slow starters. That's just kind of how it doesn't mean you're a slow, slow finisher, though. He is not a slow finisher, and I became a huge fan of Joe Burrow this week. I think I, I saw or heard. Um, on the Sunday night game that he goes to bed at 7 p.m. during the season, which I love. I respect the hell out of that. And then he told Ohio State, hey, quit trying to claim me. I'm not yours. You guys stink. I'm an LSU guy. Stay out of my life. That was awesome. Great transition, Tone. Let's talk about Joe Burrow talking about how Ohio State's review him. And I think this revolves around like C.J. Stroud, greatest Ohio State quarterback in the NFL conversation that's taking place. And then there's a little bit of a asterisk mm-hmm. because remember – Joey B was there in Columbus for a bit. Here's Joe Burrow talking about it. Does Ohio State claim you as a quarterback in the NFL should they? I don't know. You have to ask them. Do you feel like they should? I always say I, I went to school at Ohio State and I played football at LSU. That's how I think about it. AJ, as Ohio State legend, is he viewing it accurately? And should Ohio State alum claim him? Is that what's taking place? I think both both uh, schools can and will claim him, but he's he's right. He went to school at Ohio State and he played football at LSU, so he can't. Either way, he's if he wants to say, "Oh yeah, no, Ohio State can claim me," that's where I'm at. Like, then all the LSU people can be pissed. Like what, he's answering it the right way, I believe. Okay, but how about Ohio State people? You think them claiming Joey B is the right move? Oh yeah, I mean they can say, "Hey, he was here for a couple years. We had him. He had, he didn't really get on the field too much." But yeah, they will say he's an Ohio State guy. So do you say you say, hey, that's Ohio yeah, State? Yeah, he played football at LSU and he went to Ohio State for a little bit. 
Okay. I don't really get caught up in all the minutia and the garbage of the oh, situation. Okay, all the minutia. Okay. I don't think anyone should sit there. No Ohio State people should be like, oh, no, he, Joey needs to claim Ohio State only. That's it. Like, no, I would never do that. Yeah, he's saving the city of Cincinnati, so he's doing enough for Ohio already, even though Ohio State refused to put the white kid in the, on the field. Right. That's what I heard. I heard it said because he's so stupid and white, they wouldn't play him. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Urban. They said we're never going to play an Ohio kid who's stupid and white like nah, this guy. Look at his that. stupid hair. That's what they said. Oh. Is that what was being said? That's why he didn't get on the field? This is the first I'm hearing anything like that. But I'll keep my ears open. All right. Let us know. Let us know. Allegedly, Herbs Herbs (laughs) asked him to go to the chop house one night. And Joe went with him. But he said, all right, Joe, time for the dance floor. And Joe said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't be going on the dance. That Mm -hmm. year that he had at LSU... So stupid. Played the year before that wasn't as great. Then, then he Coach goes, O too. Coach O's there now. He's gone. Like it come boom. Like it was. It was quick. And then Brian Kelly's bringing it back. Yeah, that's right. Brian Kelly's bringing it back. Family. Now it is about the family. And I will say, I would have a Southern accent quicker than Brian Kelly. You drop me. In oh yeah. There. Especially mm-hmm. with how the Louisianans speak. Down mm-hmm. there. Sweet. They they are very. They have a very Southern accent. Oh, it yeah. is phenomenal to hear, especially whenever they get very excited. But yeah, it, Joey B being on that Ohio State team is wild. It's wild. But that entire quarterback room yep. is just also like, boom, yeah. boom 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 boom. And that's what happens when you're Ohio State, I guess. You know, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. We got Garrett Green and Nico. Uh-huh. You guys killed BYU. Killed. Say it again, AJ. We did. You guys annihilated BYU. You must have got the bunk bed set up the night before. Well, I would like to say we are being told that that might not be true. What? From who? So I think the people that are being accused of doing the soaking are potentially saying – that ain't real. Uh, They're embarrassed. But it is a thing. It's not real, but they know what we're talking about. They certainly know what we're talking about, but I do believe their angle, what's the angle? Their angle is that this might be somebody else trying to make them look bad for doing this because it's something that is believable, you know, and they're saying, yeah, I could see how that would make sense with the way we live, but it's not true. Like, they're just making it up. Now, with that being said... We've heard from a couple suckers themselves. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's We're right. out there in Utah. This might be a new generation thing. Why this would they be- deny it? You know how cool soaking is? You know how much less work that is? That'd be awesome. Sounds like I've been soaking my whole life. Yeah. yeah. That's all I do is soak. <laughs> Movement. What I don't are we even talking know you're about? allowed to use your head. <laughs> Excuse me? So they got people underneath? That's smart. I need to start doing that. Hey, Mikey Diggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start kicking this entire thing. Ryan Smith was awesome yesterday, AJ. I, I wish oh, you were yeah. here to experience him. Mm-hmm. He's 44 years old. He should not be the way he is. Weapon. Yeah. And you mentioned it too. Like when we went to the Pacers, no one has a clue who he is. Yeah. So I was, uh, he basically set, a, set us up to go to the Pacers game yeah. last night. Pacers are awesome. Really good at basketball. I have not seen the Pacers play basketball in a long time. This dude, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, is like the guy for the Pacers. He's a showman. Stud. He's a sh- not only how, much, he- how many did they score? I know Ryan was worried they're going to score a bunch. I think 135 to like 115. Okay. We've been scoring. The Pacers have been scoring over 120 like all the time. Yeah, I think it's a good brand for- of basketball. It's a fun brand to watch. I agree with that. And Halliburton, the guy, he is a showman. Stud. Mm-hmm. We're talking like no look, no look passes. And then, like, this number here, while the guy, like, in the middle of the court, there was a time where these refs were chit-chatting about uh, making a, a review or changing a call, and it was during a free throw, and an outcome happened from the refs that nobody in the building thought was going to happen, which was another jump ball, and it definitely benefited the Pacers. And as soon as Halliburton heard the refs say that real loud, great call, great, <laughs> he did not expect, it was like, 
They were a fun team to watch. And on the flip side, sitting directly next to the owner of the Utah Jazz, while the Utah Jazz are kind of going through it right now. Big time. They have not had a lot of success since maybe the time we were out in Utah watching him play Mm -hmm. against the Clippers. Like, watching him live and die pretty much with every series because all he wants is the Jazz to be good. Are they rebuilding? I don't know where they're at. Are they in a rebuild mode or what is Mm -hmm. it? I think they're really trying to figure it out, yeah. I I think they're in the middle of trying to figure it all out. But then – also, because he's he said it yesterday, like we're a media company, and he feels whenever they're hosting a game there in Salt Lake, it's like his duty to basically put on a show for all the Salt Lake people that come. So all we were talking about, a lot of it was like what was happening in the arena mm-hmm. during the entire thing, which. you know, which I can't help. That's immediately what I do, just like, oh, okay, I like that we chose to do this. I like that we chose to do this. Why, what, who's benefiting from this? Like that. that, watching him like kind of break down stuff and then the team was really cool. We're very thankful for him and everything. He, he was cool on the show yesterday. Very awesome. Dude's a multi billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Great golfer, too. Great yeah. golfer. Peppered those greens back there. Good, didn't hit one in, though. Didn't put one in. <laughs> yeah. It's tough to put one in there. You got to bounce it just right, I feel like. Also, the Indiana winds were howling. Mm-hmm. Was that a real Ooh. shot you guys mm-hmm. popped up of the wind? Yeah. I mean, not, you don't have like a live streaming camera out there. You should, though, like a weather station. Well, we actually did yesterday because there was potentially a thought of him going out there and hitting it live, but didn't mm-hmm. want to do a dance monkey thing to a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Yeah>, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we just chose it. Yeah, he hit like, let's say he hit 50 balls. He was he was within four or five feet a bunch of times. It's only the width of the entire green, ten feet there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if tiny, you, yeah, yeah. He, he had to be pretty close. He was so consistent too, and he was. Uh, you can see all these other ones. He said he's a two, right? Too. Yeah, it was a very funny thing because with the way the jet stream was, if you hit it high, it was gonna. It was probably a forty yard draw, like right to left. If you hit it high, it was gonna move a lot. If you hit it low, it was only like a ten yard thing. So he started peppering like stingers in there, started flopping them up high. He was like, Oh, this guy, actual golfer. Yeah. Couldn't hit a whole one though. Mm-hmm. Ain't that right, Foxy? That's right. Even though he went for the hundred yarder, which is much tougher than the seventy five yarder. Well, you know, you that out. Yeah. Hey Ryan, <laughs> thank you for the hospitality. Thank you, guys, for the pace. Hour three of this program will continue on YouTube and ESPN+. Plus. Big shout-out to Saban. Big shout-out to Charles Woodson. Jeff Munkin joins us in the next hour. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. We'll see you tomorrow. Whoa. Boom. Oh, yeah. Came out of nowhere. So you're, you, when you knock it out of the park here, you're swinging left-handed. When you took BP a couple weeks ago, it was right-handed, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think it feels better here. Mm-hmm. Your switch hitter, but your power side is the right side, I guess. Yeah, my body reacts better though here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. body reacts better. A lot more wood on it mm-hmm. when I'm going yeah. this way. You know, this way it's a lot of slapping. More of a contact guy. Sure. A lot of slapping. I'm like each row. Even yeah. I saw him put one 462 the other day. Oh, yeah. Each row, you say he could hit a homer every time if he wanted to, but he's fucking hitting for average out there. When, when a home run count as a hit? Well, it would, but, you know, I mean, solo dingers, like, if you got big bats behind you, we need to get on base. So isn't he the big bat, then, if he hits a home run every time? <laughs> no, because he's batting leadoff. So his job isn't to hit a homer every time. It's to get on base. But if you had a guy who could hit They a wouldn't run, be upset, though. They wouldn't be upset with a homer. No, they wouldn't. Ichiro never said that. That's what people who played with him said. Like, hey, if Ichiro wanted to hit a homer every time, he probably could. Whoa. I don't understand baseball. What are we doing? I don't, I don't Man, I know. I just don't get it. <laughs> I well, don't like, just just let let the guy hit fourth if he's gonna hit fifty dingers. He's a the year. big bat. Yeah, all of a sudden nothing he's wrong the- with slapping the ball the other way. Boom. Oh, uh, what do you want, bunts, Grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're not getting up singles. Eight hundred on base percentage will do, my friends. Is that Ichiro? 
Oh yeah, eight hundred. I was unbelievable. Did they ever come close to win the World Series when he was there? No. They won 116 games and lost in the first round to the Yankees. Sorry for letting you know, AJ. Yeah, relax. Oh, no, I'm saying regular season means nothing. We know that. No, he was adding on to your stat. Uh, He wasn't bullshitting your stat. I wasn't. I wasn't knocking you down, Goop. You know that. Yeah. He'll pick you back up. Mm-hmm. Like a real hawk. Hey, we know you lowered the standards for your Dolphin squad, too, and you're going to be happy with just a playoff berth, it sounds like. That's right. <laughs> Look at you. Just worry about the Packers, AJ. How they doing? Whoa. I don't know. Not that great right now, Drew. <laughs> yeah, there you I'm go. I'm not sitting here. I'm not, I didn't lower my standard like you did for your squad. When did I ever lower my standards? When he said, oh, we're pretty happy, though, at 5-3 and three or whatever they were. When I said, said I was happy at the top of the AFC East. I don't see a problem with he that. He said, I got a lot of relief syndrome over here, guys. <laughs> Miss Terry. Miss Terry, part of the problem. Gumpy, another one. Hockey and gum going at it today was not on my big go card. I'm a gumping JJ. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. That's a nice little oh, rivalry that is we good got. That is in the bud a little yeah. Yeah. rivalry. That's good. We got to send you guys to a game. Oh, that'd be oh, great. Yes. You and JJ, and you're just going, what do we do? They got a tough schedule coming up. We got Arsenal this weekend. Then they got international oh, break, and then they got West Ham. International break. Like, none of their players are playing international, right? No, no. chance. No, they should be fresh. That's good. They're going to buy they yeah. two okay. bodies. Yeah. Right in the international break two weeks? Yes, sir. Okay, so he's he's got – they got two bye weeks coming up. Let's figure out how to play soccer. Come on, Vince. I mean, Burnley couldn't beat Toronto FC right now. Like, I think they might be a mid-tier MLS team, so I don't know why we have these great uh, expectations of grandeur like they're going to go win the Premier League. Mike, We're JJ, trying to yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. win the Clarence just got to get out of the bottom three. I mean, that's all you have to do. You just have to Clarence. stay in the Premier League. Charrots? Yeah. Clarence. Well, until they win, Carrots? who cares? Like the jug. Clarets, C L A R E T S. Clarets. His name's Clarets. <laughs> Got some real nice pants. Mm. Who won the Care About Cup? Still going on. Still happening. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Are you me? Oh, you want to talk a little soccer real quick? Sure. New England Revolution, dead. Yeah. Not alive. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Let me just say. What a season by the boys. I mean, no one had us going to the playoffs. Everyone thought oh, the Revs can't the Revs can't run it back and go to the MLS Cup. There's no way. And here we were just doing what we do. <laughs> yeah. in the Philadelphia. Yeah. In the Phil- look, the Philly team. We talk about tough barns sometimes. You go play soccer in Philly, you think that they get rowdy for Eagles games. <laughs> you should see what Philly FC's fans do because they, they get wild. The Union, the Philadelphia Union. I said it, it to you in the answer. <laughs> so I know I forgot what you said. Oh, because you were just getting so ramped up yeah, about yeah. how rompous of an atmosphere it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, and how proud of the boys I am. Well, and Tony Miola was on the call too, so the rest yeah, probably got a little nervous. Yeah. yeah, well, absolutely. How could you not? When Tony Miola is speaking for your game, it's kind of like <laughs> playing in front of Al Michael and God himself. Because that's who Tony Mule is in the MLS world. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Thursday Night Football, when you say Al Michael and God, because <laughs> yeah. anytime Al Michael's on the mic, we assume God isn't far away. Amen. True. Yeah. You know, that's kind of... And yeah. a great tie. Do you believe in miracle? Well, no tie last week. Boy, yeah, if, if he doesn't yeah. this week, Lombardi might jump off the you know boardwalk in Jersey. There's a nice pier there. You could probably find him. Beautiful mm-hmm. A couple shocks. Yeah, a couple shocks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They got shocks out there. Shocks, mm-hmm. Scary shocks. Northeast shocks live in the cold water, so they're a little bit more mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. That's what they say. Colder yep. blood, too. You know what I'm saying, AJ? Are they more mean, or is it... I know the water is less clear, right? So it's tough. That's yeah, it. so yeah. bad... Yeah, it's yeah. foggy. Mm-hmm. It's colder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just start attacking surfers and different people all the time, right? Yeah, I was in North Carolina one time. Uh, Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, I think was the name. Mm-hmm. There's Atlantic Beaches everywhere because it's Atlantic Ocean, obviously. But it was in North Carolina, small little town. Yeah. 
and we go out into the water and all of a sudden you see everybody like on the thing, like mm-hmm. doing one of these numbers. That's a weird feeling. Oh, yeah, boy. I bet. You know, when you see the terrifying rolling right by you there, it's like, holy. I was out there. I was in shark infested waters. And boy, so, what'd you do? Run in? It's like, oh, just get out of there quick? Full, oh, full, yeah. we're talking. You, were you pulling old ladies back behind you so they were behind you and you were in front? I was, no, I was no hero that day, but there was not a lot of people in the water, I will say. There was not a lot of people in the water. We were one of the only people out there because uh, we were doofuses. One of Angelo, my friend Angelo, he used to stay out there and try to swim with him. I'm like, you're bold move. Punch in the, was he going to punch it in the nose and stab his eyeball? Isn't that what mm-hmm. people try to That's do? I assume that was the mindset, but. You can't see. It's uh, the water is foggy, yeah. so you you have no idea what you're punching. You could be punching a, only clear water. Yeah, you got to drag that shark, drag him on the beach, and get him where you have the advantage. Don't don't go in deep waters with him. Yeah, that's yeah. where I, I was heading back. I was. You want a piece of me? Mm-hmm. I'm going back. Come here. on, come get it. But as I was running to the place to fight the shark, yeah, yeah. not yeah. from the yeah, shark, sure. I was trying to. I was trying to be as big as possible. Yep. The meetup mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, that's how you got. Like, do hey, it. meet me at the woods at three. We're gonna fight. Like back in the day. Yeah, hey, meet you me on the beach, bud. Thrashing around wildly in the water. Yeah, I was trying to be as loud as big as... That's exactly what you want to do when a shark is If you're getting out, you I didn't know if it was a brown bear or a black bear. True, true. Right? Because if it's a It's a hammerhead. You're supposed to stay... Mm -hmm. Act dead. Mm -hmm. And in other ones, you're supposed to... Ah, I didn't know if I was supposed to... That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to... you know what I mean? Which, uh, so which shark species do I play dead for in the water? Tiger heads. sharks. They are notoriously mean and very aggressive. Who? Tiger sharks. Are they in uh, North Carolina, potentially? Oh, uh, yeah. You might have seen one or two. Whatever, yeah. They yeah. only like humans that are alive? Uh, fat ones, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. So just, <laughs> just float face down. <laughs> 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 that was so dumb. Jesus. Speaking of not fat... That Bill Belichick video is disgusting. He did push-ups on the bottom of that stoop I saw in the extended video. I don't know why people were saying this. Did you see the dips he did at the top of the steps, too, when he He came back up? He was doing an outdoor workout. I do not like that this was released, but since it was, we have to talk about... He's just looking for the paper. That's all he's doing. He's got the back of the rock. Yeah, he's a unit. This dude's 70-plus years old. He just eyeballed a guy on the deck next door. he turns his back there, why do he smell his fingers? (laughs) You know why. Come on. You know why. He's so what? Where does it go from there? He's about to pick that car up, I think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's about to save some babies from a burning fire. Well, it's 100%. a Make-A-Wish event. Right. Yep. Yes. People forget, you know. <laughs> Doesn't have to just be terrible things all the time, all the time. Ooh. You know what I mean? Big breath. Big, deep breath. <laughs> That's because it was that New England era. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that. And plus, there are multiple Make-A-Wish events, you know, in Massachusetts, yeah. especially when Belichick's around. Well, they say you, you said it was in Rhode Island. Yeah, or Rhode Island, wherever the hell it was, you know. Because he makes wishes. Will you, come New through. England people, please get your story straight? Well, I'm still trying to figure out where it, it, it was. We know it wasn't this week, but it's 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 kind of trying to narrow it down because in Nantucket he's got quite the property, and there are not neighbors that close, so you can kind of rule out Nantucket unless, unless you know he did an away game, which again Belichick on, <laughs> on the road just as impressive at home, but. Yep. I mean, you know, it, those, those like dog, he could be dog sitting for somebody, couldn't he? Be dog sitting or watching the house? Uh, someone sitting on his could be with dog. his kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, like raw dog. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Take care. That's oh, what we're saying. That's, that's not what we're saying. True. I never yeah. thought of that. That's Dang. not what we're saying. I haven't seen the, a man leave the house in khakis with no tarp on in quite some time. Belt mm-hmm. on too. Mm-hmm. All, had to do something. Yeah. Oh, you we know? know what he was doing. We know what he was doing. Yeah, he was what? teaching the boys. Wine and Actually, nine. I think he was potentially, I don't know about that. 69. I, you're, yeah, we heard you. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure I finished it. You know that Bill slap thing that we saw? Oh, yeah. 
that's the event. The yeah. oh, yeah. that is actually yeah. what the Belichicks do. Whenever yeah. it's just the boys and Bill, yep. you know. So he was actually <laughs> teaching them mm-hmm. how to do the slap, mm-hmm. which he just he needed a little break because the boys are so young and spry and full of piss and vinegar. They were really marking him up. <laughs> that's yeah. why he was so. Because <sighs> oh. he was just getting his chest pounded. Yeah. Those yeah. were the marks on his back. I thought they looked more like scratches to me, but well, both. Okay. We're not ruling I mean, out the first one. What an invasion of privacy. This is the case. worst. We are so what mad are we doing? this is out. But now that it is, we would like to provide other stories potentially sure. for mm-hmm. Bill. Right. Yes. Let's get to a break. I like the spark plug story the best. He's changing the car. He's fixing mm-hmm. the car. Yeah. For his kid. Might have saw someone squatting. You mentioned that too. Had to go over and, you know, put Teach on 315. Yeah. He was getting a little sun. Sorry about it. Vitamin D. I thought you were supposed to be healthy. Yeah. He hates shirts. What's wrong with that? And joining us live, it's about to be a lot of this man. And the reason uh, that we saved him for the last hour is because in the last couple weeks, we've been so loaded with guests, we don't get a chance to chat with him as much now. Although we do have a guest, this dude's about to get peppered. 36 years as a football coach, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL. Coach Chuck Pagan. And joining us is a man who is the head coach of Army. And... This past weekend against Air Force, let me read off these stats. It's their first win over an AP-ranked opponent since 1972. Hell yeah. Whoa. They've beat Air Force five of the last seven. It was also Army's first win of 20-plus points versus an AP-ranked team ever. They're also moving in to a conference after this season. Ladies and gentlemen, the head football coach at Army, Coach Monkey. Yeah, Coach. Coach, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, gentlemen. That, that, that cat on that T-shirt is an Army cat taking down a Navy ship. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> I like that. I think one. I saw the Army on the collar on that. On that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cat's, a, the cat's a dog. That's right. Uh, for all intents and purposes in this particular conversation, as are you, Coach. You've been in Army, obviously, a long time. You have a massive win over Air Force. Can you talk about the program a little bit? Obviously, we're staring down going to a conference next year. How does that change things for you? And is Army able to recruit? I, I don't think I've fully understand how the military schools operate when it comes to finding talent uh, we don't have enough time probably on this show to to uh to fully dive into that but i think the move to the american is going to be good for us we've we've valued our independence for a long time here we've been able to play teams from all across the country major conferences uh, group of five conferences and and our our schedule really changes from year to year uh, and i and i think there's really an appeal to that it, it has given us a, a platform to be uh, on a national stage. We played a lot of the power, power five teams over the 10 years I've been here, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Duke, uh, I mean, Notre Dame, you name it, West Virginia, Missouri, Wisconsin. And, and that's a great experience for our players. And But it's also challenging. We played LSU two weeks ago. That's the most talented team I've ever seen in my life. So, um <laughs> Not that the Americans going to be an easy league. They got a, they got a bunch of great teams. Those are those are uh, great universities, and and we're thrilled for the opportunity to join that league. But uh, as for this season, you know, we're we're limping through a little bit. We've had a lot of success here, as you mentioned. We've won a lot of football games, and we hit a stretch this this year, and it's the toughest stretch that I've faced as the head coach here. UTSA, who won Conference USA two years in a row, Syracuse, Boston College, Troy, who won the Sun Belt last year and may win it again this year, and, and LSU, that was that's a bugger. And uh, we um, 
we had a tough stretch there, but but uh, big win this past weekend. And those academy games are unreal. That just the intensity of those rivalries and and how bad the two teams want to win. I was really proud of our team. It was a great win for us. Hell yeah! Go ahead, AJ. Coach, can, can you explain a little bit for people like I really don't have any idea. I've had friends that have played at service academies, but I know there's so many other things that your players have to deal with and they're mandatory obligations like how is it kind of navigating around that and kind of finding your schedule and when you can have the guys and when you can work with them well we're not we don't operate any different than than anybody else does really conceptually we we get meeting time with our guys lifting time with our guys practice time and and we're able to maximize the uh the hours that we're permitted what's different is all of the other stuff that our guys have going on not that other Football players don't go to school and have obligations outside of the football building. But, I mean, our guys are up every morning at 5.30 for an inspection. Uh, they've got class all morning. There's a lunch inspection that they have to be at. Uh, the, the entire Corps of Cadets lines up in, in formation before they file into the, to the mess hall for lunch. Uh, they, they typically have classes in the afternoon before they come up here. And, I mean, guys are racing to get to the bus for, you know, they got 30 minutes, which is about, uh, I guess that's about uh, a lifetime for these guys around here to have 30 minutes of time. But they they jump on the bus or they they run up the hill and they're dressed and ready to go for meetings or lift at 2.30 in the afternoon. Classes let out for them at 2. And then we hold them here for for our, our time. And, you know, it's it's a challenge. We don't get we don't get those extra hours. They don't get those extra uh, moments in the day where they can catch a nap or get treatment if they're injured and those kinds of things. So, there, I mean, there's some unique challenges. And we got guys that not only are they getting up at 530 in the morning, you know, some of them are doing survival swimmings or combatives or boxing or things like that during the course of the day before they ever make it up here for practice. So it's it's pretty unique. But, yeah, as I said, I've been here 10 years and uh, and you just kind of find your way and you figure out how to make it all work. And and it's it's really the credit goes to our players. They're they're tough and resilient, and they they figure it out. Hell yeah, they're signing up to represent the United States if we ever you know need them, and we're very grateful for that. Absolute badasses, all of them. Uh, much more courage than I could ever have. So whenever you talk about like Stanford's trying to find like Stanford guys, and like Michigan's trying to find like. Michigan guys. Now, what does that mean? I mean, uh -oh. Connor Stallion certainly <laughs> took that to a whole nother level. But whenever you're trying to find, like, guys that are going to be good Army, like, how do you recruit, like, how do you find Army guys? Because you got to be able to handle what? 5.30 a.m. every single day, you're going to be getting checked. you got to be a military, but you also have to be a good football player. How do you find that? How do you balance the recruiting? Or is it mostly the Army doing the recruiting, and then you just kind of figure out who's coming and can play football? I, I think there's a perception from some people out there that we just gather these lists from from people that are interested in joining the military or going to the army, and that that's that it's completely opposite from that. We we do our recruiting like everybody else. We try to identify players that we think can contribute to our team and play at this level and be competitive. That's number one. If if they can't, then we're not going to recruit those guys. But once we discover a guy that that uh, that we think has the ability to be able to help our football team, then we do a, a pretty deep dive into their academics. Uh, this is one of the most challenging academic schools in the country, and and the rigors here academically are 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 real. And and so you know, our guys are taking anywhere from eighteen to twenty two hours a semester, in comparison with 
you know, a lot of places where the, where the minimum is 12 and, and guys take 12 hours and which yeah. is great. Um, so our guys have a lot more on their plate, so they got to be able to handle it academically. We look for guys that are leaders, leaders in their schools, leaders in their communities, captains of their team. Um, and then I want to find a guy that's got all those, those things going for him, but I want somebody that's tough, somebody that's competitive, somebody that's a winner. And, and, and so we, we do a lot of research with high school coaches, guidance counselors, teachers, anybody that's closely related with, with those prospects and really find out if, if they're the right kind of guy for our program. And, and we feel like if they're the right guy, kind of guy for our program, then they're going to be a good fit as, as a, as a West Pointer and as an army officer. So uh, I think that the mission of this Academy and the, and the mission of our program uh, the values of, of our army and, and what we value as a football program are right in line. And, and so I, I'm, I'm really proud of the guys we've got in our program. And I'm, I'm particularly proud of seeing those guys go out and serve and seeing what they do in the army when they're, when they're done here. Yeah. Save America. Yep. Yeah. Hey, let's see if you Amen. can run, let's see if you can run a nice third and short, but also in about three years from now, we're also going to be dropping your ass in the middle of Fallujah. Need to, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Need, yeah. uh, need. need to do that thing. It's uh, I went to West Virginia. So, you know, the academics, yeah, you know, not necessarily there. Twelve hours every semester. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and move that. <laughs> but then you're also expecting these guys to potentially be able to run four fours. It's a bananas thing. You got your work cut out for you. Love the record you've been able to build down there and the teams. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, coach. With all the things you just said about the players that you get, it sounds like you just got fucking dogs across the board when it comes to your players. And obviously, to go to West Point, you have to be an absolute weapon of mass destruction just to sign that line. And I'm sure because of that, that adding in football just kind of reiterates the fact of how like committed these kids are and how much they do want to play football. Because of that, is it easier or harder to motivate the team? Because you know when you're talking about football, a lot of coaches they used to at least the ones that I played for used to kind of you know make the analogy of win every battle, you win the war, things like that. When you're talking to your players, they are actually gonna go to war so is is there is there a difference in that when you're motivating them especially when it you know you think about the other teams that you have coached for in the past our guys are tough and uh yeah and and that i really i value that in them more than anything we're not we don't ever claim to be more talented than the teams we're playing and and it doesn't mean we're void of talent we got some talented players but to to out talent another football team at the FBS level. That doesn't happen very often here. And that's just, that's just being Frank. Our guys got to be tougher. They got to be more fundamentally sound. They got to play together. They got to play their assignments and they got to battle to the end. And I, I think this place, West Point really, it, it, it forges a toughness in people that are here. And, and that, that's good. It's good for our program. But I think in our program and what we challenge our guys to do to, to take on big teams like LSU and Boston College and Ohio State and Notre Dame and ple- people like that. And, and, and our guys have battled with them. They've, we've gone toe to toe with some really great football teams. And it's, it's a toughness that's part of this, this culture in this program. And, yeah. and it, it's because of who those guys are, but the motivation really for our players comes from from the the bonds of brotherhood that they build when they're here. It's a shared experience. It's it's unlike any other college. I mean, they're going through the 5:30 a.m. inspections and the and the drills and wearing a uniform every day. They go out in the summers and part of our 
part of our summer training is they spend time in the field uh, playing army. I mean, they're they're out there and in camo and got the the stuff all over their face and they're running around shooting at bad guys and and learning to be soldiers and and leading soldiers and you sleep out in the woods for three weeks and you're eating MREs, which if you don't know what an MRE is. Oh, so good. It, so it, delicious. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a plastic bag lunch uh, and, and breakfast and dinner too. And uh, it's not easy. And nothing, nothing about this experience is easy. But West Point wasn't designed to be easy. It's, it's designed to be tough. Hell tough yeah. people to put them out and lead other tough people. The, the people that we need to do the jobs that that most of us aren't willing or able to do to defend the freedoms that we we enjoy. So uh, it's an incredible group of guys. They play really hard for each other. They, there's a genuine love and trust for each other in our locker room, and and that that motivates them. And uh, and you know they're they're also 20 year old young men. Sometimes they they need a little extra motivation, and that's why they got us. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like we're lucky we got them. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are we doing cardio today? Cardio? War. We're doing war today. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cardio. Today. Yeah, survive for the next 14 hours. Oh. Okay, we're running We're running 110s. At West <laughs> well, we're going to war today, so let's enjoy it. What a crew. What a special bunch. Last question here from Coach Chuck Pagano. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Massive respect Hi, for you and what you've done throughout your coaching career. Um, you grew Same. up in a coaching family. Uh, I did as well. I don't know if you played for your dad. I know your dad, Mike, uh, was a football coach. Uh, brother was a coach. Your cousin, uh, Todd, is the offensive coordinator over at the Ravens. Uh, shout out to him. Had beers with him, by the way, in a, what? What? at the pool in uh, Bellagio a couple summers ago in <laughs> Vegas. Great, Good great, beer drinker. Great dude. Great beer drinker. Yeah, he, he's awesome. But I was just wondering what it was like because I had such a great experience growing up in a football family, playing for my dad, all that kind of stuff. And uh wonder what your experience was like. And my dad tried to talk me out of it, tried to talk my little brother out of, <laughs> out of the coaching deal, said this is no life you want to lead. But what was that like for you? And was there ever a point, you know, before you became a coach, you wanted uh, to consider doing anything else? Coach, you and I uh... – you and I grew up exactly the same. I I never wanted to do anything else. Never considered doing anything else. My my parents tried to talk me out of it too. Uh, my dad was my high school coach, and and I had a great life growing up from from when I was a little boy, handing out equipment in preseason and and mixing Gatorade on the sideline and and traveling on the school bus to games. I had a great life, and I just never wanted to do anything else. I was fortunate uh, that there there was Division three football. And because uh, it was, if there was Division Four, I'd have had to play Division Four. But I had a great <laughs> in college football. And uh, Carl Pelker was my my coach at Millican University, and he was very encouraging and really really encouraged me to 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 follow that dream to be a coach. And and uh, so I, I've I've man, I've had a great life. And uh, my my dad was one of five boys in his family, all high school coaches in the state of Illinois when I was growing up. Seven of us where sons of those five brothers went into the coaching profession. So we either weren't smart enough to do anything else, uh, which is probably the case, but we, uh, we just had such a great experience with our dads and, and uh, love the game and love what it does for people. And so I, I love your stories because they're, they're exactly the same as mine. Hey, football families are a beautiful thing, just like the sport of football, bringing people together. And the boys that you have playing football, please send our thanks to all of them for not only what they're doing now, but obviously what they're going to do for all of us in the future. Coach, have a great re- uh, rest of the way. Good luck in the conference transition. 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Beat Navy. Oh, hey, Gillette Stadium. Hell yeah. That's a big one, right? These are big. That's a big one. Army Navy, that's a big one. Are we already preparing for it? Heck yeah. Every day. I don't apologize for that. We try to beat those guys every day around here. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jeff Mall. Yeah, Coach. Well, I love to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Not fucking around. We're like a month out. Yeah. Let's go. I think it's like a month out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we are, we've exactly. been preparing. Yeah, exactly. You know when we had LSU on the schedule? Yeah, we were certainly preparing for LSU. <laughs> See also... Some Navy plays in here. Got a big one at <laughs> the end. Awesome. Football family's real deal, though. You guys that grow up in it obviously have that sort of itch for it. That's why you never see you guys retire. I love that the sport of football can do that for a whole family, though. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just like Coach said, I mean, there was nothing else that I ever even thought about wanting to do. I went to Wyoming, another great academic institution. You know, didn't have to take 22 hours a <laughs> semester. I think we could take six back then, but... But anyway, yeah, never wanted to do anything else. Growing up the way, uh, you know, Coach described it, um, in the locker room, picking up jocks and socks and all that, riding the buses, that's that's all so real. And, you know, my dad, just like his, you know, hey, you don't want to do this. You got a degree in business. Why don't you? I got a buddy downtown, downtown Denver. He's at a, a you know, a, a big, you know, mortgage firm or lending firm or whatever. And I can get you right in there. And I'm, I'm like, no, sir. No, that is not for me. I'm not sitting behind a desk. It's Coach Sirianni, the winner of our uh, yep. first ever coach of the mid-year midi. Mm-hmm. He, uh, his dad was obviously a coach. And his dad's whole uh, trenches mentality mm-hmm. is the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are built the way they are. Let's talk about coaches that don't win middies. Let's talk about coaches that are in a bad spot. Coach Pagano, obviously, 18 years in the NFL, 18 years of college. You've seen your fair share of we're fucked moments. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard one more clear as day than this coach <laughs> Eberflus press conference oh. talking about this Thursday night matchup that is this evening? Here's coach Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears talking about the current situation with Justin Fields quarterback and his thumb. Like you said, he's not medically cleared to go um, right now and uh, he's getting better though. I mean, he's, he's uh, accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better and you know, he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. If, is he, if he's doubtful, if he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. we got to give him one more day. Give him one more day. But he's uh, see. he's working hard. And uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. All he's right. not playing tomorrow. Yeah, he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. He's doubtful, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are they telling you? What's that? What, what is the medical staff huh? telling you in terms of why they haven't given him the clearance? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really just uh, the clearance is uh, just, you know, obviously he's got to be cleared to play with the medical staff. Okay. You know, and so it's really about him feeling good about it and the medical staff saying that he can go in there and function. And uh, he's just not there at this time. Is it an issue of grip strength or? It's everything. It's it's all. It's, it's all improving. You know, the grip strength, the, the accuracy, the, you know, the, the ability to function as a quarterback. It's just. Skill right level. It's, it's getting close. I'm just, I'm not, I'm having trouble understanding. He's so, explain this to me like a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> this is journalism. Is he out or doubtful? This is plead the fifth. Yeah, now right he's now. listed as doubtful. But you're saying that he's out. He's not going to play. We'll see where it goes. Uh, <laughs> chances are doubtful, 51% that he's in. What or is out, happening? That's going to be, we'll see where it is. Yeah, hey, hey, but uh, again, Chuck needs to translate this for us. Uh, right now, we're still mm-hmm. listening to him as doubtful. But he, 
Did he go through any sort of pregame work tomorrow? He may. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we'll Maybe. See. Never know. I mean, that was in a minute 50. That had to feel like a 10-year span yeah. for Eberflus up there. That's part of the job they don't talk about. And that's part of the job your dad was probably telling you not to coach for. But what does Eberflus say in there, and what does that mean, you think? As soon as, you know, he said doubtful, right, and then the guy came back and they're peppering him, as soon as he said, yeah, he's out. He's yeah, not he's not playing, playing no. All he's thinking from there on out is, God, did I just fuck this thing up? Because <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, AJ, it's like, oh, you're just, the whole time, he can't even, and then he's trying to buy time. What's that? I can't hear you. Can you repeat the question? He's just, yep. in his mind, he's thinking yep. about, okay, the, the GM, ownership, Virginia McCaskey, the PR team that told him, okay, this is what you say, He's and that's it. Doubtful. Stick to your guns. And if they ask you again, is he out? I said he's doubtful. That's all you got to say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that poor guy, he couldn't get out of there fast enough. And you just, if they tell you exactly, and I know he was prepared. They got a great PR team over there. Just don't say that. And once he did, you open up Pandora's box. Because as soon as we see that, then we see these videos from practice where he's just throwing very casually yeah. and very comfortably. I mean, same color jersey as McSorley, I believe, at the end of this video. So they're not putting him in any restrictions on the field. Now, he does catch this ball here one-handed. So he doesn't put the thumb on it. So maybe medically he hasn't been cleared. Well, the gamesmanship part of it got him a little bit there. Like, hey, we're going to keep him one more day just to keep – you know, Panthers, Carolina thinking, yeah, maybe they're, oh, God damn, maybe he's going to play. Maybe we're going to see him. The agent, we got, we were ready for the agent. Maybe we're going to see this dude. But it got him. Yeah, right in the middle of it. And, so, he, and it's not like he's got a bunch of other shit going on either. AJ, what do you think? What do you think as you watch that? What do you think this means for not only Eberflus, Justin Fields, the Bears as a whole on a Thursday night football game against Panthers? Well, I came away somewhat confused from this whole situation but i think when chuck hit it perfectly the second he said yeah he's out instantly he's like uh oh okay that now that's the, he couldn't stop thinking about the whole time he i think all those people were running through his head too that were telling him right before like the second before he, he walked up those two stairs to that little stage like hey just doubtful it's all that matters just keep it up in the air it's questionable you can literally say anything say accuracy say grip strength mm -hmm. say functional quarterback yep. say these are all trigger words say them all <laughs> doubtful and then is he gonna work out maybe and we'll see sure. yeah, just keep it open yep. and as vague as possible and that one guy got him though. oh yeah so is he playing tomorrow he's doubtful he's doubtful he's doubtful <laughs> No, he's not. No, he's out. I'm tired of full fucking songs. Coach Rivera voice got him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, uh, that's no, I've been standing there before, and I've and people are starting to ask you questions, and like you want to like fire back, speak the truth. You and you can't, and you look out of the corner of your eye, and Avis is sitting over there, like, do not, do not, no hold, hold, hold. And Conti's like, we prep too. Yeah, we prep for this entire thing. I don't know how. This whole thing ends, but I do know cool. what's that tie. It ends with Eberflus getting shit. Whoa. I mean, that's how it ends for sure. But I, 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 he did a pretty good job. After he says he's out and then they ask him again, well, 51% in my play. Maybe. So, yeah, doubtful yeah, means. Yeah, what, uh, what is that? Is that what? <laughs> Is that what doubtful is supposed to mean, the percentage? Well, if you're 51% not playing, that would be doubtful. 51% you are playing, that would be probable yeah. just by mm -hmm. strictly numbers, I mean, right? Or questionable. Yeah. They changed that whole report, remember, a couple years back? No, I don't. And Because and, and there was questionable, doubtful, this, that. And, so they doubtful was like, you're done. Yeah. As soon as you put that, there is no conversation. There is no, you know, 
practice little period before the game. Hey, we're going to go out 90 minutes before the game. We're going to do a little pregame war, see where he's at. That's pretty much out. Yeah, doubtful means there's still a little bit of hope. Go like, ahead, Tom. Like you said, doubtful, 51% not playing. Questionable, 50-50. And probable's 51% playing. Yeah, easy as that. And yeah. he said 51%. He's playing. He's not playing. Yeah. You do the math, especially <laughs> with the weather. It's at home. Favored by three and a half. You start doing Scott Steiner math there. Yeah. That means there's a 110% chance he's not going to play. Because if you multiply his accuracy divided by his thumb strength, this guy sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is uh, this an entire... <laughs> Start getting into math. That'd be real. Yeah. I can't wait for the rest of his pressers are moving forward from here. Bro, they're favored good. by three and a half. They are favored. That team right there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Favored Rightful by three and a half. Rightfully so. Against that Panthers team. Ooh. Have you started looking into it a little bit? Yeah. How do you feel about Frank Wright? Okay, so Dave Tepper, mm -hmm. he just fired his second uh, manager for Charlotte FC yep. in the last 18 oh. months. He has fired four coaches or let go four coaches since 2019 for the Panthers. Frank Reich is obviously their head coach now. This particular owner is not patient whenever it comes to who's coaching. I think there's a chance that David Tepper thinks he's a better coach than all of these humans mm -hmm. in these sports every time he meets with them. Like Christian Latanzio. Mm -hmm. There, whenever they were doing a meeting, he would explain like whatever formation they're running in soccer. And David Tepper, that makes no sense. Yeah, I want to see a message to that. <laughs> I we need to score more goals. And then what Miguel Angel Almiras said, yeah, he laid out this entire offensive scheme and what they were going to do. And he was like, "Is Christian Ronaldo doing that? No, this guy the hell out of no here." Way. And then you talk about Ron Rivera. He laid it out. You're gone, Perry Fuel. Shut up, Matt Rule. It ain't working. Okay, every single day. Steve Wilkes, it is working, but not the way I want it to work. And then Frank Reich has come out now and said, I got to meet with Dave Tepper every single Monday. Yep. What do you think those meetings go like? And how do you how do you think this Frank Reich, Carolina Panthers things go? You would assume that Frank Reich, whenever he went there, and you could tell me if this is true or not or even possible, he said, I'm going to need time. If we're getting a rookie quarterback in a whole new thing, I'm going to need some patience in a couple years. David Tepper's never been like that as an owner. Is that something that Frank Reich can command? And when you see Frank Reich rocking around on the sideline, does that look like a guy that wants to not get fired or potentially wants to get fired as he's down there to the Carolina Panthers? I think the way that they play tonight, the way they show up tonight and moving forward is going to play you know a lot into this decision that Tepper more than likely he's going to make at the end of this year. I mean, he is obviously not scared to move on from a guy. But if it just looks like like Detroit, you know, the brand new Lions, right? Uh -huh. Think about last year. What'd they start? One and six? six. One and seven? Yep. But what'd they do? They flipped the script, right? So something's got to change here. They got to start being competitive. They got to start winning some games. He got to see this quarterback start being developed. There's got to be something there. and And not just you know, this thing totally implode. Because if it just goes south, like tonight, if they get beat by, by two scores or more. And they got Frank and, Zoom in on the yeah, tight. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then crying. The energy, you know, you, it just looks like there's no, if you went to check for a pulse down there right now, you're What's like, Frank thinking? You think Frank's like, thinking put, of that meeting put, with Tepper? You think he's thinking yeah. about that meeting on the sideline in those fourth quarters? You think that's what it is? Yes. That's we've heard of that before. That's mur that's murder's row too. I mean, that, yeah. I don't think you have to come out publicly and Eight say, games. "Hey, these ain't fun. Mm -hmm. This is what's going sure. on, and these ain't fun." What well, we all know, they're not fun. But don't tell everybody. They're not Does it fun. happen everywhere? No. Tapper, no, no, but Tapper's there's, Tapper there's, wants to but there's, yeah. there's other place, places that ha, you know had to do that, and you have to explain yourself every single watch, every single rep, offense, defense, best team.
And we can respect that if you want to be hands-on, but let's say you don't know what the hell you're looking at. Then you're just kind of picking apart what headlines are telling you what to be mad about, and I assume that can get a little frustrating, oh, yeah. especially with a brand-new quarterback. Doesn't look like it's a lot of fun down there in Carolina, but tonight it could change everything, getting three-and-a-half points on some books, AJ. You think if they go blow out the Bears, it changes everything? You know, the Bears, what? They've been in a couple games. Yeah, they have. Oh, yeah. yeah Bears have been in a couple games they shouldn't they be in. Hung around Panthers, mm-hmm. too. The agent, Bajan's only getting more and more confident. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Justin Fields? He's probable, doubtful, he is out. No, he's not playing. Stop asking me follow-up questions. I was not prepared for this. But three and a half at home is a fascinating one for the Chicago Bears just because our natural thought is the Bears suck. So what does that mean about the Panthers? These two teams are just hot garbage. Is that what you're thinking, uh, Chuck, after watching the film? Well, one and seven. Two and seven, right? Is that what it is? Oh yeah, we're battling for top five. It's a great opportunity on the uh, opportunity for for a team here, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago beats these guys. They have a couple picks, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. They, have, they have theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of incentive. Try to cement, you know. Well, the good 20, thing about all those draft. coaches, the coaches that are getting those draft picks, you know, they're going to be there for that. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. So, hey, oh yeah. You know what I mean, AJ? They know. <laughs> they know that those draft picks. They're are thinking. Pay- Hey, guys, we go do this. We take care of ourselves for next year. All right. Yeah. And they're, the players are like, Coach, you're not going to – you're probably not going to be here. I probably not, won't even be here either. Coach. Are we going to be – we're not going to be – I'm probably going to be a Seahawk. What, where, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. Are you, where are you <laughs> – yeah. what are you going to do? Eberflus would still be highly sought after on the defense side of the ball if he was to lose his job after this year, right? He was very successful. Colts, he was great. Mm-hmm. Very successful. Been successful for a long time and called defense for a long time. You coach at the Bears. You think it's a Bears problem or a coach problem? Uh, They've been bad for a long time. Yeah. Long time up there. Yeah, there's other places. I mean, it's just sometimes you get in these ruts. Where it happens. The Lions, I mean, again, if you give a guy a chance, you have some patience, you see some, you see some growth, you see some things happening. I go back to the Lions again. They were bad for a long time, right, Foxy? Long time. Forever, Chuck. Your whole entire life, you always say on the yeah. show, right? Uh-huh. Entire yep. life. They sucked. Uh-huh. But now... They're in a conversation. All right. Ben Johnson. Dan Campbell. Good work. And old Lions teams would have fired Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell after, what, two and a half seasons, but they held on to it, and now we're here. Which they did to Jim Caldwell. Yes, Yes, they did. Let's chit-chat about uh, the Las Vegas Raiders a little bit, shall we? Devontae Adams came out and spoke a little bit about, you know, the celebration that happened after the game that a lot of people are saying, you guys are four and five. Come on. You guys are four and five. Here's Devontae Adams, who's been speaking a lot more uh, since Josh McDonald. Daniels, although the internet calls him McDumbass, yeah. uh, has left the building. Here's Devontae Adams speaking about the celebration after a win. Well, I don't look at what the, the cigars thing as something that's not as corporate. I mean, it's, it's definitely different in the middle of the season. But at the end of the day, you know, we don't, we don't this, this building and, and anybody that's dealt with the type of adversity that we have this year and just the ups and downs and all the negative attention and a lot of drama and stuff, um, you know, they'll never understand what, 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 why we had that feeling and why it led to cigars being, you know, lit in the locker room. Obviously, not everybody agrees with it, but, you know, we, you, can't, you won't last in this league if you care too much about what other people think and how they feel about what you do. You're not a part of this team. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to understand why it was necessary to happen. You know, we're not going to light up cigars every single week, but 
um, you know, based off of the changes that were made and, you know, the way that this team rallied together, um, it was definitely warranted for, for something like that to happen. And uh, now we just got to make it make it normal. That way we don't have to light cigars in the locker room after, you know, regular season wins. I love that. And Devontae Adams spoke to an NBA ref and he said, hey, it's getting better now. And the NBA ref was like, it feels that way. You hear Max Crosby talk about the soul train line and the vibes coming back. Can it happen for the Raiders? Can something like this galvanize the team to be great for the rest of the year? Or do we think this may be a Jeff Saturday first week as a head coach to beat the Raiders and then they go on to lose every single game going forward in record-breaking fashion? What do you expect? A lot of it seemed a lot like that, right? Yes. He won his game, beat the Raiders, gave him Wednesday off, see you Wednesday. That all happened in there. But, uh, no, they got talent. I mean, you got the best wide receiver, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league. You got your defensive player of the year, right? Mitty. Mitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we have Crosby, gotten. Uh, which is well-deserved. Well he gave a, I mean, that guy. He gave an acceptance speech, actually. Really? really? Uh, he, oh. he texted oh, an acceptance speech. He said, uh, that's love, is what he said. Yeah. Job isn't finished, though. Okay. He's not looking at the Mitty. You should, though. These matter, Max. Yes. Okay, the, the Mitty's matter. Big deal. Congrats, Did he, did, he, did he get his NFT, though? Did he take that? Ooh. I assume. Yeah, I think I think that's how he found out that he won the MIDI. Mm-hmm. And oh, then gotcha. when he when it arrived, this is fungible if he prints it. Yes. yes. So I know NFT means <laughs> non-fungible, but we're kind of saying you need to print this NFT. Frame it. And hang it in a locker or whatever you're going to do. But he said, job's not finished. Job's not finished. Which would go along the lines of what Devontae said, where it's, hey, we got to continue to win this, so cigars are just not an abnormal thing. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't beat the Jets this week. You know, and they get whacked around by them, then it's just going to be meaningless. They're going to say, oh, this is just another one of these deals. But they have a chance. They got a chance to, you know, go out and win for this guy. Uh, Antonio did a wonderful job. I love where he comes from, Champ Kelly. You know, big fan of his. So they go beat the Jets. Then, like, okay. But they got players. They got guys on both sides of the ball. Josh Jacob. I mean, they got players. They got a rookie quarterback. And all of them hated McDaniels, it seems like. Yes. Big time. They it had to be miserable. So. Huh? It had you to be could. miserable. That, that, and this celebration, everything going on, and Devontae saying, like, well, you know, if you weren't here, you don't know, like, the adversity we've been facing. <laughs> like, they were miserable, obviously. Like, it, it was not a great environment, it sounds like, before. Yeah, if you you would never understand. Is what you would yeah. never if you weren't here, you would yeah. never understand why we had to do it. It's almost like the Pete Carroll Seahawks after beating the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever they beat Russ whenever he was there and Pete Carroll said, mm. you know, for the guys that have been here, they know. Like they know how yeah. big of a win this well, even the guys that weren't here that were with us before they know how big of a win it's like you guys are saying a lot without saying it exactly. Yeah. Is that something that can carry the team for the rest of the year AJ or is this just a one week thing? Uh, I mean, we will see. I think it's something that can absolutely energize the team, and that that's the tough thing now. How do you make it the norm? Like, how do you make winning? Like, yeah, this is what we expect to do. We went from we got a coach fired midseason, everyone's down the dumps, and then can we turn this thing around and actually make a run? Yeah, it's possible. It's obviously very difficult to, to consistently win in the NFL, though. It is the exact situation with – you know, Gruden, Basaccia too. Like, very similar times. They both lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to. That was their last game. Then they come back the next week and just kick the shit out of the next team with Rich Basaccia. Like, this feels like another team where, okay, yeah, they're probably going to go, what, 10 and 7, 9 and 8, maybe sneak in the back door and make some noise. Have you guys been in a locker room? Do you guys ever do in the NFL like they did in Major League where they had the owner and they had the cutout over, and then every mm-hmm. time they won a game, they they would peel off a piece of clothing? You think they'll do that with McDaniels, and then at the end of the season, if they make the Super Bowl, his dong's out in the locker room? Whoa. I, I don't know what you're referring to. I don't know if it has the same kind of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have reveal that the Major League had. I don't, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Great film. Major yeah. League? Maybe. It's a great movie. 
but what phenomenal it's how they rallied around they they hated the owner it's a great honestly digs it's very relevant here they rallied around how much they hated the owner and the owner wanted them to lose so then they would after each win they would take a piece of clothing off of her model right there and at the end of the season it's disgusting she was naked What's the team? No, name? she wasn't. What's I think the she team had Trump name? Song. It's Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians. Whoa! Whoa! Nice. And what are they doing? Whoa! Is that Chief Wahoo? Jeez Louise! Charlie Sheen. Yeah. What the hell is going on Boys. in this movie? It's a great film. Great stash on that guy. So she ends up fully nude in the locker room. Yeah, uh, in a bikini, I think. Yeah. And did they win? Oh yeah. The title? No, uh, they won the pennant. The piece of metal? They won the pennant. I don't know if they won the World Series. They Charlie won. Sheen comes wild. Bingo. Yeah, he took steroids for that movie, too, by the way. I heard he, he threw that? gas. Yeah, he, he does. Gas. He He's a baseball like, guy. Like, Charlie's a big-time baseball dude, so he, he was really throwing. Like, that's I, heard he I, heard. Threw I heard he topped out 102 in that movie. Charlie yeah. Sheen? So, you know, that's another one of those things where he just took it too far. He could have well, said, like, he was throwing 89, and we would all believed it. Like, but he, he was throwing high 80s, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. I, just, I honestly said it hoping that Charlie would get this in a clip and come on the program. Charlie Sheen? Yeah. 2023? Big, big time Reds fan. Has he settled down? Yeah, is he still doing it? Or? Is he still, I think he's actually still. sober now. I've heard him. I think he's sober now. Nice. Well, there you go, Charlie. Good work, Chuck. Congrats. <laughs> That's the way you said that. What happened for yeah, you? There you go, Chuck. I cannot believe he's still... Still. Yeah. Still a guy. Yeah. He was trying to kill himself there publicly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It appeared yeah. there for a bit. House arrest. He had like 50 hookers over or something. Porn stars, Whoa. please. Sorry. Excuse me. Adult film movie stars. There you go. I apologize. Is that illegal? No. No. Excuse me? Seen, I mean, the drugs he was doing, I think, probably illegal. Yeah. yeah. Sure. In some states. <laughs> I think those, those probably, uh, probably not great. Uh, coach, if you happen upon a shower, a couple boys are in there on the team. And they had matching ass tats. How would you respond? How would you motivate the boys? Uh, George Kittle, CJ Beathard, similar ass cheeks from what I've been doing. Here's a video explaining, please. What is one thing people should know about George? Uh, he has uh, an ass tattoo of 830 Miller. So we had a house, 830 Miller. It was a party house. I don't know if you've ever seen Blue Mountain State. It was basically the goat house. It was awesome. Um, phenomenal. We'd have great times there. Before we graduate, we always we have to get a tattoo. We're together, our address. Yeah, the punter went, then I went, the CJ went. It was like fifty dollars. It's awesome. We went that day, the day of graduation, and and all three of us got it together. And then we get drafted by the 49ers and we're in the showers. And yeah, I think it was Brian Hoyer walks in, he goes, Do you guys have the same ass tat? But then like that got out, and so like all the vets were just like, Why do you guys have matching ass tats? I was like, ah. <laughs> We live together. I don't know, man. I'm a weird kid. Hey, that house, though, was sweet. Oh, Probably yeah. one. I couldn't imagine. Punter was in there, too. You know, it's getting crazy. So, Chuck, you find out that these cheeks are smacking the same way. How do you feel about it as a coach? <laughs> what coach, what? I mean, coach, no, how do you coach, feel? Jesus. How do you address the just team? Like, how are you going to find? I mean, just because it gets out, I'm on social media and I see this on the, like this. You know, like Brian or, Hoyer told the boys, hey, yeah, real yeah, quick, check coach. out these ass cheeks. Yeah, it shows you your ass. Yeah, that certainly made its way around the locker room of coaches. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. I, to each his own. I mean, you don't have away game. You Chuck, said, that guys, in away guys, game, Chuck, right? Huh? That'd be an away game. You know, it's always kind of awkward on away games when you shower with the coaches. I don't know about you, Pat, but the, <laughs> yeah, some of the smaller yeah, places Kansas, where you're Kansas City. The head Jim. coach, though, I know the head coach at least always had his own one. I know Big Mike was not in there, but the the other coaches were always there. And you're, 
you're kind of shimmying by each other in the small little <laughs> yeah. locker rooms, and you see your, you know, your coordinator in there. Oh, geez, I'm not used to seeing you in the shower, pal. Yeah, and then you know they got four knee replacements, so them moving on wet surfaces is not fantastic <laughs> yeah. with a lot of space. It's where shower peel comes in handy. A lot of guys not shower. Kansas can't exactly long trip back. Yeah, Ugh. but uh, that's when they could have found these similar ass cheeks, though. Yeah. Coach. Mm-hmm. that's when your coaching staff could have been like, you know what we got going on here? Quarterback, tight end, similar ass cheeks. Are you not going to use that as motivation? Hey, we got to be as tight as the scoring. boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At eight thirty-one, Miller is that something you can kind of motivate the boys with? Yeah, I don't know. They well, still score, still scoring, uh, scoring touchdowns, right? Yeah. Catch the balls. Was, did yeah. we know Bathard mm-hmm. looked that cool? I did yes. not know his beard was like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had no idea. Who was the punter that just got no named? I'll be honest, I do not remember. The well, punter went first. Jesus. Yeah. George, that was a roommate. He's got an ass cheek. Yeah. Same oh, as you. Yeah, that is kind of weird. That they did. Use his name. What is the deal? Probably what boozed up when it happened, right? Well, I'd assume, yeah. Graduation <laughs> day. Sounds like that yeah. particular house. They had good times around yep. there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Iowa team was good whenever they were playing? Yes. Uh, they were undefeated. They got beat in the uh, Big Ten Championship by Michigan State on like a last second, 16-13. They would have went to the playoff and yep. played uh, Alabama that year. They, they had broke. a lot to celebrate then. That's where everybody like in West Virginia is like, you guys burning couches? Like, we're celebrating a lot. We were winning a lot of games. A basketball team winning a lot of games. Had good times back then. Yeah, and it was coming off the, like, Jake Rudock was the starting quarterback at Iowa and kind of the same deal. Like, everyone wanted Beathard to start. And then from the time he started, Iowa just kind of ran roughshod over uh, the Big Ten West. You talked about burning couches after the game. You know, you talked about celebrating after. Winning games is hard. Why are people giving Devontae a hard time for smoking cigars after a game? They smoke them after every game. Let them live. Well, and just like anybody that celebrates a midi, let them let them live. Yeah, yeah. Live. should celebrate that. Yeah, that's it's hard to win. Joe Burrow's never going to win a midi. AJ, just want to let you know that. Yeah, he might. You never know. He's got a long career ahead of him. He's closer. He's uh, yeah. he is clearly a closer. The midis tough. aren't cut out for everybody. That's why when you win one, you got to really print it out and put it on the fridge. Exactly. Nobody's talking about it. Hang on to it. All right, Chuck. Let's dive into tonight, shall we? This is a big one. Huge. Ah, uh, before we do that. We need Pete Thamel. Yeah, we do. It's a rather large piece of news for today. Michigan has responded to Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten Conference as a whole, who laid out a bunch of allegations against them that they have evidence, and they say, you need to explain this stuff before we deliver our punishment or lack of punishment. This has obviously been completely absurd. The things that have been said, the things that have been alleged are out of a movie. This will probably all be a movie someday, numerous ones, including documentaries, but it feels like we're inching closer to some potential finality of it with a Big Ten punishment that would either keep them out of the Big Ten championship, which might keep them out of the college football playoff, might be a suspension of Jim Harbaugh, might be a fine of Jim Harbaugh. We have have no idea what's real. We have no clue what is coming down the pipe from the Big Ten, but we do know it's something, allegedly. With that being said, Michigan responded with a 10-page letter, and they never in there seemed to back down at all. We didn't get a chance to read the entire 10 pages, but our guy Pete Thamel did. Yep. Uh, Pete, what was it in that 10 pages that makes you believe that Michigan either didn't do it or that Michigan feels like they don't deserve to be punished at all? And how do you see it laying out right now as we speak about it, Pete? Well, Pat, uh, Michigan certainly doesn't think that they should be punished. And, and I won't bore you with kind of the legalese or the legal minutia that is involved in this you know, 10-page diatribe that Michigan Athletic Director Ward manual sent to uh, Chad Hawley, who is the senior vice president of policy and compliance for the Big Ten. Um, but but again, there are kind of a, a couple 
bullet points that really stick out here and, and, and could be a, a thorn in the side to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti when making a ruling on all this. One is that um, under the Big Ten bylaws that every Big Ten institution uh, abides by, they can't give the commission unilateral control to kind of make a decision, which is is basically what's happening here. You know, all these other coaches and institutions, they want Tony Petiti to kind of fast-track some sort of decision so that Michigan has a punishment levied against them, you know, before the end of the season. That's against the Big Ten bylaws. You can, the, the commissioner does not have unilateral control to so make Michigan, it. So Michigan said, what are we talking about? You can't even do this. Exactly. How about this? You write us a bunch of allegations, we're going to print them out, We'll wipe our ass with them. Whoa. You can't do anything. Exactly. That's basically what they said. They said, before we defend ourselves, this isn't even allowed to begin with. Bingo. Love that. Because because it needs to go to the chair of the Compliance and Reinstatement Committee first, you see. So uh, there's there's an appeal process which always takes place in these type of things and and they actually give these schools who are are you know being accused of, of these these different allegations to make an oral presentation and kind of respond to the joint group appeals committee the uh, the JPAAC is is what it goes by uh, Michigan was never afforded that right uh, they they were they were not allowed to kind of you know get any of the evidence that the Big Ten alleges to have they've basically been trying to fast track this from the get-go and, and again that's what ward Manuel's saying that's not what the, what the big Ten's saying um also under agreement 10 of the big 10 bylaws the commissioner of the big 10 lacks the authority to even punish jim harbaugh so you know people are saying hey jim harbaugh is going to be suspended for the rest of the season potentially under Agreement 10, that is not even possible. It's the school that's going to be, you know, uh, receiving these sanctions. So, you know, again, we I, you mentioned it, you know, a week before. People want Jim Harbaugh and, and a pound of flesh. Tony Petiti has no authority to take that flesh. So so we'll, we'll see where that winds up. Um, one big discrepancy and issue that Michigan also has is, you know, when it comes to levying a punishment, Uh, Typically, you know, the Big Ten has said, hey, until all of kind of the research and uh, the facts are presented, we'll wait until the very end and then we'll make, you know, we'll make our case then. Well, now, you know, basically they want something done at this moment. And then they still said there's possibility. Well, if, if new information comes forward later, we can maybe levy additional punishments at that time. And Michigan is basically saying, hey, listen, that's not how this works. You can't just have kind of a piecemeal punishment and then decide, hey, more information's coming along, so we're going to levy more sanctions as that comes. You're supposed to wait until everything's done, and then you're supposed to... So it's a lot of, I wasn't supposed to be pulled over to begin with. You found weed in my car illegally. Exactly, and because you found weed in my car when I wasn't supposed to be pulled over, you can't also say, hey, why are there 12 empty beer cans next to your your driver's side window? You can't can't do that. So, um, And then a a couple other things here, just a few more. Uh, The conference has a uh, rule 32 process that basically suggests that the action here is more reactionary to public pressure and the pressure being applied from other Big Ten institutions, coaches, schools. So they're basically saying, hey, listen, you asswipes are just kind of caving to public pressure right now and doing what you think is right when you haven't even finished this investigation, okay? Like, there's still, you know, a lot of kind of hay in the barn, if you will, and you guys are basically just saying, no, we already have all our bales of hay, okay? We don't need to go into the barn to get any more, which 
as we know, there there might be. And again, Michigan is basically saying, you know, you say you have all this, you know, um, proof that Connor Stallions was on the sidelines at these different places. You have all this video. They haven't presented any of that video to Michigan. And Michigan's supposed to be able to kind of take that video in and, and, and respond to it. They haven't, you know, the Big Ten hasn't given any of that video. They haven't made any of that public. So from where Michigan stands right now, it certainly feels like it's it's a witch hunt. And we mentioned it earlier with uh, with Charles Woodson. Board Manual basically said, hey, okay, you know, yeah, go ahead, uh, open this can of worms, and then let's see where we're at, you know, in a couple weeks now that more allegations are coming out against, you know, the Ohio States of the world, the Rutgers of the world, you know, the Purdue's, uh, some of these schools who, you know, obviously Ohio State's a blue blood, but some of these other schools who, you know, no one really gives a fuck about Rutgers football. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest here. So that, that that's kind of just being thrown to the wind, but... Um, so, yeah, the conference is going to have to be – Tony Petiti's going to have to be very careful about setting precedent here because first year on the job, you know, shouldn't have unilateral control over something like this. This, should, this could come back and bite him in the ass if he does, you know, seek that pound of flesh from Jim Harbaugh. Thank you, Ty Pete. Joining us now – Actual Pete Thamel. Pete, okay, so... Ty, I mean, why do you even have me on? Like, I don't even understand. Like, there's no need to have me on anymore. Okay, well, it's, we need to clear some things up. Although that was... Spot on. That was the takeaway yeah. from the 10-page thing from Ty Pete. They're kind of saying, hey, you're not even allowed to punish us, with the, let, let, let alone all the evidence that you allegedly have that we haven't seen. You're not even allowed to punish us by the bylaws of the Big Ten. Is that accurate? And what do you think is the... The next steps of this entire thing with Michigan's response and the Big Ten kind of doing this dance publicly here. Yeah, so that 10-page letter pack can be distilled in, uh, in two words, process and precedent, right? Um, there is not a lot of argument of fact. So nobody said Connor Stallions didn't have an elaborate spy ring for three years, go to 17 stadiums and over 35 games. And, uh, you know, there's obviously evidence that has been passed on about electronics. So the, the, a lot of the fact was not argued. And there's an old legal saying, if you can't argue the facts, you argue the law. And so that is, I think, the process part of this is they are saying the Big Ten bylaws don't allow this. Now, someone much smarter than me or someone impersonating me would really have to dive in with, like, <laughs> you know, and, and dissect the torts of, of whether or not, like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a legal ruling on, on that. I've, I've seen the letter. I've, I've read the bylaws, but that's, that is a, above my very limited legal purview. Um, but that is, you know, that, that's a, it's a sincere argument and, and something that has to be met and taken, taken seriously. And then, the precedent is the old slippery slope, right? You do this, what happens when this happens? You do this, what happens when this happens? So those are those are kind of the the tent poles of the uh, of the Michigan letter, and uh, from from what I've heard today, that's being it's being digested in uh, in Big Ten uh, in, in Big Ten offices, absorbed by the Big Ten conference. And I think there was a lot of thought that maybe a punishment or a ruling would come quick from the Big Ten. Do you still feel that way after the response from Michigan? So the the timeline here, Michigan asked for an extra day. Um, so that went from Tuesday to Wednesday and now it's, it's hard to say the, the, the one certainty about this big 10 decision, Pat, is it's likely to make everyone unhappy, right? (laughs) Okay. People from Michigan think any type of punishment would be too much, right? That's why they are dug in. Like the, those, the letters that Jim sent and Michigan sent show they are entrenched and hint at potential legal action. 
um, also entrenched are the 13 other schools who've had, you know, angry phone calls with the commissioner describing in resplendent detail the schematic advantage by this allegedly illicit scheme that Connor Stallions was the uh, alleged mastermind of. So if it's X amount of games, likely that crew is going to be unhappy as well. So um, I thought Ty slash fake me said it well earlier that there is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a precarious position for first year commissioner Tony Petiti because it doesn't seem like there is a there is a consensus building result. Hey, okay, you're going to admit this. Meet me here. Okay, you're all angry. We're going to do this, and let's all go together. Uh, Mike Slive, God rest his soul, the old SEC commissioner, used to always preach about a unified front on the league. And if there's one thing we can say the last week or so in the Big Ten, it is not a unified front. Yeah, that is. I would for, not want that front blocking for me. That is for sure. Yeah, ten four. You know, that front yeah. could potentially poke its head out tonight in this Thursday night football game mm-hmm. with Bryce Young playing, but that is neither here yeah. nor there. Ty Pete has a question for you, Pete. Pete? Yeah, Pete, just curious because, uh, you know, I, honestly, I can only imagine what your mentions and, and emails have been like, you know, from Michigan fans over these last, you know, couple weeks since this news with Connor Stallions initially broke. But what would you say uh, to these weasels who are basically saying – hey, listen, we haven't been covering any of the other side of it. We've basically just been chastising Michigan and, and kind of you know gobbling up all these facts about Michigan, but we're kind of alienating the stories that, that come out you know, about Ohio State and Purdue and Rutgers kind of colluding together in some of these, these other schools and who are basically saying like, oh, well, you know, Pete Thamel's just basically on a witch hunt against Michigan. I personally think that's bullshit. I think you do too. But how would you respond to kind of those allegations against us? Ty, I can just see you sitting in the meeting room, reading my mentions out loud in my voice, and everyone on that set cracking up. How often has that happened the last week? It's been a fun. It's yeah. been a fun week and a half. Good time. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a very good question in a, in a valid question, Ty. And uh, what I would what I would say is this: uh, the the scheme, as alleged, that Connor Stallions ran broke NCAA rules. Um, you know, two of them allegedly, obviously, in person scouting, which has been in place since 1994, and then use of electronics in in, in scouting. And I remember early on, uh, you know, as this this scandal unspooled, I remember Pat saying. You know, once they start taping, once they find evidence of them taping, that's it. That's an extra threshold. So Patriots, what that's has been the alleged, Patriots, it's almost like that's because the Patriots precedent in the football world, pretty much is what correct. I'm, two yes. different leagues, though. Yes. yes. No, no. Correct. I, I mean, look, I live in Boston. I, I lived through I lived through that um, all the gates. But that one, in, that one in particular and, and that the, the taping, there's an intentionality behind it and, uh, you know, That's a decisive real. schematic no, advantage behind it. So luckily, luckily, I don't have to get into PSI and uh, in, 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 in ball uh, ball deflation like the uh, like the other game. Bullshit. Um, but to, to answer the question, the, in the, the Big Ten and NCA have obviously looked at what was alleged in the what is it? Purdue, Ohio State, Rutgers situation that was forwarded to the uh, that was forwarded to the Big Ten. And there's just nothing illegal that or against NCA rules that's in there. So it's it's two completely different scenarios. Um, and you know what what I've what I've heard essentially is that the NCA has not, the NCA forwarded the Connor Stallion situation to the Big Ten. 
the Big Ten took it seriously, released a statement, went to Michigan State and said, hey, you're playing these guys in three days or whatever it was. You need to change your signals. This is such a significant alleged scheme that it becomes a fairness issue and others have, have portrayed it as a health issue, perhaps. What has been alleged for the uh, for the three Big Ten schools, as it's been portrayed, is coaches on a Sunday calling other coaches and saying, hey, you know, what did they do against, you know, trips right? What did they do, in, you know, in, in the red zone? What did you think? Hey, what are their, you know, what are their signals? Which is the common sharing of information. Um, there's been, you know, the, the threshold of something illegal having happened did not, uh, you know, d- did not rise and has not been risen. And there's been no formal action taken because it's generally viewed as just commonplace information sharing. Pete, we couldn't fathom what your uh, mentions look like before this conversation. And while you were giving your answer, I'm like, Michigan people aren't going to want to hear that. Nope. And uh, it sounds like that's the job you signed up for. We're grateful for you. We appreciate you. And Ty Pete makes sure that everybody knows that if somebody's going to get to the bottom of it, it's going to be one man, and that's the authority. Mm-hmm. Pulitzer Pete. We appreciate you so much, brother. Gentlemen, thank you. Hey, you're the, uh, Oh, he's gone. Wow. He's, <laughs> you know. He's got to get back to the the grindstone. I mean, let's 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 be honest here. He's he's got a lot of shit on his plate, right? Dude, now. I love Pete. Mm-hmm. He's the best. I wonder if he knew that he was just going to get in. I mean, you Ohio State people are part of the problem, obviously. Yeah. Guys. Hey, they, does it matter though? In that tweet, it. in that tweet you put up, it said how Michigan part of their defense was they're showing like their you know their margin of of victory, and it, it doesn't show any material what no material effect on any of Michigan's games this season. Does that matter? Does that have any effect on it, whether it worked or not? No, I love that they use that though. Yeah, in their ten yeah. pages, they're like, see also, see didn't see even also. work. See also, we're killing people. Yeah. All right, yeah. so if people are going to get upset, there might be a little bit of envy uh, that's happening everywhere. And I, you know, when I first started talking about it, and I started in. I didn't grow up in the football culture, the football world. Did grow up in a competitive world, though, where you're trying to gain an edge in everything. Like, if I can figure out what this team's going to do, when they're going to do it, that's an advantage. If these people are talking and I can hear what they're saying and I can pick up on it, that's an advantage. So, like, in every sport, people have been trying to get signals. And I think the reason why Spygate or whatever became so big is because even the most competitive humans who are trying to gain an edge all the time are like, that's too far. Like, hey, Bill, you don't have to do that. Bill, you, you know, we're all trying to do this. You kind of go too far. So I think in the football world, there has been a precedent set, even in the NFL world, where you're allowed to scout ahead of time. Like, you're allowed to send somebody to games to do that. In the NCAA, you're not since 1994. You referenced that. Is that a good way to look at it, Chuck? Like, the filming, it was just ethically, everybody was like, come on. Is that is that kind of how it was viewed in the football world? And do you think that's probably why this is such a big deal in the Michigan sign-stealing situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they just you cross the line because it it was it's been happening forever. Uh, pro football, college football, it's been happening forever. So once you go to that level of you know whatever, trying to trying to you know figure out signals and uh, the whole Spygate deal, then then you then you cross the line. So it's just like the uh, Astros are banging on the garbage can. Exactly. Yeah. Like I feel like in every sport, people are like, "Come on, like we don't we're not doing that to each other, right?" Everybody, Is that kind everybody's of okay. To a certain point, right? Because everybody's doing it. And nobody rats anybody out. Nobody says anything. But then as soon as something like this comes out, and then if they have, obviously they've got something. They've got a smoking gun. Otherwise, it wouldn't be this you know, coming to this. Yeah, exactly. So they've, they've got something. So whether he knew, didn't know, it, it, that whole thing falls in. Because you're the head coach. You're the COO, CEO. You're everything. 
whether you know or not, it still falls on you. I, you know, I don't think that should be the case, but. Yeah, because but, but in college, who, even more so than even in the NFL, because in college you are everything. You're the yeah. GM, you're the head coach, you're that entire thing. And I don't want to be, you know, too naive about it all. And uh, I'm a, a neophyte, mm-hmm. a neophyte. Yep, yep. Uh, in the college football world, Boom. I oh, will yeah. say I am a neophyte in the co- what's that, AJ? What the hell is that? What exactly? Can you define that yeah. for me? Yeah, sorry, I'm so cultured and so intelligent. Okay, I, I didn't get to West Point, but my diction is phenomenal. Yeah, all right, yeah. I'm a I'm a neophyte in the college football world. Sure, okay, okay, I'm just uh, kind of new to it. Oh, yeah. that's I, what it means. Being dropped into it and learning about everything about it is everybody doing what they did though. Is that that's what Michigan's basically saying and if everybody was doing it why is it such a big deal i don't know you know so it's like i'm trying to figure out because they say you cross the line and it's like well who's drawing the line in the nfl it felt like the line was drawn like hey we don't record and then do the entire thing that was kind of in baseball it was like yo we're not banging Mm -hmm. on trash like that's there's a line so like how many people are doing what Michigan has done. I, I think I don't know that answer either in the college football world. Yeah. And that's like a piece of information that would be nice to have whenever we're either harshly judging or potentially not judging the entire it, thing. Because if they are one of the only teams doing it, then rightfully so, everybody else sure. is yeah. like, hey, we kind of all kind of decided we're not doing this. But if there's pockets of teams doing this all over the place, which I think is being alluded mm-hmm. to by a lot of Michigan supporters, it's like, Maybe that's a can of worms that Michigan's saying we don't want to open up there, AJ. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, I'm sure teams are are doing what they can. It just seems like Michigan's seems as of now like was much more in depth, and they whatever that line is that they could have crossed it. But how many teams have crossed that line? I have no idea. Yeah, and how do you start judging ethics and morals? You know, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's why nothing's going to happen. That's why it's like, yeah, we're just going to keep on going about the season. Because so they can only punish them for breaking a letter of the law, yeah, which is future scouting. But in actuality, they're punishing the moralness of the entire thing. It, in uh, my head, knowing just knowing the football world, the advanced scouting thing, you would have to assume every single team is advanced scouting in some way. Chuck kind of even said, what was it started in 94 or something like that, that you weren't allowed to advance scout? Think about that. Like, you don't think they... These teams had guys going up to the ticket window with cash. Here's $30. I'd like a ticket for this game. There's not cell phone cameras or anything like that. There's no way you're getting caught. Um, this Now that there's cell phone cameras and stuff like that is, and the tickets are tracked, it was easier to get caught. But I would assume every team is advanced scouting. Were they advanced scouting as much as Connor Stallions was? Um, I don't know. Were they filming it? Were they filming, filming the signals? That's the biggest. Yeah. That's the number one thing that matters, I think. Yeah, like, hey, everybody's like, advanced scouting, we don't want to talk about that. We just want to talk about speakers in there because I assume, to your point, everybody in big-time college football has people attempting to go to games ahead of time. Not supposed to, though. For sure. It's against the bylaws, not supposed to do it, so nobody's going to out themselves yeah, yeah. for doing that. Skunk. But it's the it's, it's the filming of the whole thing. Go it's ahead. It's skunk. They'd send a guy and he'd dress up like a custodian to go upstairs in the in the in the stadium and and film yeah. practice and, and bring it back and if they catch you doing that that's a problem yeah big deal that's a, that's a big deal but in college there's so many there's 32 teams in the national football league and national football yeah. co- they don't talk to each other in college you got so many teams and you got so many relationships and so many guys that have worked for so many guys there's a guy you know at, at this school that has worked with this head coach and hey they they've got a they've got a deal you know like 
they call, they talk, say, hey, do you have something on anything on the, what, what can you share with us? We open with these guys next year. Okay. Do you have their signals? Do you have this? Do you have that? Standard so operating So there's a lot of, so whether they filmed it or not, or whether they went to a, a friend at another place that knows this team really well and asked for their information and they shared that information. So, yeah. There's a it's, lot. It's going this. on. It's crazy because we're learning a lot about football. Because if you're not, everybody's doing it. If you're not doing it, then it's like. The big thing is they just want too far. Yeah. Right? That's what everybody's saying. Too far. Yes. Coaches are saying you want too far. Even the coaches that are benefiting from doing something that is against the rules technically. Everybody just kind of feels that isn't Michigan people. You want too far. Now, the other stuff that's coming out about like, oh, well, they're calling and sharing things. A lot of fans didn't know about that. They're like, that's pretty. About that. That's pretty. That's going pretty far. And it's like, well, those people, that's standard operating procedure in the game. It's a little bit of a gamesmanship. But the f filming, decoding, breaking down full system, a network. If that's what happened, we still don't know no. if that's 100% what happened. Too far. That's the entire story of this entire thing. I think that's the big takeaway. And if it's happening, a lot of people are going to be pissed. But once again, can't forget how good this football team is. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones who are executing, even if they do have all the... They are so damn good, and it's just going to hang over their head forever right. now. Yeah, and at least from the sounds of it, you know, there's no way that they're going to penalize this team. I mean, I guess they could still, but it seems like that's not going to happen. But don't you think also part of this is just the way Harbaugh is and how he kind of rubs people the wrong way? I mean, like in the NFL, same deal. Like college guys, I think he just – how kind of off-putting and like aloof he is. Like he just rubs people the wrong way, so like – when they weren't winning, you know, is whatever. But now that they're good and they're in like the national championship picture and all that kind of stuff, and something like this comes out, all these people who kind of have an axe to grind or like didn't like him from the start, it's like, all right, fuck this guy. Like, let's kind of serve him a little bit of comeuppance uh, because we can't stand him to begin with, and now we really have an opportunity to kind of go after him. There's uh, there's certainly a lot more to be said about this entire situation. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Yep. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Hopefully the big – what do you think happens, president of Ohio? I mean, I don't know. Something after the season, you know, I don't know. Me neither. I, 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 yeah, I, I have no clue what's going to happen for real. Good luck to Wolverines, man. Good luck to A lot of quotes getting taken out of context, though, because it's like oh, yeah. if Jim knew that this was happening, the players knew that this was happening, they were filming, they're coming back, they're like kind of happy about it. It's like that's a much different conversation than – and I know people are going to say Harbaugh has to take the blame. I agree completely. But there's a very good chance that Harbaugh's like, ah, that, 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 that. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. Don't tell. But he has reaped the benefits of it. For sure. So he's still going to have to get punished for it. But I think a lot of people are like, Jim Harbaugh is a cheat. It's like, I don't know if Harbaugh was the one directing Connor Stallions to go on a sideline with him. But maybe. I mean, there, I, we, we have no idea until we kind of learn everything. That's why there's different degrees of what I think people would find acceptable, finding out what actually fucking happened would be a massive piece of that. I and guess. I don't think that's the case because I think the more we hear about Connor Stallions and kind of figure out, like, this dude's a wacko, you know, like, right, has wanted to be, is just like a Michigan man, Michigan fanboy to the umpteenth degree, has wanted to be the head coach, wrote a 500 or 600 page manifesto, you know, bought a house near the stadium and was selling refurbished vacuums so he could be close to the program and stuff like that. Like, I think it's very possible that he thought, 
hey, good way to ingratiate myself to Coach Harbaugh and the you know coaching staff and the program as a whole. If I, if I can figure out how to do this and give us an advantage, you know, like who knows? Maybe one day I'll, I'll end up kind of ascending the ranks and and be a big part of this football program. It just sucks. Yeah. It sucks because somebody had to know about it. Somebody had to pay for it. They were definitely reaping the benefits of it, but did they not understand whenever he was standing on the sideline knew everybody's signal? Did they know exactly how he was getting it? How many people knew exactly how he was knowing it? Now they're going to potentially get punished for it. Uh, but also, if they knew it all was happening, they're all going to get punished for it. And we've, let's just, it sucks. Yeah, it's just, like, we've been saying the same fucking thing about this situation for so long because nothing's coming out. And nothing will. Like, we, I think they're going to release the... Yeah, I, I Connor's hope, not talking. I hope, Connor Stallions is not going to speak. He's not going to say a no, fucking word. No. And then we have Harbaugh to see the evidence. Nice. We have to. They it's have sad. to show us. It'll come out. Do they? Does the NCAA... What's that? To run those teams on? so good, dude. These, the, these players... <laughs> I mean, the sacrifices, the blood, sweat, and tears that they put into this, and now the whole ner- is just circ- – I mean, They lose in the semifinal last year. Great team. Yeah. Great team last year. Supposed to go on a run. So you lose some seniors, obviously, but a lot of the team's still there all off season. You're training every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're up 6 a.m. You're doing this. You're puking. We want to feel that. We want to get better as a team. Blah, 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 blah. This year they come in better as a team. More conditioned as a team. More experienced as a team. Play their best ball. Boom, 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 boom. Crushing it. Not a lot of great competition. Not their fault. They're not the ones that are scheduling. Once again, the player's not doing that. And then here we go. Now every other school that potentially loses to them in the big gamers is going to have an excuse forever. It sucks. That's why the situation sucks. But they might have reaped the benefit from it too, which... Also sucks the entire. Actually, you know, if they if they don't get suspended or anything this year, it's actually kind of good for them because now, if it came out after, say they win the national championship and it came out after the season, then that would be you guys did this only because you stole signs. Now, now they can win the Natty and they teams can't use that excuse because well, that's they what, aren't that's what they said at the end of that thing too. They said since Connor Stallion's departure. Our average margin of victory has bumped a touchdown. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Utah, it's just what the Patriots did after Deflate Gate, Spy yep. Gate, everything like that. Keep on going. Excited for it to get wrapped up. Do you really think you can put a quantifying number on what advantage? No. I mean, come on. Because no, everybody's no. talked about it ad nauseum about, okay, you got split seconds to make decisions. Hey, it's covered. And then they snap the ball and, okay, it's what? Come on. I know this Harbaugh family. I worked for John for, for four years and, Competed again. You hit the nail on the head with stallions. <laughs> you know, can't I mean? hear it any other way. I mean, even when Pete's talking, yeah. it's tough not to hear Ty. You know, when so, Pete's talking, it's tough not to hear that's Ty. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, he can do it with anybody. That's why we need Connor Stallions. We need Connor Stallions to be called to a courtroom. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we need him to talk for thirty seconds, forty-five seconds, and then we can have a press conference with him every single day. <laughs> we can have a Pete Thamel press conference with Connor Stallions pretty much every day. We need it, but yeah. You're, you're saying Jim Harbaugh is being labeled a cheat. You know Harbaugh family. They never no. do that. That's the a football old, family. Old man, no, football family. The, the old man down, Jack down to, to Jim and John. I mean, come on. Jim's sitting there at that press conference when they asked him, you think the head coach is in charge of everything that happens in, underneath, in the building? He goes, hmm. uh, 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 uh. yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that was a good question. Yeah. That was a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what's happening, too. Yeah. He could – Jim Harbaugh could have potentially got completely fucked here. Oh, yeah. You sure. Know? And that'll be another conversation, especially if he leaves right. and goes somewhere. Right. What could have been with the team that they had. <laughs> Connor Stallions wanted to be the Michigan guy. He might have been a man that tore it all down there yeah. for a little hey, bit. Mm-hmm. Hope you remember. My him. nephew played for Jim. 
mm-hmm. at the University of Michigan, Carlo Kemp. Great name. He's part of it. Yeah. And so he know all the plays that were coming? <laughs> that's not the point of this. <laughs> <laughs> but did he? He, he, lo- he loves that man. That man came and sat in my mom and dad's uh, living room on the couch and recruited Carlo. And like I said, I've known the family. I've, I've, f- yeah, there, there's, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, it, just because a guy, he's polarizing. He's out there. You know, Jim and John are total um, opposites. Both great football coaches, great football minds, great people, great men, all that stuff. But they're they're not that. I've only had good conversations with Jim Harbaugh on the field before games. He's wearing his cleats, getting warmed up, <laughs> trying to do the same thing. And every once in a while, we just have a happen upon each other. Coach, hey, Pat, how you doing? Very nice. Keeps it moving. I don't mind him at all. No. No, like, no, I don't. Carhartt. I mean, he's, he's on the completely hearts. indifferent. He's on Lucas Oil Stadium. He's on the yeah. he's on the stadium. He is. Just a football weird. I hope he gets canned. Just I'm, loves I'm, football. Want him to coach the Packers next year? <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that narrative happening yeah. too out there. People yeah. are wondering where he's going to go next. Speaking of going next, our next conversation is going to be the NFL Football Operations Twitter account X account. Sorry, I guess they have they put out a video basically. Oh, here we go. Reminding the whole NFL about roughing the passer. And then they, they put on a full thread. Let's run that video real quick, can we? Rough in the passer. Let's put sound on this thing, too. We're hearing this for the first time. It just got tweeted. Troy Vincent will probably talk over this. Roughing the passer is any physical Rich Eisen against oh, a no. passer before, during, or after a pass, which the referee judges to be unwarranted based on the circumstances of the play. Okay. Roughing the passer occurs when a defender makes late or unnecessary DJ. direct contact with the passer after the passer player. releases the football. We understand Defenders that. may yeah. initiate no contact shit, no more Rich. than one step after the throw in certain situations. That's roughing. A defender may not perform unnecessary or punishing acts like uh, driving a passer into the ground uh, after the pass. The rule applies uh, even if bad. the hit is not late. That's a terrible call. That's in their highlight, dude. It is a foul to forcibly contact the passer's neck area. Or to be with a helmet when contacting any part of the passer's body. Uh, A lot of that's incidental. That should be running in the the knee area or below on a passer. Even if the initial contact is above the knee. Even if the initial contact is above the knee. A passer who runs outside the pocket area loses the one-step and low-hit protections. Kill him. If the passer stops behind the line and resumes a passing posture... He will be covered by all the special protections for passers. That's not a oh, 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 my God. Oh, They're putting oh. that in the video. They're sending that to all the they teams. They thought this was going to help them? No, this was... They said this. that was roughing... Was that last one roughing the passer or not? Oh. I was very confused. All of those in that video oh. were roughing the passer. That was sent to the teams. That's a classic video that is shown each week yeah. from the refs that say, hey, yeah. here's either the thing we're spotlighting or point of emphasis or a reminder. So that was sent to the teams right there to watch. And I assume what we just did during that video was the exact reaction of every team every meeting room. Every, every single every one of them. 30, all 32. Especially the last one. AJ, can you imagine, guys... You're running full speed, and you know, hey, he's outside the pa- pocket. He's on the run. He he has no protection. Low, high, it doesn't matter. You can't hit him in the head and neck. But then all of a sudden, he's going to pull up and get in a passing yeah. posture, and now you can't hit him. Yeah, stop. Well, and like, look at these quarterbacks that are pump faking nine yards down the field too. Does that count? Like, how does that work? <laughs> AJ, Impossible. they're screwing you guys on the defensive field. side of the ball. They are. I mean, getting the quarterback is a big part of it. It's, and I bet you, we t- Aaron was the first person on that video with a TJ Watt, definitely late hit, and TJ was going to yeah. get a hit on Aaron. 
Yeah. Hey, let's make sure he feels. Let him know we're here. To yeah, let's, let's, let's end up near his feet a little bit. Let's do that. That's a part of strategy. I think we all said, okay, a little late there, especially now. Yeah, like back in the day. two steps. Hey, back but in he the did, day. But he did a good job, two steps, and then he fell off of him. He didn't fall on top of him, so he's definitely thinking, though. Back in the day, that's standard right there, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back oh, in yeah. the day, that is standard. Yeah. Soft hits. But you heard all of us say, yeah, that's probably one because it's a little late. Yeah. So I think we are... We have evolved as a judgmental group as we're watching those videos. There's like three in there that if at least that their spotlighting is definite passing, uh, roughing the passers. That we all said that's bullshit yeah. for common football. Why are they doing this, Ty? It's like, all to protect the quarterback. Like the Baker one where he jumps off his feet. It's like, how is a guy not supposed to? Like, what was he supposed to? He's going to land on top of him. Like, you're giving up your feet. Like, that's going to be that type of hit no matter what. Like, if a guy is off-platform and does that, like, it's almost impossible for a guy not to, you know, quote-unquote, have his body weight go on top of him. Well, and look, he had his shoulder in the strike zone. Like, he was trying his absolute best. Go back to that uh, previous. That's definitely one. Yeah, that yeah, one. We that all, one we TJ, we all sure. agree that is one. This one, though, like, in the strike zone, going to hit, but he finished it. because didn't drive him into the weight. ground, though. But his body, So if you not put putting two arms down to try to start to catch yourself, and it's just that look right there, they're going to throw And you're going to dislocate your elbow, though, putting your arms down. I'm I'm with you. So it brings up the the point of the conversation that's going to happen at the end of this year. Charles Woodson, you guys had him on, dog. Dog. I mean, he brought up the, you know, replay. They have to go back and allow these things to go back to replay because there's too many times when you slow it down and the guys can talk it over and say, look, this guy – this is third not, and eight, third yeah. and eight, third and nine. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. fourth down. They're game changers. They're keeping guys, at, you know, from making playoffs, uh, getting guys fined, getting coaches fired, families moving, packing up. I mean, the whole thing. So you, you talk about the fourth down ones for sure, but like, there's been a, numerous ones that I've been watching on Sundays. It's like first quarter, mm-hmm. third and nine, yeah. mm-hmm. roughing the passer, first down. If that's a punt, you start terribly. Mm-hmm. You're giving yeah. the other team – I mean, that's like a motive. That's a whole momentum for the entire game yeah. <laughs> changer kind of happening when it's like they show the replay, and I'm looking at one of those little squares, obviously, on the four right. on the four box, and yeah. I'm like, that looks like bullshit. And then you go right to X, and it's like, he didn't land properly. It's like, yo, he's 330 pounds. Yeah. We want him to land properly. Is he a WWE wrestler? Wrestler, I don't think we fully understand this. Well, and it didn't happen, but if the Cowboys won that game, Eagles fans and the entire, like, you look at that last drive, the only reason they got down there was because of some of the flags. And granted, Dak Prescott was touched after he threw the ball for sure, but that would have been a huge conversation if the Cowboys could have got it done. It's wild. Hey, these refs are only making it worse. I do like that it's no longer Troy Vincent. Remember, he used to voice over all the points of emphasis videos that would come to every single team. Now they got Rich Eisen doing it. Rich is doing... NFL icons mm-hmm. doing the Germany game, yep. NFL game day, mm-hmm. all the rule spotlights, yep. and his daily show. Keep going, Rich. Hey, Rich. Keep going, Rich. Inspiring, pal. There's a lot of players, though, while you're talking over that video, oh. said, oh, Rich, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yep. Not your fault, Rich. You're just reading what the, yeah. obviously the rules tell you, but Rich is a genius. I, I really appreciate the way he operates, but that's not a good message he's delivering to any team right there. Was your uh, what was your guys' take on the hit on Pittman last week? Which one? Over the middle. Mm. Didn't they throw a flag Ooh. on? He dropped a ball and got hit. I don't over think over the middle I, by Carolina. I don't think I remember. Was it a hit or no? Was it a penalty or no? He was coming over the middle, mm. and it was a perfect shoulder to the midsection. No head and neck. Oh, ball drop. Ball drop. Yeah, I do remember that. Flag down. First down. We needed it. But once you look at say? it, yeah, third and seven. Here it is. Second quarter. Yeah. 
Yeah, they said but illegal when you, when shot. You, when you slow defenseless this, or what? Yeah, when you slow this down, and there's nothing else, and it was perfect technique hmm. by the D back. And but, just look in real time. What should he do? Yeah, exactly. Not, nothing else. But that's to my point of where replay's got to get involved, and they've got to be able to say, okay, whether it's roughing pa passer, these unnecessary roughness calls, um, this extended this drive, right? Oh, yeah, third and seven, yeah. And it keeps us moving. We're in field goal territory, but gives another opportunity. It's like and this you, is the second quarter. Nobody's talking about that you whenever go, they get upset you, about you, it. No, absolutely not. You go to the TV copy. And it's perfect. The guy's got his shoulder. His head is out of the play. Totally Doesn't land on him. He's in the midsection. He's in the strike zone. And Michael Pittman goes up and gets it, by the way. I like that. Yeah, it's a perfect dislodging of the ball. Mm -hmm. 15 first and down. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, as a coach, you say, what do you want me to tell this guy, AJ? What, you, That's what I'm wondering. What do, what do you want me to tell this guy next to do better? What can he do better? What can he do different? Is he? Are you not about to hit him? To, does he have to catch it, take three steps, and then I can try to hit him? Like, how does that work? Yeah. What have they told you? Anybody ever given you an answer? Yeah, Chuck. Say no that one again. ever. Say that again, AJ. What if he does? He, does he have to like get a foot down before I'm allowed to hit him, or what? Like, what is? No, you if can't. You're it's not supposed to launch or whatever, but it's a perfect hit. Oh launch. no. Am I gonna? Am I gonna? Do I need to absorb him? He's got his. He's. He's. Oh, he's going pretty fast. Those are all the same. Catch this guy. Those are all the same questions. Every single coach, on every single staff, is asking the officials. Is exactly what you're asking me. What am I supposed to tell this guy? What is he supposed to do? Because we all know that that's football. That's oh no! Oh no! I don't want to pivot away from something, but uh, Tone just brought something to my attention. Oh yeah! Latavius Murray, ten years in the NFL, as running back, said uh, he led a players-only meeting. All right. First year with the Bills. Oh, First no. year with the Bills. Don't forget <laughs> that. Around. First year with the Bills. Please call JJ. Uh, Bet on the Bills. Na, 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 na. It's week week ten. Na, 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 na. I think I might like players-only meetings now. Bet you do. Plan the vacation. <laughs> First year on the team. Says, you know what? Von Mueller's here. Jordan Boyer's here. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen's here. Bud. Boys are here. He's been around a long time. Stephon Diggs, three-year captain. What do you think he's going to say? What, what do you think the message was? Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who's uh, in the Houston Texans ring of honor, one of only three people. Uh, big proponent of these types of things. Excited to hear his take. Ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Watt. Yeah, J.J. don't know if you've heard or not, Latavius Murray, first year with the Buffalo Bills. He led a players-only meeting for the Buffalo Bills uh, today. Uh, your thoughts <laughs> Your thoughts on how that, how that went and how it's going? Oh, do we know? Uh, was it like a called players only meeting? Oh, like, hey, yeah. at the end of the day, we're going to have a players only meeting, or was it like impromptu on the field? Hey, coaches go in. This is from Andy Young TV. Shout out to Andy. This is about him talking about this is Latavius Murray answering. Yeah, no, like, I'm coming from a, uh, you know, a, a, a sincere place of, you know, of us just, uh, you know, trying to communicate, trying to figure out what we can do to, to, to be better, what we can control, right, um, as players. And so, um, it's, yeah, it's just important to have that open communication as for us to talk about it as opposed to um, point fingers or, you know, just let, you know, things go on or and not maybe address things that, you know, we can kind of communicate or things we want to be better at. Okay. Okay. So, so we've got we've got two possibilities here because there are <laughs> there are multiple different kinds. Come on, uh, you guys know this. So, 
If it's a full team one, that's certainly a different situation. Uh, we've had defensive players only meetings where you call it because you're like, hey, we all want to make sure that we're communicating. We're on the same page. Let's watch today's practice film together so we can hear what the DBs are calling. So the D line can hear what the linebackers are calling. That I like. I like those ones because you're like, all right, yeah, let's, let's talk through what everybody's seeing. Now, if you're calling a full team meeting, oh, no. those are the tougher ones because now, now you're getting like, all right, who's got something to say? And then this guy's got something and that guy, but this guy over here might not agree with that guy. And then you leave the room and guess what happens there? Now everybody goes in their little groups and they're like, man, that was bullshit, wasn't it? Or this guy's like, yeah, that guy was right. Why is that guy talking? A lot of that. Lot of, of course. Did you hear what he said? That's fascinating. You ever had that? You got the guy that's got like 17 snaps on the whole season, and he's like, yeah, guys, like, we got to be tough for these people paying money to see us. And you're like, buddy, you, you haven't done anything. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. I think that's the big issue yeah. with players only meeting. Latavius Murray calling in his first year is fascinating. And if you look back, Josh Allen before that game, remember his motivational yeah, speech? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His motivational speech to the team in the tunnel was, anything you guys got going on in your homes or in your life? That stays right here, man. We just go play football. And Latavius Murray's like, we got some elephants in the room when you talk. What yeah. the hell is going on? Not good. Up there in you know, I mean, they're a good football team, man. Like, they're a good football team. So maybe, maybe uh, I'm fascinated to watch now. Guess what a players-only meeting does? That makes me watch you a lot closer <laughs> next week. You're right. So I'm very excited to see the Bills this week. Hey, maybe player, they crush it. Players-only meetings are needle movers. You know what I mean? We need yeah. to see how they're doing. Yeah. Hey, how many how are the Bulls? How are the Bulls doing? How are the Bulls? Uh, Oh, we beat the Jazz. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. I saw right. Caruso did something sweet, though. Caruso oh, yeah. Did something Bulls sweet. are back uh, threes, baby. Bulls are three and six. So, the players only mean didn't help, but, you know. They it, won. They had a good purpose. They're 0-3 when they call We got to have a running tally of players only meetings and see what the records are yeah. post-meeting. Jesus. Oh, my God. I was broke to stick. Has Burnley had any players only meetings? <laughs> No, that's how you know we're on the right track. That's Boom. struggling, and we're not having any players-only meetings. Gump, one day closer to this Burnley-Arsenal match before the international break. How do you feel? Very excited. Up to Clarence, as I said yesterday. Big win coming. At least get a point. Just need a point. Move up the board. I, I, I don't know you well enough yet to fully know when <laughs> you're just a bullshitting son of a gun and you're, like, serious. And you've been on both sides of our train this year so far. And I'm I'm inclined to say that you're just a bullshitter. I think oh, no, no, no. I think oh, I think I've been on your side the whole time. The only you asked me what you guys did good. I didn't have an answer. I was still on your side. I just didn't have an answer on what the team did good that game. The boys stink, but defense is okay. I've been yeah. up the Clarets all year, was, JJ. That, all right, I'm I'm I'll, I'm not at the point right now where I can. Uh, Push people off the bandwagon. So you're welcome on board the bandwagon. I appreciate it very much. Graphics guy, graphics guy, thank you very much for the little logos at the bottom. Nice job. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. It's a new addition, bud. Look at the Burnley thing on there. Sweet. Look at that. You yeah, no, I, I noticed when they put my my logo on there, my personal logo, that we chop off the top and the bottom, so that might be something to work on for the future, <laughs> but the logo looks great. we got to get the right dims. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. we got to get beast. the right dims of that thing. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. JJ uh, Watt. Yeah, JJ. Bill's players only meeting. Get the coaches the fuck out of here, Chuck. Whoa. Here we go. Like I said, must watch. Yeah. Who they got? Are they on a bye or what? Uh, Monday? 
Denver? Yeah, they're yes. Monday night football against the Broncos at home. Latavius Murray. I don't know why we do this with the Bills. Like, I know we like Buffalo and everything, and we're big fans of everything they got in their building and their players and shit, but we dance around when the Bills do something negatively so nice, and I'm glad that now I can just say, I know that there aren't a certain type of player meeting like JJ is wheeling that could possibly been spin in a good way. And I know JJ feels this, or AJ, excuse me, feels the same way. And also, like, they're not fucking good. Like, they're not a good football team. Good football teams when the games are supposed to, they're supposed to win. They lost to the fucking Patriots, okay? And the Patriots lost to the Saints 34 to nothing at home. So I know that the Bills aren't a good football team. Love all the players. Vaughn is great. great. Josh is great. great. Boyer's great. Yeah. great. Gabe's great. great. McDermott's great. great. Bean's great. Yeah. King Kate, great. Great. King great. Everybody's great. Every, we love Vince everybody. Great. Everyone's Center. awesome. Tyler Bass, great. Bass, Mitch Moore. We love Mitch Moore. We love all those guys, but they fucking aren't good. In like McDermott, <laughs> the team, not the, the team, guys. the team is not good. McDermott, like I, 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 I like, like McDermott guys. too. And McDermott they can is, be good though. They can be. A good no, 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 be good. no. They Should were. Be good. They were. They were good with this same fucking team. Okay, they went to the AFC Championship, and it's just been a slow downward slope ever since. But for some reason, we'd love to just be like the Bills will figure it out, and they're going to be just fine. They're not. Like, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Like, what does McDermott do? Okay. He he went went to the AFC Championship in 2019. Right. And then if you slowly get worse after that, do you get extensions or do you usually get fired? We like McDermott, too. I, I, he was in the list, but he also lost at home in the playoffs, in the snow, which is supposed to be Buffalo's fucking thing. No, nah, well, they actually said if it wasn't snow, we'd probably win this game. Yeah, which they, makes me think that they're they even softer. They were at home. Saying that shit. Something, there has to be something that has happened in that locker room. You know, and Latavius Murray being a new guy, thinking that he's like, if nobody else is going to say it. I'm going to save this place. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate him doing it. Maybe it works. Yeah. Maybe it works. It might. Speaking yeah. of works, let's see what it works this evening whenever it comes to Chuck Pagano in his prophetic beautifulness mm-hmm. this entire Thursday night football slate this season. Now, he is 7-2 and two on the year. Adam, baby. Wow. Atta baby Chuck. Work, Chuck. Atta oh. baby Chuck. Look how cool and clean you look right wow. there. Had the Steelers. Ooh. Obviously, they do their thing. Seven and two is nothing to sneeze at. We appreciate you. This evening, Panthers, Bears, three and a half point spread you can find on some books, three point spread you can find yep. on others. So we'll give the best odds Bears minus three, Panthers plus three and a half. How do you see the agent, Bajent, and Bryce Young battle going, Chuck Pagano? Yeah, uh, interesting uh, matchup for sure. I just think, um, you know, Carolina comes in. They've got their best pass rusher. Well, let's go back. Tony, you started today. Something that Chicago does really well. Let me start over. So they run the ball and they stop the run. Yep. Okay. When you talk about the ball, the program, Mm -hmm. they both give it away. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives it away more than... The Bears. The Bears. Minus nine, which is dead last, right? Bad. Carolina's minus four. So you look at that. Run the ball, stop the run. That's That goes check mark to the Bears, right? Um, Injury-wise, neither of the team protects the quarterback. One gives up 29 sacks, the other gives up 30 sacks. Not good. Jeez. We saw what happened to Colts last week. Sacked the shit out of, you know, B.Y., Bryce Young. Oh, and man. four sacks, <laughs> three turnovers, three interceptions, two for touchdowns by Kenny Moore the third. First ever in Colts history. First ever in Colts history. So they both give the ball up. 
They got injuries. Their best pass rusher, they don't get many sacks. They only got 17 sacks on the year. Carolina does. Bears have 10. That's not very good. But here's the caveat. The best pass rusher for Carolina's out. Mm-hmm. Burns. Ryan Burns is out. C.J. Henderson, starting corner, out. Mm. J.C. Horn, really good corner, been on IR. He's not coming back anytime soon. It's still out. Xavier Woods, questionable. Potentially not doubtful, out. but questionable. 53%. Von, Von Bell might not play. The best wide receiver, not the best wide receiver, but a DJ Chark, out. Jesus out. Christ. Jeez. And so who do they got? Frank Reich who, playing? So who's got the most receptions on Carolina? Thielen. Adam Thielen, right? He's got 65 receptions. Oh. Targeted more. The next closest guy is Jonathan Mingo. He's got 20. Wow. So where does uh, Thielen get most of his work? Where does he line up most time? Slot. In, In the slot. Okay, so Kenny Moore, they, he had five catches for 40 yards, whatever. Insignificant. Taken out of the game. So they've got this guy, Kyler Gordon, slot corner for the Bears. Right now on PFF, one of the highest graded slot corners. He gives up huh? 1.01 yards per coverage. Zito's clapping back. Okay. Okay. Oh, hey, you're scratching him where he One, is right mm-hmm. now. So he's got nowhere else to go with the ball, and they can't protect him. Who did uh, uh, Chicago? Zito? Who did Chicago? Okay. There it is. So we got home opener for Montez Sweat. Coming out party for Montez. They just gave him a bag, right? Big one. This guy can rush the passer. So I got to say, the line seems crazy to me. I would say it should be double digits, but. Oh, wow. Oh, Chuck. You think oh, Bears should be favored by 10? With Bajant? Bajant. So this guy, if you look at Agent Bajant, right, the dude can run. He is athletic, and he's got a hose. Yeah, he now, does. he throws it to the other team sometimes. Ooh, so we got to work, work on that. He's, <laughs> he's a rookie. He's Tom, a rookie. Tom Hanks and, you know, League of Our Own. Maybe Great try movie. throwing it to, to our guys. Nice. Jimmy Let's work on that. So he's, but he can run. See, he ran all over New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? He should have beat New Orleans last week. New Orleans beat the Patriots 34 zip. I believe New Orleans is at home team with five turnovers that didn't cover in the history of the NFL. Love right? that. So they can't, they got a pedestrian run game. Hubbard and Sanders are good run, but they can't run the ball. They can't protect Bryce. They've got no weapons other than, other than Thielen. The defense is salty. Ezra Evero's done a nice job down there with the defense. They're ranked, you know, top ten in defense, total defense, but they're missing some dudes. I just, I just don't see it. And you got Bajant throwing to who? DJ Moore. Revenge game, maybe. Oh, traded from Carolina for that number one right. pick, right? Mm-hmm. And who did he just? He went off in Week Five against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. You remember that? What he did to those guys? Welcome oh, yeah. back, DJ. Three tuds, yep. right? Yeah. Exactly, 200 yards receiving. So, mm-hmm. Cole Komet. Yeah, him and he's a dog. Holy Bajan. shit, Cole Komet. Throw, yeah. Both teams stink defensively in the red area. They're tight. They're 31st, tied for 31st in the red area. So they can't. So if they get down there, somebody's going to score. <laughs> Let's just assume that there's going to be seven on the board. So I like I like the Bears tonight. Minus like, ten, it sounds like. I, yeah. Nineteen to nine final is what I'm. Ooh, there it is. Nice. 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 That's a barn burner. Okay, going to be a big one under also he likes to receive, points, it sounds like. Uh, AJ, does that change the way you were thinking or legitimize your thoughts on this evening's pick? Um, going in, I wasn't sure where Chuck was leaning, but I am definitely going with Chuck here. Give me the Bears, minus three. Wow. At home. I was I was leaning Carolina early, but 
I do not like all those injuries on the defense and the way Chuck lays it out. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a tough night for Bryce Young. I didn't know all of the stats that he had about that uh, Chicago slot corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that if you lock down Thielen, Game that is so, a problem for yeah. Bryce Young. Game set match. Because he's never going to have enough time to look through his next one. Yeah. And that's when Sweat's doing his dance, doing his dance. Zito, I don't know if this is good news or bad news for you, pal, but... Give me the Bears minus three as well. Let's go, guys. Just the Bears' favorite is hilarious to even take them. Yeah. yeah. So that's fun. I don't know Rister, how often you Rister's get Rister's back too, right? Safety? Yes. Safety? He's a dog. Dude. Justin Fields might be back too. We don't know. Well, that's well, true. Well, he's not playing. It's awful. How about Eberflus? What if Eberflus wins a game after that press conference? <laughs> like it. You might hit him with the Gatorade bath tonight. Boy, he needs nope. it. Win. He does. He that would feel good. Both, Boy, these, both these dudes, you don't want wish it on anybody, but they both need a win bad. So what we're all predicting is there's going to be a Frank Reich moment of this tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe even a couple of them. I would pay-per-view. Maybe like $20 just for a Frank Reich cam on Amazon all well, night. They had Solo. 35 seconds of him. It's nuts. He didn't even blink. No headset. And all he's thinking about is... Tepper's going to fucking chew my ass. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, Tepper's going to kill me. Fuck. We have nobody. We lost by 50. Huh? Maybe he'll fire me tomorrow. <laughs> it does look like he's lost his love. Oh. You know? And we talked about Salah this a couple years back. Whenever he went to the Jets, he lost all his energy, all his juice. That can happen, I assume. Right? I assume you can get a beat out of you, beat down out of you. Yeah. 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 It's on Tepper for Make higher. question a lot of things real fast. He needs well, in Indy, he, the last year was not good, so not I mean. fun, miserable, fired. Then he goes right into this one. Every Monday, he's got to hear about how bad he is, miserable. But then it's yeah. like He looks like he's aged 20 years in the last nine weeks. Come on, Frank. Good luck. Have a fun night tonight, Frank. Chuck, we appreciate you so much. Uh, Tone, great work today, pal. Thank you, pal. Hammer Don. is in 15 minutes at youtube.com forward slash hammer. Don, can't wait to hear the bets that you guys make. Toxic Table, great work today. How about that cat being an army? Yeah, I respect it. I mean, I didn't even realize that. He had, oh, you know what? There it is. There is the West Point pin. Yeah, Monkey will lie to us. Shout nope. out to him for joining us. Coach Saban for joining us. Charles Woodson for joining us. The boys in the back. And tonight, we get Thursday Night Football. Let's enjoy this. Remember, yeah. the game's going to suck, but we enjoy it. This game means nothing for playoff potential, but let's enjoy it. Mm-hmm. This uh, this. This game has a lot more to do with the draft in April yeah. than it does now. Well, let's enjoy it. Yes. Right. Okay, we get to watch this. Yes. Amen. We get to. Hell yeah. Hey, Chuck, you want to throw some balls here? You want to win some, buddy? Ooh. Love to. Can't get a chance to warm up. Yep. Nope, no but warm But that up. might be better. Yeah, because yeah. he's normally. That throws. might be better. Let it eat. Yep. That wasn't a step away. What's that, bud? Wait, what? What's that? Couldn't hear you. <laughs> Your mic was muted. Um, Chuck, which hoop are you going to throw to? That one. It's a further throw that way. So for that, we will do $25. Okay. $500. All Chuck Pagano will have to do is bury a football into that hoop right over yonder. Chuck, we got nothing but faith. You look incredibly cool today. The hair is phenomenal. On point level. Great hair. Yeah, got a cut. All of them. Got a cut. Looks good. Yes. Here we go. Sport clips. Shout out. Nice. MVP treatment? Or was it the MVP treatment? Did you get the 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 towel? Hot towel and a massage? Hot towel and a thing? Hot towel. No chatter. No chatter. They need to do an app like they do an Uber. You want a convo or no convo? Well, he's just telling them, hey, shut up and cut (laughs) my hair. That's that's part of the job. (laughs) Get on back there. Just get me the F out of here, right? Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. But you look good. You do. You look very good. Uh, 25 (laughs) people could win $500 with that fresh new sports clips cut on your head if you bury this ball. Go ahead, Chuck. Set hut. No laces. Oh, oh. Stay in it. Ladies and gentlemen, that first throw was a beautiful one. 
25 people could win $500 as we enter the holiday season. <sighs> that ball was a little soft. Right in. Yeah, a little soft, right. a little deflaky. Chuck Pagano throwing. Oh. oh Last ball it. here. Here you go, Chuck. It's a little softer. Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Oh, yeah. $25 people. Oh, $500. Oh, Chuck. All you got to do is retweet this post. Nice. Say something nice to somebody. And in the same reply, put the easiest way to pay you so we can get 25 people $500 because the beautiful Chuck Pagano just buried a ball into that hoop over there to end this glorious coach Thursday, November 9th. Store.patmacvishow.com. 15% off everything still. Brand new store. We appreciate you all so much for allowing us to do this every single day from AJ Hawk, myself, and everybody. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. We'll see you tomorrow from Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. 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 Come join us. Goodbye.